Legendaires, and welcome to RPG Digest. In this live stream formatted podcast, we discuss tabletop role-playing games because we're nerds and comment on the RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Maxliashlo, your favorite, most cherished curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me is the supposedly more reasonable and centered. Did you hear my voice just crack right there? Yes, I did. Reasonable. Second <laughs> like puberty. The Ethan Dunkers. Hey, you know what? Changes. I will, I will happily go back to that age and have all my life before me again. Uh, anyway, you are. No, no. People say that, but they never really mean it. You don't want to. You don't want to be thirteen again. It's, oh God, no, 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 not thirteen. No, we, we well, talked no, about that on Friday. When you're going through puberty and the yeah. voice cracking stuff like that, that's the age you go back to. It sucked. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I was like 24 or something. <laughs> well, that's a genetic thing. I don't know about that. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, here we go. Anyway, uh, afternoon, Indigo Dragon, and hello, Crafty, and uh, Dead Red Herring. Did you notice that our viewership dropped during the intro? Yep. I was like, what? They saw the intro? Like, oh, these guys, I'm out. <laughs> so uh, what is RPG Digest? We are conversations about the TTRPG hobby. We are truthful, but we are also opinionated based on those truths. Not our truths, the truths. Rawr. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. We are the information you need to hear, not what you want to hear, and we're certainly not an echo chamber. And if you don't like our commentary, that's what the chat is for. Or come on in in segment three. Segment three today, I feel, is either going to be really long or crickets. Okay. And you know what? If you want to have a great tabletop RPG game, these are the rules you live by. These are the three rules of having a great game. Can you think of a fourth rule, Heathen Dog? No, you cannot! Bribes are good. Bribes are good. Oh, there. Okay, there's a fourth <laughs> rule. GM takes bribes. <laughs> Guys are playing City of Villains on Thursdays and uh, Saturdays, and I don't know if you saw uh, Smash's post. Uh, he's like, "Oh, you guys scream four days a week." I'm like, "Well, only one of them is unscheduled." Like, oh, I didn't know that the City of Villains was uh, was scheduled. So apparently, your word isn't getting out. You need to get your word out. I guess get, so. Get your word out. That's weird. But uh, yeah, we're almost. Uh, we're we're coming up on end times. Uh, we are, uh, I'm level 45. Everyone else is between level 42 and 43 and, uh, level 50 is the max. And, uh, when we do that, if, if we have enough viewership at the end of that, then we'll start over at level one and, uh, we will bring in, uh, you know, viewers if you want to play with us, you know, cause uh, you can have a team of up to eight people and there's only four of us. So we can have four extra people on the team. 
And I know that a lot of people don't have level 40 characters who, you know, are just, just being introduced to it by us. So, you know, we'll, if, if there's viewership, we'll start over and bring in some folk. All right. Um, I, I've noticed that, uh, hold on a second, I'm actually looking something up to make sure I'm saying it right. That's right. I'm looking something up to see if I say it right, because I'm about to get weird here in a second. Do, 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 do. Oh, I was right. Napisat. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, Dead Radic Herring, Yanis Nayos, that'd be tell you, not boy. Anyway, whatever. I don't, I don't speak Latin. The Capellan Confederation speaks Russian. And later on, because the Soviet Union fell, Chinese. So whatever that nonsense was that you wrote, you're probably from the Federated Sons and you need to be killed now. Yep. Spy. <laughs> Dirty Long, Puspigta uh, Maskarovka. Uh, uh, that means long live the Maskarovka. It means All I'm right. a commie. I need a bullet in my head. <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> all right anyway uh let's see what are we we're on to the next one here i want to thank all of our monetary backers our twitch subscribers those who give us cheers you know for all the love we're getting or i'm getting because you weren't there because you were a lazy sack of you know what uh <laughs> um uh for that uh, for wow. the friday stream i look i went there just because you do videos on the side Ooh, look at me i do videos on the side Pfft. you weren't there for the friday stream oh speaking of uh oh. starting uh well the this week i guess uh starting monday or tuesday i'm i'm going to be doing uh several uh shorter videos for, oh, wow. uh, for first for locals and then after a while on locals it'll go to youtube but uh um i i'm going to be looking at first edition games because oh i i, I have an opinion and i want to see if it bears fruit my opinion is that in first edition games while a lot of times they can be considered clunky mechanics wise they Especially have the, the new system right they have the uh i don't know i don't want to i don't want to say it this way but I, I have no other thing to say it with uh purest conduit to what the what the creator was actually thinking mm -hmm. like I, the, I i i get what yeah, you're saying yeah, yeah. the, the so it's, it's kind of like you can feel it you, you can feel the the uh and the because that feeling people. doesn't always translate over into perfect math you right, can exactly have some right. interesting so, rules but the but the idea that you go to several editions you start tinkering 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 at what point is it a different game now and it I just mean, becomes fifth edition D, &D that's all everybody's well, yeah, doing i mean we we saw it with uh with third edition D, &D. i mean tinker 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 and then what you know, but we see it with other games too, especially Battle Lords, which we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference between sixth and seventh, uh, the first thing you'd say is, "Oh, wow, well, the, the the system is a lot less clunky." But then after that, you'd say, "Wait a minute, it's also a lot more confusing for some reason." Why is that? Yeah, I, I've got some comments about. Well, let me get through this. Okay. But I, first of all, I think that's a good series to have. Yes, it will be on Locals first. I have not made a time frame yet into how much farther after it's on Locals to it going live. Um, it's not going to just be a week, though. It's going to be at least a month, maybe even three to six months. We'll see. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Well, it, it's... Thank you, Crafty. Uh, Crafty, thank you very much. Actually, I wanted to thank him before for the subscription. So he's uh, been a 12-month subscriber and donated a chunk of change there. Thank you very much, Crafty. We appreciate that. Um, is the you, Oh, so Indigo Dragon, we'll have to talk about that. He says he thinks Battlelord 7th is the most clunky edition. I think it's the most clunky written, but I don't yeah, necessarily... Oh, yeah, it's written very poorly. Interesting. Very okay. Poorly. 
Um, but uh, but to be fair, I I have not had the time to put six and and uh, seven side by side. And I think that is one of the things he's doing. So maybe he's right on that one. But uh, I want to thank our locals backers. Hopefully we get a few more of them. I've got to start prioritizing locals a lot more. I realized that last night when I'm like, wait a second, I haven't even announced the stream. And I haven't announced it on locals. Like locals should know everything before everybody else. Well, and our private Discord channel of the people who are backers. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and I fail at that. So that's my fault. Uh, obviously, want to thank our Streamlab donors and PayPal donors. Like uh, Crafty just did. Thank you, seriously, absolutely he sent appreciate a, he sent that. A gift too. I don't know what it what it is. Look at the gift sent with the donation. I'm scared to do anything on my computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually disconnect. Anybody who watched Friday and saw that I disconnected twice. Um, okay, it's a stream. That's Streamyards, right? Or Streamlabs? Yep. Streamlabs. Okay, and while he's doing that, I will uh, go ahead and say again: uh, if you don't want to give money to us, number one, stop, rethink that, go the other way. But if you just can't go the other way, then fine. If you want to give money, money's burning a hole in your pocket. Well, let it burn a hole in mine. But if not, then go ahead and give to the Wounded Warrior Project. It's, it's a good idea. It's not as good as giving money to me, but it's it's a really close second. No, it's not a close second. It's, it's a far second. But it's still you know, the next logical choice. I can't find where to, where to look. For, I don't use Streamlabs hardly anymore. And I'm trying to find out where I'm supposed to look for this. Something slash tip. I remember correctly. Shouldn't it just be Legion of Myth, like streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth? Let's try that. Probably a link in our oh there it is. Yep. All right, what's the gif? I have been gift. I don't see the gif. Gifted a gif. Go prime. I don't want to go prime. Leave me alone. Stop adding tip on the end of this, you jerk. I just want it to be nothing but the tip. It automatically goes. I'm sorry, Crafty. I'm an idiot and I can't see it right now. View donation clips. Oh, hey, hold on. Nope. $100 to Legion of Myth from Zahn. That's the only thing that's in there. Dang it. Did I just see you put that nope, on the you screen? didn't see anything. Shush. Add a gift to your donation alert. Uh, I see a puppy on a treadmill. Okay, Crafty, you're going to... Okay, he sent me the... Okay, there we go. That That's better. <laughs> Okay, uh, I actually liked I was one of the few people that liked that skit. I'll, I'll put it on the screen here for you. Okay. So, are you ever going to show yourself on camera? Jesus, oh, there yeah. you go. God. Oh, ick. There. Oh, oh that's better. Okay. <laughs> um, so, share no, my screen. No one needs to be in my nose like that. <laughs> <laughs> Over here. All right, here's, here's the gift that he sent. It's the old Saturday Night Live. Zoom oh, in. Yeah, him. Yeah. Oh, I don't care Jesus. about your goddamn cookies. Um, yeah, so there we go. There it is. Thank you. And like I said, I was one of the few people that actually liked that skit. Really? I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, stop dancing back and forth. You're weird now. And of course, that's probably a hint for something. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> Just maybe. Maybe a little, little hint for something. Maybe a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So, so what Crafty is uh, what Crafty wants to do is he wants to embarrass us. Ah. There we go. All right. Anything else interesting happened during? I'm not talking more about that. <laughs> Thing is, is he, here's here's what I feel is going to happen. If I talk about it, people will be like, "Oh, look!" And if I don't talk about it, people like, "Oh, they're trying to hide." Let's let's donate the money. I can't win either way. Nope. No, you're a loser each way. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so, uh, 
Uh, hey, unscripted, unchained RPG review. Hey, I, w- I watched you guys on. Uh, you probably know this because I was like half the comments on the thing. But I watched uh, your uh, your thing with the Evil DM and the guy who uh, did uh, Adventures Dark and Deep. Dark and Deep. I think that's what it is. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I hope to catch more. And I'm going to plug uh, that show uh, between our segment one, segment two. My comments are reference to the Cato, the Elders, opinion that Carthage be destroyed. Oh, okay. Ah. I don't speak Latin. It's a dead language. Nobody speaks that crap anymore. <laughs> right, Heathen Dog? Da. Da. Uh, uh, all right. So, yes, Crafty, $450 away from... Okay. Um, so, let, let, let's come on. Let's get into the show. Before we do segment one, though, I have to ask you, as I always do, how was your week? Uh, it was, it was all right. I mean, uh, you don't My, sound convinced. Uh, son got a flu shot yesterday, and today he's feeling the effects. The, Isn't he yeah, a healthy uh, kid? Well, yeah, he's a healthy kid, but um, my immune system is shit. Yeah. Now that I've been, you know, away from everything for like two years, so if he gets anything, I'm definitely going to get it, and it's going to. Oh, be so bad. you did it for you? Oh, yeah. okay, got okay, yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. No, kids are little disease vector germ monsters. Oh God, yeah, especially any of them that that aren't homeschooled. Uh, they, yeah, they they just live in a petri dish. <laughs> it's awful, freaking awful. But yeah, I'm trying to stave any of that off as much as possible. And he's feeling the effects today: the headache and Aww. runny nose and all that stuff. So he's not doing great, but. Eh. but <laughs> I, I i did properly teach him how to use uh uh powerpoint slides the reason uh, i say that is because i, I love my powerpoint you know i you know i do and he has a uh he has a uh a presentation to do and you know he's like oh yeah this is schlo taught me this all the flying stuff and all this other crap and he's like okay he's you know what's funny is i as i hate a lot of that like uh, when, when you, we call them build slides uh for dod and yeah that's like verboten don't freaking do build slides the other thing that dod does wrong is they do text font size this big because they want to put all of their stupid information on one yeah. slide. It's like you can make seven slides, but people when they see that, what this is a fifty slide presentation, I don't have time for that. It's like really, it's just a ten slide presentation. But uh, I it's can either readable. make it. Yeah, it's read exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you cancel or you kill the graphic arts career field, and then think that officers know how to make slides. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, his his is for. Uh, eh, it, it's more for dramatic value. You know, he, he doesn't have to really give, you know, lots of dense information. It's more entertainment. So the, the fly in fly out stuff actually works really well, especially for other nine-year-olds. Well, thank you free league for that stupid ass blade runner game that I am never going to buy. Look, okay. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Blade runner is a shit movie. Decent concept, but I cannot stay awake through that movie. I want to. I can't. If the movie puts me to sleep, Joe and the Volcano didn't put me to sleep. Twister, oh, Twister did put me to sleep. Uh, no, no, no. And the new Blade Runner was okay, but uh, I mean, I, okay, let me take that back. It's not a shit movie. It's just boring as hell. God, it's. I know you have opinions about this. You're smiling because you agree with me. No, no, I'm smiling be- because uh, I partially agree with you i mean uh the uh the the screenwriting was bad if you if you read the the novelization Mm -hmm. 
it's a lot better because well i thought the novel came out first like so like do sheep dream of electric dreams or something like that yeah, uh yeah. but uh yeah if, if you read the if you read the book it actually <laughs> comes across a lot better because the, the the screenwriter did not properly port it over to movies as well it didn't work so. <laughs> this day max lost the internet <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there, I, there are there are some parts of the movie that are really, really good. I mean, it is thought provoking for its time and so forth. And it, and the thing is, it's not slow in the typical seventies, eighties version. I always compare it to two thousand one Space Odyssey because tell okay. me that movie with a like seventy five minute introduction to it is well, it a, also it, it was it was movies of the time, you know, like uh, Star Star Trek, the motion picture, two thousand one Space Odyssey. That it, it was it was in a time where where grand panoramic money shots and slow movement of large things was all the rage. And you see, I like two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, I, I mean, sure the the, the beginning like like beginning what was it like thirty minutes to an hour or whatever it is. You can probably just put that on times four speed and it'll, it'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Hockman's right. Star Trek, the motionless picture. Yeah. Yeah. because everything moved at a snail's pace all right so for well it's, it's good that you got your kid to learn in powerpoint you know it'd be good it's like so once he learns if you teach him uh extemporaneous uh uh briefings it'll be great because then he can start giving his class dissertation so forth he'll have powerpoint ready can do those bullet points even if he's not showing them but at like you know age 10 just boom look at that he's he's putting that out there so just teach him how to do bullet points and uh and how to read off them bam <laughs> Got yourself the start of a PhD there <laughs> to support you. Cause yeah. I know that's your whole goal. That's the whole plan. Yeah. That's the whole plan to, to live the rest of my life without working another minute. There you go. Oh, well, I'm glad we got chat fired up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, So my, my week was actually pretty mundane. I messed up my feet on Friday or Thursday. So I, I go on a walk every day at work now, and, and I've actually kind of measured it out. Use Google Maps and measured it out. We have, I have an outer ring and an inner ring where I work. The outer ring is one mile. The inner ring is a half mile, like mm. almost perfectly. So it's like a sure. oh, mile and a half walk every day. I'll do the outer ring, then I'll skip to the inner ring, and then finish up, go back into work. Um, well, I wore a pair of shoes that I don't wear as often. And apparently I don't wear them often enough at all. And I'm telling you, my, the, my heels had big ass blisters on them. And, and what was really bad is it didn't hit right away. You'd think like, oh, you walk a few steps. You kind of know something's wrong. It's rubbing the socks, whatever, right? No, yeah. no. I walked a mile. No problem. Started walking the half mile and started to hurt just a little bit. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. Just enough for me to say, huh, I guess they're rubbing my feet. By the time I got to the little furthest point away from where I could be, it was like, I can't walk anymore. <laughs> so yeah, on Friday, I was like, I'm not going to work. So I teleworked on Friday because, and plus I had to finish up some paperwork, but oh my God, dude, it, my feet hurt for like two days. Mm. Today's the first day. I was like, okay, at least they're not. I can walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as I didn't wear shoes, I could walk just fine. But putting on any pair of shoes is like, nope, nope, nope. Neosporin and Band-Aids on the heel, man. <laughs> Other than that, um, I've been working a little bit more on my side project game, and uh, and Friday, as you know, I did a stream that has beat like every stream we've done since we started this. Uh, At least in comments, wise, definitely. Well, comments and uh, well, and in views outside of like the shorts. Mm. I'm not talking like the the you know 20 minute videos you've had up since uh, uh, you know 2016. I'm talking our live streams. Like, like this is a three and a half hour stream on a channel our size, and we have like 400 views. So, uh, thank you. Um, 
But with that, for the people who don't know, it is actually on our channel. I, I kept it public. So I did a live stream on Friday. It was really just a test. I wanted to see because I've been getting pinged on our Discord about like, hey, man, we should have this like Dungeon Master roundtable or you should stream more than just once just on Sundays because, you know, some you know people can't be there on Sundays and so forth. So just as a test after I was going to do it. And then I saw that uh, that uh, DM Bloodworth was streaming or the evil D, uh, uh, GM was streaming. So I waited till that was done. I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this pop in. I'll probably get one person watching. <laughs> That's it. And it uh, Biggest Geek has popped in, so that was awesome. And then Aaron's Pedantic popped in, so that was, uh, I, I love that. He, he said he popped in to pity me. He's like, yeah, Max's audio went out, so I came and didn't want Joe to be there alone. <laughs> I was like, well, that's Aaron. nice. Yeah, that was nice. Thank you, Aaron. Um, and uh, yeah, then all of a sudden, somebody started kind of popping in the chat, and I was reading a little bit. I was like, whatever, dude. No, I don't agree with you. You know, it's just the typical stuff we do, kind of read chat, comment to it to keep people engaged and so forth. But he's like, I'll come on your show. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Hold on. What does chat think? And chat was like, do it, do it, do it. All right. So we brought him in. and <laughs> Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> you never listen to chat when they all say do it. Well, you know, no, chat was no. right. Chat was right. So uh, <laughs> Crafty says, wow. He want to punch puppies. <laughs> wow. Poor puppies. Don't punch puppies. Cats. Look, I, look, I respect. Cats. Don't punch cats either. Cats I Punch comment. monkeys. Fuck a monkey. Um, no. But I, look, I'm going to say this publicly for the however, yeah, the few people we have watching. I, I forget it. I always script his last name. Is it Garyand? Well, J. Scott Dar Garyand. If I said your name wrong, I apologize. I, it, but uh, look, he came on. He took the heat from two and a half of us. And you know, I was told that's kind of disparaging to Aaron. No, it's not. A Aaron doesn't have to side with us exactly. And he saw both sides. Like, uh, like I actually appreciated that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it, he took the heat. He kept going. I mean, I thought his points were wrong. But I found no reason to become Garibay. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, J. Scott Garibay. You know, he's got his point of view. There were a couple times in there where I really wanted to go. Nope, nope. He's being respectful. I'm going to be respectful. And we just kept it going. So I, I, I thank him for being here and keeping that uh, discourse respectful. And I say that because most of the time we can't. Most of the time, it's somebody turns you into an istifo. Uh, my only complaint, and, and I know you said you didn't pay too much attention to it, even though you watched it. My only complaint about that was I, he was starting to bother me where I felt like he was trying to patronize slash flatter too much. Look, you're a really intelligent person. I can see that. Like, okay. And then he called me charismatic. I was like, okay, now I know you're lying. No, no, now you're just <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Now I know you're just trying to massage up here because. <laughs> but but no, I, honestly, I respected him for being here. I I think uh, like nobody agreed with him in our chat. To to be fair, that's the people we speak to. So, uh, but no, I thought I thought it was good. So, but you introduced them to new ideas, mm -hmm. which is good. Max only wants to punch his wife, but his wife punches back harder. Yeah, probably. She knocks sense into me. So, okay. But that, that's all that's really happened. I hurt my feet and, and I uh, had that to the stream. But, but with that, um, it did help open the door. So I'm going to talk to Bruce and a few other people and, and see what we can do about getting a, a DM roundtable. I kind of, uh, I don't think you do, but uh, do you know what the Jack show is? No. Okay. The Jack show is just different like, comic book or, or you know, nerd creative types. But what they do, and this is what I kind of want to copy is on one week it'll be on our channel the next week it'll be on dim bloodburst channel week after it'll be on you know uh grim's channel or you know whoever shows up uh and so forth and just kind of does this round robin thing so every four weeks it comes back 
Um, and then the point of that was that everybody gets the super chats then. So, you know, if somebody's super chatting, if it's just me all the time, they have no reason to come on the show. It takes up their time. But if you come on this week, I'll come on yours next week, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of want to do something like that. Anyway, I have, uh, I haven't been reading chat, so it's kind of popping there. You can tell me it's more of your wife screwing with you. Okay. Yes. I deserve it. Okay. Anything else we should cover before, uh, popping into segment one, we'll do, we'll do our plugs in between segment one, segment two. For like other people. And hint, I will be mentioning the evil GM or evil DM or whatever it is. I'll know when I plug it later. <laughs> Guy gets much like he was in it for the money. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I don't think I said it well enough. But one of the things that so many people who knew Gygax, this is not one of them, uh, said was that he didn't like Advanced Dungeons Dragons. He wanted to keep it simple, but... People had requested all these things, and I'm probably paraphrasing. Actually, I know I'm paraphrasing. He requested all these things and so forth, and he saw the money on the wall, so he's like, well, all right, let's do advanced. At least that's my understanding. Hey, you know what? I, I don't know for sure if he was in it for the money, but I'm going to tell everyone here for sure I am. There you go. <laughs> there Historians you. will not have to dig for that little gem. <laughs> All right, for segment one today, we are going to continue on talking about Battlelords of the 23rd century, and we're going to continue with the combat of Battlelords of the 23rd century. That off the screen. Whenever I hear someone say that the title of this game, I just think of Duck Dodgers. I just, every time. Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century. Yes, yes it just it just comes to my brain, just bubbles to the surface every single time. All right, in case we forgot well, the, errata. the errata for today, we got well, armor errata. Armor okay, errata? they're right. Uh, so uh, let's zoom in. Lots of armor errata. Uh, carb armor cost, the immune to effects of metal guns. Uh, metal guns are weird. Um, so, yeah, um, by the way, if you're going to be dealing with armor, holy crap. Yeah, you've got a lot of errata to deal wow. with. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. Holy okay. crap. Well, I'm that not is, reading through all of that. Basically, an entire page. Just, just know that in the next printing, or in eighth edition, <laughs> they're going to clean some things up, or at least in the second printing. So, uh, so, my goal today, my goal today, and I'm saying this out loud because Heathen Dog didn't hear me say it before, but it's also for you guys. I don't want to read every word. We've we've got to get through this uh, this combat stuff a little better while explaining what's going on. So, blame me, you know, because we get kind of locked into the business, especially when I'm just guessing 128. Not no, even close. 140, 141, 142. Um, Actual page, not PDF page. 141. Okay. Um, but yeah, because I mean, we did two hours last week on just the first part of this. There you go. So, all right. So armor. Now, I just out of curious, how much of this did you read this time? I only only looked over it. I didn't read it in depth at all. Okay. So let me tell you the struggles that I had. Okay. This is a perfect game to say that you learn it by playing it. And, and I say that because I couldn't get through the chapter. And it's not, and it's not even because the book was written badly or anything like that. The typical things you used to hear, hear me say, it's just to remember what is threshold? What is absorption? What is structural integrity? Okay. Now we got to talk ECCM, ECM and how that works. Now we yeah. got to talk about, you know, it's like, hold on grenades and how that works differently than, Oh, a suppression fire versus shooting wild versus the, the stuff we talked about last week. It's like, hold on. This is the type of stuff that I would need a, an experienced game master to uh, 
to help me as a player through. Now, could I do it as a game master? Yes, but I would do it in phases. I would do it like, okay, all of your weapons are just going to be rifles. (laughs) And then now I'm going to give you a grenade. And now I'm going to give you more. It just expand upon the equipment because that's how you're going to have to learn it until you're experienced with it. It's not that the rules are hard to understand. It's just there's a lot. Yeah. Every one of them is math. What I got when I read over the armor rules is there are too many mechanics. But that's always been the case with Battlelords. So I, I can't know, blame I know, se- can't blame Seventh you know, Edition for that. They they decided not to fix that. I mean, oh, but it 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 breaks the realism if you don't oh. have all these mechanics. That's Why is Crafty true. such a dick? But it's a game. Oh, that's mean. I know, right? Crafty. Just because you pay us doesn't mean you can be a dick. Okay, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. All right, let's. <laughs> I got to use the heathen dog model here. Yeah, it does. Yep. All right, you so, give me money, you can do whatever you want. I am, I am the internet. Well, nope, not nope, not nope, whatever you want. I have it's limits. True. Whatever you want, there, there is, there is a dollar amount that will get that to happen. <laughs> I have no shame, no morals, no ethics, no, no convictions beyond a certain monetary price beyond. Like, oh, after that point, I have I have no no standards at all. Okay, so with that in mind, on Battlelords of the 23rd Century, so we talked last week about the hit locations and bumping and so forth. And I know yes. bumping was such a favorite topic of ours oh, because, because it was mentioned so many times before it was actually explained. Um, yep. but, but we understand hit locations. You roll a D6, that's a hit location. You roll a D8. That's hit location or a miss, et cetera, et cetera, right? And you can bump it on, bump yeah. it off, move it across. I still say that uh, the bump should start at the center of mass, but you know what? Let's let's move on. Now we're going to talk about armor because bullets are deadly, right? In yeah. in most most games you play, bullets, grenades, lasers, you know, phasers, uh, disruptors, blasters—they're all pretty deadly. So you're going to want to wear something that's going to protect that, preferably better than stormtrooper armor because that doesn't protect you from anything. No, it's just plastic underwear. Yeah, it's 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 made out of uh, paper mache and toilet paper. I think. <laughs> there you go. Although Smart. I would, yeah. Uh, so we start with the threshold rating. So the threshold rating is essentially if your weapon does five points of damage and the threshold rating of the armor is six, it just bounces off. Right. I guess you could say if the threshold rating is five, it bounces off as well. You need to break the threshold rating of the armor in order to do damage. So. If, you know, if, I, if I'm firing and you've got an armor three and I've got a bullet that does five damage, well, guess what? Two gets through. Yep. So what happens when that two gets through? Well, now we talk absorption. Absorption is the amount of damage that your armor will sustain to protect you. So let's say you have 20 points of absorption. And I just did, I, I, I just you know, busted through with two points of damage. Well, now that two damage comes off the absorption. It is now down to 18. Okay, so threshold, it's more like ablative armor at this point. Well, ablative is reflective, but uh, threshold rating Yeah, is, but it, 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 de- it, it decreases depending on how much damage it's taken. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's, yeah. Uh, think of it as hit points, uh, like hit, armor hit points. Armor hit points, right. Again, I, mean, course, I, I don't you, think this, this mechanic is strictly necessary. Fair, uh, it is from the previous editions, though. I understand. I understand, but it's 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 a it's the it's the first overcomplication in this section. Okay, in, in so, my opinion. So threshold rating, if you break the threshold rating, it doesn't degrade anything other than it gets into the absorption. Right. When you get into the absorption, that is kind of like your armor's hit points. And I know somebody's going to yell at me about that when we start talking about structural integrity. But for now, um, the, the absorption, or or think of it as like SDC, you know, from Palladium for your character. It's just it's. It's a new layer of hit points for your character to not take damage. 
Then finally, what's that? Call it, call it plot armor. Plot armor. There you go. There you go. Next is structural integrity. Now this means that your armor actually still is protecting a piece of your body. Um, This is where things got overly complicated for me. You say absorption isn't needed. I say structural integrity isn't needed. Okay. I would wrap structural integrity into a threshold rating. And I would just have threshold drop by one for every day uh, for the damage you take. Anything well, that I gets, know, but, the, but the the whole structural integrity is the is the gradual, uh, <laughs> basically disintegration of the armor. Like it is losing its effectiveness. Sure, I would just wrap it into this I, for simplicity's yeah, well, sake. No, I, I mean would... absorption has that mechanic. It is it is gradually losing its ability to to cushion you from damage. I, I see Why what you're saying. Another thing, because when you're repurchasing armor. I, I get what you're saying, and in that in that regard, I, I agree with you. But it's it's about purchasing new armor. I know, I know, but still, come on. Yeah, okay. You know what? I I won't argue that. I like I said personally, I would still put structural integrity into threshold and, and essentially say your armor's gone for every point of damage, not point of damage. Every time your armor gets hit and something penetrates it, it drops the threshold rating by one, and then uh, uh, when it gets to zero, it's it's gone. It, no matter how much absorption you have left. That's yeah, what it, I would. That's what I would do. Can't hold together. It literally falls off your body. But I don't want to confuse the situation here. We're just talking the rules of the game, not right. what we would do. So let me understood. understood. So uh, structural integrity points represents the amount of material in the armor and how well a suit holds together as it takes damage. So that's basically it. The more damage that uh, the more significant damage that armor takes, the the more likely it is to just break, to just fall off your body. And th- this is the mechanic for that. So reading chat, uh, Condor DM sounds like uh, tracking the, uh, slows combat down. When you're used to it, at least for, I haven't played 7th edition. I've only played previous editions. When you're used to it, it doesn't slow the game down at this point. Because you know right from the dice rolls what happens. Like, you know that uh, if you have a threshold of five, somebody rolls six points of damage, you, you, it got through, you t- the, your armor takes one until your absorption comes, goes down to zero, then your physical body starts to take one. You just know how that works. The thing is, this is a science fiction game. And a science fiction game, you're going to have phasers, blasters, microwave cannons, so on and so forth, and they have to account for all of that. The metal gun, for example, doesn't hurt physical people, mm-hmm. but it will whoop up on your armor. Yeah. <laughs> It'll strip your armor from you. So, so that's... You get used to it. Where it was slow as all get out in the previous editions was repurchasing your armor. You really, what you did is you just had a photocopy of your original armor and say, how much does it cost for me to remake it? Because <laughs> it took longer to create your armor than your character. That's where it slowed down. But, uh, so, uh, all right, everything else seems to be on another topic. So good. By the way, keep the chats going. You guys are awesome. Uh, so, uh, tab. Remember tab. Threshold absorption body points. But what about structural integrity? Eh, that's kind of an outlier. Um, this is how it works. If it gets through your threshold, then you take it off absorption. If you have a no absorption yet left, why I can't talk, then bam, it hits your body points. And now you start to take damage. And remember, people are squishy. They don't like to be hit by bullets. No. Or laser beams or oh. plasma cannons or whatever. Or all of the above. Yep. Now, here's one of the things that I don't remember from the previous editions of the game, though it may have been there. I just don't remember it. Okay? And that comes to these damage type 
descriptions. And what I mean specifically are how these exceptions work. So if you read on the equipment list and your weapon says damage type A, that actually means what it ignores. Mm -hmm. A damage type A weapon ignores absorption. So if it breaks through, so let's use this laser right here as an example, right? Let's go back up to here. We talked before about uh, tab. It hits threshold, then absorption, then body points. So let's say heathen dog shoots a laser at me, poor kitty, uh, and, and uh, the laser has a seven damage, and my armor has five threshold. It's still affected by the threshold, but it is no longer aff affected by the absorption, no matter how much absorption's there, and my body will take two points of damage. This is where things will start to get clunky until you're used to it. But I have watched a couple of videos and I've read some tweets and blog posts. This is, a, this is absolutely something they want in the game because they want something that I despise in tabletop role-playing games. What's that? Synergy. They want you to shoot somebody's armor to take off its threshold so the next guy shoots the armor to take off the absorption so the next guy shoots the armor and gets a free kill. They, they want that kind of mix, a mix and match of tactics and weaponry. The reason I don't like it is because it's just numbers crunching. It's just like, okay, what do you got? Okay, you fire that gun. All right, you go first, I'll go second, I go third every round. All right, let's just, you know, I, I don't well, like it, that. It, to be fair, I, I understand, I understand you're, you're, you're reticent on that. But uh, to be fair, if, it's a, if this was made by, by someone who knows real combat, that's exactly what you have to do. If you see an enemy, and and you know the enemy's weakness or or the you know you shoot with this gun then this gun and then get a kill with this gun you would definitely do that in real life that's sure. how you, that's how you would take out that enemy and they and they wanted it in this game well i i now the people who created seventh edition they're martial artists not uh not uh combatants the oh. guy who originally made the game was actually a combatant now I'm, that's not to take anything away from anybody i'm just clarification purposes here Got it. thank you my problem with it is it becomes the trope of everybody does the same attacks every round. Now, you can counter that by having different armor types. Yes, I get it. But then it becomes a competition between the game master and the players of like who can outsmart whom. It's like the modern battle tech where it's like, I've got ECM. I've got ECCM. I've got a C3 computer. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's like whoever builds it properly wins. That that's really my only point. I'm not saying it's a bad system. I'm saying I, it just turns into like, all right, you guys doing the same thing you do every round? Yep. All right, let's get it over with. I find that boring. Okay. So, but so uh, basically, what what you're saying is that uh, combat in this one is turned into an, a really overly complicated rock paper scissors. Theoretically, yes. I won't yeah. say that as somebody who has not actually put dice on the table for this version of the game. Okay. But in watching the videos and in reading it, yes, I would I would say that. Um, in the past, heard about the game on a podcast. It seems super complicated. Hey, Biggest Geekus, how are you doing? We're actually going to shout out your channel, too. Uh, light armor absorbs one, meter armor absorbs two, heavy armor absorbs three. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Earth Dawn has an armor system where armor absorbs damage. damage. There's literally nothing wrong with armor absorbing damage. Yeah. It's actually a great system. I think it's more realistic than hit points and, ar and uh, armor class. But with that in mind, where do you draw the line? On? Yeah, how, That's how the many problem. Levels with... of this system, do you need? Right, and but yeah. but that isn't this game's problem. That's a problem with all science fiction games. Where do you draw that line? <laughs> like, uh, all right. So damage type A, ignore absorption. We already explained what these damage types mean. Yeah. Not going to go through all that before. And you got your tab, your tab. Oh, now you've got 
structural integrity because there are weapons that specifically attack structural integrity. Yeah, they won't do you any damage, but they'll they'll melt what you're wearing to goo. Oh, I said it's related to an earlier post. Okay, I missed something. I'm I'm focusing on this. So if there's anything in chat I missed, go ahead and and uh Heathen Dog can beat me up or I can scroll back in a little bit. Um like no, here's a here's an example of one damage type S ignore armored suits. Um it, that's like your chemical attacks. Right. I you know, unless you have a rebreather or something. Yeah, yeah. If you it, have an environmental suit of some kind, then you're fine. But so, if you don't, you're boned. So the good news, the good news is if you have a crazy strange attack type that you've seen in a science fiction game and you try to put it in here, the system should be able to handle it. Yes. Even a Mutsukin doing a black hole in the center of a planet. <laughs> yeah. There's armor for that. <laughs> There's armor help. for that. Yeah, I don't think it helps, but there is armor <laughs> not for that. help, but uh, you could try. Repairing armor. This is one of those things that I think became, oh my God, thank you for simplifying it. Uh, again, I don't have the rules memorized in my head. I just remember what happened while we played. I played more one shots of this game than campaigns. And right. in fact, let's be honest. I played one campaign. Heathen Dog was right. there for it. Yeah, there you go. I was there. Now, the the repairing armor uh, mechanic in this one is is very simplified. Uh, in, instead of you know buying a whole new armor or whatever, if you have really good armor, if as you can repair the structural integrity, and once the structural integrity is one hundred percent. You get 100% of your threshold back. You you can repair absorption per point. You don't it, there's you don't have to go all the way. Like the structural integrity, you have to go all the way. You have to repair it completely to get your threshold back if it's broken. But with absorption, you can you can save your money. Unless the structural integrity is down to zero, right? Then you have to buy a brand new piece, if I remember correctly. I uh, repair is repair. I I don't see that. I don't I don't I don't see that in here where you if it goes to okay. zero you have to i know it, it goes to zero it falls off but if you pick up the pieces and you have an armor repair skill for that armor you should be able to be good to go i i yeah and yeah there's a <laughs> condor there's a lot of things in this game i could see people ignoring my caution would be if you ignore it just think about the unintended consequences or be ready to reverse it at some degree ugh, because so much of this is intertwined like it's just yeah that's the again that's the difficulty with science fiction sometimes um all right so anyway we've got uh, structural integrity damage like uh, what i think is awesome in this game is that uh, bullets really don't do much or any structural integrity damage but a chainsaw will kind of makes sense doesn't it <laughs> i mean little holes versus i just cut you in half so, but you can see here reflex missiles do 25 structural integrity um so that's going to hurt your armor a bit. All right. Why is my phone going crazy? Going to ECM, ECCM, and Stealth. Mm. Look, I'm going to make this simple. These are opposed roles. If your, EC, your ECM will uh, uh, lower the possibility of somebody detecting you by that percentage, your ECCM will bring that percentage back up to, you, to detecting you. But ECM and ECCM are different than Stealth. ECM and ECM and ECCM are uh, technological. Um, there's a term for it in here. Actually, let me use the game term. Oh yeah, active versus passive. Those are active systems. Stealth is a passive system. So know which one you're using. That's a crazy looking uh, Mutsukin. Well, so, he's, he's a, well, 
you know, he looks pretty scared. He's firing wild. Uh, apparently, he uh, he's he's in the shit. Why isn't he blowing somebody up with a brain boogle? <laughs> because his he's he is afraid beyond the ability the ability for rational thought. And we will get to that later. Look at you foreshadowing. That's awesome. You should subscribe for foreshadowing. You want to put that up? <laughs> well, so we got on this little chart here. We have guided weapons. The accuracy of the guided weapons eighty percent. However, with an ECM of 60%, it gets reduced to 20%. We see that right here. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Sensors active and passive, right? Well, you have an active 70%, passive 40%. So depending on how somebody is trying to break through it. And communication, signal strength. Wow, man, signal strength for communications. But again, it's a science fiction game. If you're, yeah. if you're like, hey, we need to set up a, a jamming tower here so they can't communicate. It's our only way of, uh, of getting an advantage here. <sighs> I don't want to deal with rules like that. But at the same time, how do you take that away from the players who want to use their imagination? No. Easily. You're a player. I'm a game master. <laughs> Get over it. And one of those times, you know, I think I'd have to drop out. Um, and the, the, the examples are decent. Like again, we're, I'm intentionally skipping a lot of this stuff because, you know, our two-hour videos on just how to roll dice aren't making people happy. So get the book, read it. The examples are, are well done though. ECM versus communication, same thing. You saw it in a little chart up there. It explains there. Try. So now we get ECCM. So let, let, we already did this, but let's talk about it. Guided weapon action, 80%. Accuracy reduced to 60%. Why? Because you take the ECM minus ECCM. Remember before it's 20? Well, now it's 40. So you have to roll for 40% or less to succeed because, yeah. It's not complicated. It's just tedious. But um, I believe it says in here somewhere, it's, it's important to note that your ECCM will only counteract ECM. It, mm -hmm. won't, it won't increase your, your general level of success beyond what's being negated right. by ECM. You, you, you can't use counter-countermeasures to blow away the, the countermeasures and then get more. No. It's only a protection against ECM. You can't actually get a net positive gain from that. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> make the first time we see a thought. Oh, uh, so, God. so here's a good point. The game designer worries me when you can't explain something in a very simple way. Right. Um, we've talked about this. I said I wasn't going to do it on on this video, but yes. And I think Indigo Dragon commented on that last week that they, that they overcomplicate things. Right. Um, where I will say that the previous edition probably had more complicated rules, but way more concise. Yeah, it was written much better. All right, stealth but, systems. I'm, I'm sorry, go but ahead. I, I haven't seen the the grand cardinal mistake in writing a book yet in this book, which is the which is the hero system mistake. Oh, it's just it's saying up front. Yeah, saying up front. Now this could this could seem complicated, but you're gonna get it if you have to write that in your book. You're wrong. You've already messed up. That means it is too complicated. If you have to disclaim it, you should you should go back to the drawing board. I haven't seen that here yet, so that's good. Maybe they were scared to write that. Um, and Condradium, there are actually decent examples in here. All these red examples, they're, I say they're very well done. The only difference that I would have done is I wouldn't have put an example after like every paragraph. I would have waited until the end and had one grandiose example. But, you know, I should, and that one I'd say your mileage may vary because I've seen yeah. people complain about the, uh, the grandiose examples as well. So, all right. And stealth, 
stealth is pretty easy. It's it's a conceptually the same that that can't be countered and only works on you. There you Boom. Go. All right. So now weapon rules: kinetic weapons. Um, they do not damage heavy armor or flux shields. Do you know what heavy armor and flux shields are yet? Nope. I didn't think so. And uh, so yeah, that's awesome. But it is an important point. And, and for, for for those of you who don't know, this book has a real bad uh, track record of of uh, giving you uh, terms that you, it hasn't taught you yet, and and expecting that to explain something doesn't. <laughs> there you go. That answers it all right there. <sighs> um. This is where the this uh, when reading through this, this chapter started to lose me. Conceptually, I get it. It's j again using the Earth Dawn example because Heathen Dog and I both know it. Windlings can't carry two hand swords, and trolls can't handle windling daggers. No, but <laughs> really, I have to memorize a chart to figure out exactly. I, look, look, the weapons made your size. Can we just freaking move on? <laughs> it's one of those things that they had to put in the game again, science fiction, but. God, for the love of God, like, and you need an example. <laughs> like, okay. Spray fire. Spray fire um, is, it's, yeah. It's not as, I don't want to say, it's not as wonky, that's my technical term, as the palladium system of spray fire. What I do like about it is you pick, a, you pick an area and, like, how much angle you want to shoot. So let's say you want to shoot these three lizard people right here, apparently rams, I'm guessing. Uh, you want to shoot these or two of these three rams. Well, if your buddy ram is still in the way, you have to still assign at least one bullet to your buddy ram. And then you roll the hit across the board. It's one roll. So they just simplify that. But uh, you can't say it's not like having shatter on smart weapons where you go fire, no fire, fire. It's like, no, you have to fire. Now you could choose if you're firing, you know, six rounds, you could choose three here, one here, two here. You could lower it down to one, but. Um. Yeah, it gets into rate of fires, and <laughs> I just like I'm telling you, this is where I was like, "Oh my god!" Hey, guess what suppression fire is? It's the same thing as spray fire, but you're keeping people's heads down. Okay, next. <laughs> wait, wait. Do, I don't understand how how you would do that. I mean, in every group, there's always going to be an idiot Rambo. What do you mean? You know, the, the, the guy who, who runs out in the middle of the field shooting from the hip, no matter what kind of thing is going on. There's so really I, would get, I would give you a, a penalty for not being accurate because you're shooting from the hip, and then all the enemy would just aim at you. But no, they're all using suppression fire. But I am not suppressed. I will not be suppressed. Uh, okay. How so is that enforced is what I'm asking. I mean, how, 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 is, how is suppression fire enforced to actually be useful? For example, you have full value five shooting in it. This is just an enemy who comes into an area covered by suppression fire is a twenty percent chance to be struck. Really, it doesn't. Okay, so it it no one's aiming at you, and there's only a twenty percent chance you'll be hit. You know the 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 Rambo guys out there are going to look at those numbers and go, I don't care, and do it anyway. This to me. This is what I, you know, I, I sometimes like crunchy games. I sometimes don't. This is one of those things that, to me, doesn't need to be written out as a rule. Oh, fair, it's only three paragraphs. But 
that this is something you say, hey, GM, I'm going to use my spray fire to suppress people. And then the game master says, okay, I think what will happen in that case is if you roll uh, 80% or better, uh, they'll keep their heads down. Or whatever you roll in your percentage, I'm just making up crap right now. I'm not saying these are the right rules that you should do. Uh, whatever percentage you roll in the percentile dice, that's what the negative is for them because they're trying to take cover while, you know, or avoid your shot, you know, whatever. I can think of a whole ton of things that a game master could do. Uh, but yeah. Missiles and rockets have both direct fire mode and automated fire. The main difference between the two is range. Okay. Direct fire mode means you can aim it, and it has an accuracy listed for that. Automated mode means uh, you don't necessarily aim it, you program it in, and then you use the auto accuracy for that. And it gives a long example here, which actually, again, it's a good example. I... I well, no, it, it makes sense. I mean, you're either aiming it yourself or are you allowing a program to, to aim it for you? And, you know, depending on your skill level, the, the program may or may not be better than you. All right, all right Piggy Skeekus. Uh, <laughs> we might still be on part one. I don't know. <laughs> but thank you for coming by. Uh, see, only oh, let's look, see. a more crunch rule. That's great. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, I'd love to see you guys do a book overview of, Final, uh, of Fantasy Flight Games, Warhammer 40K. I we tend to stay away from the really big games because there are already awesome channels that do that stuff. I mean, Arch does Warhammer. You've got all the eight thousand people that do D and D Fifth Edition. You got a bunch of Pathfinder. We tend to stay away from the popular ones, not because we don't necessarily like them, but there's nothing we can really add to the conversation. At least I don't feel we can. That's uh, yeah, more more crunch rule. Sure, Sensor relays. No, I'm not reading it. Grenades. Grenades have a more crunch rule, too. Oh, God damn it. You throw a grenade. Here, let, let's make it easy. You throw a grenade. If uh, if you throw it and the person's between, was it zero and two meters, person takes a lot of damage. Person's between two and five meters might take a little less damage, depending on if you use the more crunch rule or not. Uh, anything two meters closer suffers listed concussion damage. It's damage type T, which means your armor threshold isn't going to protect you from it. However, if you're behind hard cover, now it may. I say may. You'd think, well, he should have said it would. No, it may. <laughs> no, it, it may, because it also, the hardcover has to have a threshold rating equal to or higher than the average damage done by each, the yeah. average damage done by each fragment. Yep. And then there's fragment damage, and this is what will get the more control here in just a moment. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so if the grenade lands five meters closer to a target, roll D6 for each fragment. Uh, for each additional five meters of distance, uh, Pop out the so this remember the bumping RLF type thing yeah it's RFD or whatever it's called yeah uh, so a D twelve means yeah fifty fifty chance you get hit by a fragment and of course fragments of, now here's kind of the more crunch oh no I'm sorry the more crunches lose a frag I forgot about that um yeah look you know it yeah. makes sense right I mean it, it, it does. is exploding outward and mm -hmm. all of the fragments are are getting further and further apart the the more the explosion goes out I get it. It's absolutely realistic. That's exactly what happens with, with grenades. Mm -hmm. I get it. But it's a game, dude. There, are you, you could, well, you could have done this a little uh, easier. I would have just yeah. combined it with this. Yeah, you, you didn't need hit location and fragments lost. You don't need both of those mechanics. Both those mechanics are representing the same thing. The wider the explosion, the less densely packed the shrapnel is. We know. We get it. You don't need hit location die and fragments lost. 
either one of those will satisfy that that mechanic idea. Having both is just slowing the game down more. So, uh, Crafty, he said at the beginning that he wasn't going to be able to stay for the whole thing, so it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't count. Uh, let's see. I don't disrespect the effort the designer made or respect where you're coming from, but this game did not hit the mark. Well, and that's the thing. This, this is a hard game, as I posted, uh, I think, to you. Um, this is a hard game to get people to want to play because of this. And 7th edition did its level best to to make it easier and make you want to play it more. It's just the nature of this game is to be very crunchy. However, as Indigo Dragon said, 6th edition had the combat chapter of 12 pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, it, was, it was much more efficiently written. Yeah. OGGM says, oh, so much math. Yeah. Yeah. Using multiple weapons. Characters may use two weapons simultaneously if they wish, dividing their actions as they desire between the two weapons. Two-armed characters suffer a negative modifier. All right, so what's the modifier? Two-armed species? What if you're a four-armed species and you well, have four you actions? You get a modifier if you use more than two weapons. Well, so apparently if you have four arms, you, you can have two weapons and the other two arms are like steadying. No, no, no. Well, no, no. There's still a negative 25. Well, it says here, four-armed characters only suffer a negative to modifier if they opt to use more than two weapons. Oh, okay. I did not. I honestly miss that. Okay. This rule applies oh, whether Fentari. the characters engage in range combat or melee combat. And, and, and right here, the Fentari. Fentari suffer no modifier when using two weapons simultaneously. Okay. Yep. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm glad because I honestly did not catch that when I read it through the first time. So good catch. Um, weapon malfunctions. As somebody who absolutely loves critical and fumble tables adore them to death at this point the last thing i want to see is another chart i have to look at when attacking with your weapons if your attack roll exceeds the weapons malfunction number stop the attack immediately i vaguely remember this being in the earlier editions i might be wrong maybe i'm thinking of a different game yeah, it, it probably was. Well, that's you know. I what? don't remember it, it coming up much. The, the the thing is about this about this whole armor section so far is any one or two of these mechanics is fine, but when you take them all and put them all together, it's too much realism. It's literally too much realism. It's supposed now, to be a game. I, I will say. Fun. Sorry, go on. It does. It doesn't seem like using all of these rules, combat would be fun still. Yeah, I'm trying to think back uh, when we played in the past. Combat, combat was combat. Yeah, I, I mean, didn't, I, I, I didn't like it about malfunction with with uh, with my weapon. I had a I had a bolt action rifle. Those those things are like you can you can drop them in mud. You can drop them on the moon. They'll still fire, right? So it, it's it's fun. I never had a malfunction, but uh, the, these these malfunctions are pretty rough. Yeah, um, and, and I mean it is well. Let's be fair. It is a kind of a grittier setting it's not starfinder it's not star trek yeah what um i had something i wanted to say and i, I want to make sure i say it right i actually as somebody who likes realism in my games i actually like a lot of this stuff but baby steps i know all of they do it all together all at the same time it's too much instead of having something that heathen dog says is a mistake like saying hey once you understand this it's not that hard Maybe this game should have said something at the beginning in bold letters. You don't have to use everything at one time. Yes. 
Get that, used that to the parts good. you like, then add in more. Or start, I don't want to call them optional rules, because then you get into the fights of like, well, I, I like optional rules, I hate optional rules, but, but say, hey, how about this? Basic combat, advanced combat. Oh, wait, this book does that, and we're still in the basic combat. Are you like, kidding me? Kind of. Not, they mix it up. But, to, but uh, you know, say, you, this is what you do for simplified gameplay. Very simplified. This is what you do. Start adding this stuff in when you and your group are ready for it. Because, I mean, none of this is bad. It's just, this is why I, I had a problem reading the chapters. Like, okay, I have to remember to talk about this. I remember after what I want to say. I have to remember what I want to say about that. I have to remember what I want to say about this next thing. Now, while you're in the middle of combat, you have to make an aggression check. Why? Whenever there's a chance a character may panic or fly into a rage, the GM may require that the character makes an aggression check. Typical situations where the GM may require an aggression check include being taunted by an opponent. Okay. There's an MMO for you. Sustaining mm -hmm. injury. Uh, what else? If facing Wait, loss of body points or a critical hit, you can lose one body point and have to roll aggression check. Uh, get out. Well, get maybe out. if you're Mutsukin, <laughs> you got like two body points total. Uh, yeah. Severely frustrated. All right. Facing down an enemy charge. Uh, okay. Okay. Now, hang on. Hang on. I am. Mm. I am really, really against player agency. You know that. But I am, I find myself in a strange situation where I don't like this be, because I'm, I'm telling the player how their character feels. Yes. Alien does it better with stress. Mechan Hell, Chaosium does it better with, with insanity. But th this, this, this right here just feels like I'm forcing uh, an, an emotional state down the player's throat. And while I don't want the player to dictate the, the, uh, the tempo of the game, I don't want to, to dictate what the character feels. You can feel however you want to feel, but this I mean, is it, it is aggression is an attribute you roll in it the is. game. I know it is an so, attribute and I get it, but this just seems so heavy handed. So, um, I do not 100% agree with this. Generally speaking, yes, but sometimes I see DMs that oversimplify it so much, it's not even combat, it's just dice rolls. Like, why don't we just roll once to see who wins? I, I've actually seen stuff like that happen. But generally speaking, yes, the faster the combat is, the more you keep people engaged, the, be the, the better it is. Right. This, this will... Uh, combat purists and people who want simulation... And people who really love to just put together all the math are going to like this. And I really feel like I'm dogging this game. Damn it, I like Battle Lords. At least I did in the past. I really do. I want more people to play Battle Lords, but it's hard to convince people to do it. Yeah. And now you see why. Yeah, they'll, they'll get halfway through this book and go, no. I mean, no. how heavy is the book? It's like 75 pounds. I have to do a workout routine just to <laughs> lift it. So, yeah, anyway... Uh, You've got morale. You've got going berserk. Now these are all part of the same thing. I'm, these aren't like completely. Oh my god, unrelated. Whatever. But, no, no, uh, but the, the the really cool thing about the aggression check that if you fail it, you can panic or freeze. But if you make it by too much, yep, you, you'll become suicidal. Like, yes. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. There's not even a win and a loss. There's a win. Oh no, you won too much. Yep. <laughs> so I have to penalize you for that because now now you're going full Rambo. Uh, no, OGGM. There are actually some really good videos about this game. It might be for this edition, but there are some really good. And, and thing is, the the creators of this game probably hate me. <laughs> but I mean, I have to call Especially it like I see it. Fortune, they hate me more. Yeah. 
I hope so, because I don't like it when people hate me. All right, environmental condition roles. Our old SMRs, now ECRs. Now, we'll slow down here a little bit. And part of the reason is because I literally didn't read this part. Okay. I j these are your saving throws. Yes. E ECRs are your saving throws for the game. So now, uh, we saw it earlier in character generation. There's biological, there's radiation, you know, all that stuff that if, if you are ex you're experiencing this environmental event, depending on what species you are, you'll have a greater resistance or a greater vulnerability to that specific environmental event. And this is now what we're getting into. Wow. Well, the fought, it was the fought invasion. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so. What was I going to say? Oh, no, I want actually I want to follow up with one thing. So the next game we're doing is Castles and Crusades, 8th printing. And then I don't know for sure. But after that, unless Heathen Dog really insists on doing a game, I have an idea of what I want to do after that. What I'm scared of is it's too close to Castles and Crusades. But uh, we'll see. Okay. Um. So anyway, ECR checks armor with zero integrity. If any armor section has its structural integrity reduced to zero, the character may no longer substitute the armor's ECRs. So if you have a, a rebreather, let's say you have a helmet that's right. got a rebreather, right? And that helm is reduced to zero. What's broken? A rebreather's not working. No, the air is <laughs> not working, man. Yep. So if you're on the Fentari, or if you're a human standing on the Fentari homeworld. Bye. <laughs> you're dead. I mean, that, that is a big problem I have with the. Uh, with 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 this game and character selection i really have that problem because uh mostly like star wars and star trek they they got around that by by making mo most species breathe the 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 same atmosphere and have the same gravity and everyone can basically live on everybody else's planet to one degree or another there are of course exceptions they made for you know plot purposes or whatever but in this game you 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 can literally have four different characters with four different environmental must-haves and they all have to wear uh environmental gear when when going into battle on this specific planet what i don't like it <laughs> so i want to keep this on the screen here for just a second remember mark mckinnon when we did besom he came in and we had a whole segment about him. He was talking about his game uh, in chat and so forth. We realized who it was. And all of a sudden we're like, what the heck? Mark McKinnon came in, man. He, he gave, I mean, we didn't blast that game. Actually, we, uh, we kind of enjoyed it, I think. I mean, I, I don't, um, but we had some comments about it, like ability score or, or attributes and, and so, and stats and so forth. And he came in, he held his own, but that I respect that. I'm not saying that these guys are cowards. No, I haven't even reached out to him. But then again, I didn't reach out to Mark McKinnon either. I am not disparaging these creators at all, but I think that is a very good comment with all the votes we got for the game. You'd think at least one of them would have came here. <laughs> so, okay, guys, you know, uh, let's have a conversation about some of this. Maybe we'll do that at the end. I don't know, but you know, all right. So uh, ECR is denoted as impervious. A life form or armored suit that with the... Uh, blah, blah. Dude, I cannot talk today. A life form or armored suit with the impervious notation next to its ECR will be unaffected by any attack or condition that requires the target to make an ECR of that type. I think that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, like, if you're specifically in a radiation suit, until the structural integrity of that radiation suit is compromised, you're immune to radiation. I get it. Same thing for a biohazard suit. You know, if, if it's built specifically for that element or or, or, that, or that environment, 
then it will be impervious to that environment. It makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't put on a radiation suit that was only mostly effective. No, man, I'm going to get a radiation suit that's 100% effective if I'm going into a Chernobyl situation. That's how it works. <laughs> right. so, I get it. That's nice. Uh, sorry, modern Fukushima. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to bust on your on your your wife's people. I sent her there to get reactor. superpowers, and she didn't come back with any. Well, that's a waste. I know. <laughs> when the attack calls for an ECR check, a shorthand notation. This is the shorthand. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, and I look. No, no. I got to stop bagging on that. That there's nothing wrong with this at all, especially when you have that much information that you have to give. I mean, the OSR. To be fair, it does the same thing when you have a creature and it talks about you know a level alignment, you know hit points, blah 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 blah. So there's literally nothing wrong with this. Pardon me if we seem we're going overboard on the negativity. We're not. We're just we're kind of making fun of ourselves as well. Um, but yeah, you roll your ECR. So you remember in character creation section, you have the ECRs for your character, effectively saving throws. You get bonuses and minuses based on what the weapon is and or what uh, your race is and species and or what armor you're wearing. So just yeah. remember, if you're going to go into the frigid Fentari or Eridani worlds, wear your you winter coat. You. Yeah, you need your winter coat. Delay. Sometimes this is like being poisoned, right? Sometimes poisons don't affect you right or, away. Or, or radiation, you know, radiation, in, yep. in low enough doses, it won't affect you for up to a week, you know? He said, Connor Diaz says, my wife is from the other Asian country. There, there are lots of them. <laughs> the other one. Uh, Pakistan? Well, no, if, if, uh, if you start with Japan and, and you're an American and you it's say the, the other one, it's usually China or Korea. <laughs> she yelled at me. Uh... All right, so, da, 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 da. so you can look at this, what they do, and so forth, common ECR effects. Enslave. That's going to get some people angry. Can't use that word anymore. You can. This is usually the result of matrix space. So what do you yeah. like to call matrix? Sp uh, uh, space, space magic. magic. Yeah, space magic. This is usually the result of space. I like that term, space man. Actually, no, the one you coined the the most, and I'm actually using it in a third game I'm not writing, but started writing a long, long, long time ago, was quantum magic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, this is usually the result of uh, space magic-based attack. Victims of the enslave effect must make a mental ECR with the listed penalty. Failure indicates victims will do whatever the attacker requests heathen dogs player agency right there there it is short of suicide short of suicide there you go yeah. so it's just like the command spell just you can use more than one word right drop you up and run away okay <laughs> and then then you just shoot him in the back it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh i've had D dms uh say no to stuff like that well the character would know he's going to get shot in the back so he's not going to run away no, it doesn't matter, but he's, he's compelled to run away. It, it doesn't matter if he's screaming inside his skull, tr trying to trying to beat his way out of his own brain. I'm going to get shot in the back. It doesn't matter. He he has no control over his own body at this point. Oh, China. Okay, China, I got you. Okay. A language I wanted to learn as a kid and realized it was too hard for me to... <laughs> so I took Russian. Um, paralysis. Okay, let's go, let's go down here. Treating radiation sickness. Can we yep. just have a medical section? Can we just put this in the medical section, please? Just saying. Deaf and flash. I mean, and to, now the good news is, I mean, all these things are things that can happen. Yes. But, 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 without reading these, can it just say if you're deaf, you get plus 20 to your attack or some crap? 
Do we right. need all this? Well, let's find out. Any very loud noise can potentially deafen characters. And aren't Scizorex supposed to have like a negative 5,000? It took that out of the game. Uh, who must make a sensory ECR at the listed penalty to avoid hearing loss. So he indicates your hearing, but we already know this. You've already described how to make a roll. I mean, but specifically saying, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Failure indicates your hearing modifiers reduced by the listing amount. Listed amount. All right. Wow, if you roll double Zod, it's permanent. I hate that double Zod term. <laughs> All right. Medical technology and wound recovery. You can get shot. Do we want to cover this this week? Well, we may as well. We're going to go okay. over it. I mean, uh, let's go. While it's still true that you never hear the bullet that's got your number on it, the Grim Reaper has to work a lot harder in 23rd century. A proper medical facility can regenerate any body part or organ in a matter of days or even hours. In addition, a soldier on the battlefield can be placed in cryogenic stasis, the hat box, uh, with a simple injection. Combined with Zen Regellan medical technology, which can grow you an entire new body from the neck down, death becomes an inconvenience as long as you don't get shot in the head or have a suit of ultra armor stomp on your head or have a ram sit on your head. Probably just best to get a really good helmet. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Get a really good helmet. Uh, body rehabilitation injection. Uh, blessed be the BRI. Okay. Perhaps the greatest piece of medical technology ever developed by any species uh, regenerate and repair lost or damaged tissues. Uh, massive doses of BRIs can be used to jumpstart a recently killed soldier from the dead. Usually the first thing a resuscitated grunt hears is Sergeant yelling, I did not give you permission to die. <laughs> All right. So uh, there, there are injections that, that are the fast and dirty. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll bring you back from the brink of death and it'll, it'll heal wounds, but it, it won't take a, it, it won't, you know, regrow limbs or anything like that you have to go um you have to go into an actual hospital type situation or at least a triage center to uh to get your body and organs and stuff like that back but just your generic damage a bri will do it now it does have a, a bri overdose so if you take too many bris you can have a negative effect well it's a drug you take too many of any drug there you go uh tremors uh because taking initial BRIs after you have overdose exacerbates deterioration of soldier's body. Getting the shakes is grounds for removal from combat duty on medical grounds. I believe that. That's good. Where, where are you? Sorry, I've been doing a lot with chat. So That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm at uh, the combat for a BRI overdose. If your character takes two BRIs or one MBRI, which I assume is mega BRI. I don't know what that is because it didn't explain that to me yet, I don't think. What the hell is an MBRI? You're taught in technical writing. The first time you mention any term, you always spell, you always word it out completely. Oh, there then, it is. Nope, then here. you use yeah. the acronym. Right here, I see it. Oh. First, a massive dose BRI or MBRI is required to heal critical injuries, anything on the critical hit table. Before or after Second, you read MBRIs it right here. MBRIs do not realign bones before healing the wound. So if you don't reset the bones before getting an MBRI, you're going you're, you're gonna to have to break it again later on. But the overdose... Uh, you know, first you get the shakes, and then after that, uh, uh, the, the, you lose a point of constitution. You start losing mental, mental and defense, constitution loss, strength loss. You know, don't don't just keep injecting yourself with BRIs all day. You are you are not you know a juicer. You're not going to handle it. 
you know, one a day, probably fine. When you go two, that's when it gets weird. So, so this, um, another example of, of not the game's problem, but a sci-fi problem. I mean, look, weekly recovery rate, rate, and you've got all these little hospital, like, well, it depends. What's the tech level of your hospital? Right. Makes perfect sense. I, I, I don't know what the answer is off the top of my head. Um, cause I'm not writing a sci-fi game, but there's gotta be a way to not, to not do this. So, so, and there's, I want to backtrack. Somebody made a comment a moment. Oh, somebody said, uh, red dead, dead red herring said he's actually thinking about getting this game. That's great. Honestly, I want this game to get love. And if there's something you guys can post in a chat to tell me how we can entice you to say that, no, 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 really, this game can be fun. Uh, put it in the chat. Because I don't know what to do. Because believe it or not, the reason we're covering this game, I'm not going to speak for Heathen Dog, but at least for me, is because I want the word of this game to get out there. It's just the more I read it, the more I'm like, I don't know why, though, anymore. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, my, my fascination with Jerry O'Connell. In, hey, in my heart, I believe that Jerry O'Connell is an excellent actor. It's just that I can't prove it point to anything that says it is <laughs> prove it wasn't so, a bad talk show host this, this this game is very similar to that i i believe this is a good game i can't prove it well you played it i'm talking I pl- I, i've played it oh, fair and neither of us have actually played seventh exactly. edition so i can't prove it i can't okay we want to but but hey maybe if dead red herring gets it he can tell us where we're stupid there you go so you got recovery time, cryo injection. I, I got to be honest, dude. I'm. Our, let's. We got to read the hat box because at least that'll be some comedy. That'll be something. Hat box. But, there it is. But uh, I, I can't do it. Okay, I can't. Here it is, here it is. The ability of the Zen to repair. Nope. Not both Zen. Right. No, it's just the Zen Regellum. Exactly. So not, not the Zen. Well, but but they, but they go but they go by Zen. So it's the okay, Zazen whatever. and the Zen. To repair injuries is probably best summed up by Standing Alliance Military Order A-8-61B-2, which the grunts call the Save the Head Order. The order states that if a soldier is so seriously injured that his body is destroyed or his body cannot be recovered for whatever reason, medical personnel are to cryo the head and bring it back for body regrowth. That's right. Given the proper medical facilities, a Zen can regrow a new body from the neck down. The process of saving the head is facilitated by a device which is placed over the head of the injured character or soldier. A cryo injection is administered and then the grunt is decapitated. The device then seals itself and can be carried back to base with a convenient handle. Thanks for the handle. Uh, <laughs> Alliance soldiers refer to it as the hat box, despite the fact that it probably saves tens of thousands of lives. Military personnel do not view the device with much affection. No, I imagine they wouldn't because you have to cut off the head of your friend. Well, but hold, it's hold, be hold. Okay, but I hold cut up. off the head of my friend. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't want to see those things because that tells me, uh oh, there's about to be some problems. Just like if you were to walk by, hey, we're about to start our mission. A hey, heathen dog, you're going to go out there and you're going to guard the gate and you're standing next to like 10 body bags. <laughs> you know, you probably don't want to do that. At yeah. the same time, at least with the hat box, you can say, God, I really hope I don't need that thing, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for being there. No, no, Thank no, you it's for not, being a friend. That, it, that, it's not the person who gets the hat box that hates the hat box. Yeah, it's the people who have to administer the hat box that it's really that's psychologically troubling. Yeah, I decapitate a deep decapat. Wow, wow, decapitated you. I'm telling you, I can't talk today. 
uh, decapitated you to to heal you. <laughs> like yeah, that's it. Yeah, to to save someone's life, you have to cut their head off. It's counterintuitive. <laughs> oh, OGM. So it's less expensive to regrow a grunt than just to uh, train one. Yeah, probably. Well, in no, battle tech, battle lord. Yeah. In, in in battle tech is like what in 31st century life is cheap but battle mechs aren't same thing with uh with uh um uh macross because veritech pilots took months and months and months to train so lo losing a losing a mech is a lot better than losing a pilot well that's like germany in world war ii so uh, a, a battle lord is is like a a commando. You know, it takes months or years to train a battle lord. So if you can save his head and regrow his body, it's actually cheaper than training a new battle lord. I got to so, move on because I'm going to make a comment that nobody wants me to make. So let's move on. Okay. Uh, decapitation blues. Really? Do you have to even have a section on that? Yes. I I was decapitated. Now I'm sad. I get it. <laughs> Shut the hell up. You mean I'm dead equivalent? That, by the way, this is a running joke in this game. It's okay. This is actually kind of funny if you do the Battle Lord stuff because everything's equivalent. At least it was in earlier editions. No matter what you had, it was like, I have my key equivalent. I'm going to drive my car equivalent. I'm it, Everything was. It was kind of a running joke for the game. So so this, for Battle Lords fans, this is kind of funny. Okay. Irretrievably dead. Okay, I'll let, you can keep going. You're doing a good job. I can't read. I can't talk. Yeah, read it. Okay. Irretrievably dead. Without a cryo injection to preserve them in their current state, a soldier at or below their death's door has a limited amount of time during which they may be resuscitated or have their head and brain salvaged. A dead character can last a number of combat rounds equal to their con multiplied by three before they are irretrievably dead. After that, the character can neither be resuscitated or, assuming their head is intact, have their head attached to a newly grown body. It's always best to provide medical attention or cryo as soon as possible. Well, thank you for the PSA. Appreciate it. I mean, a lot well, of games have rules like that. I mean, like I said here, the example has a con of 40, and he'll last 120 combat rounds. That's a long time. He should be okay as long as you have a, a hat box. This. Word yes, it, have, it, yeah. it's not the author's fault. It's the yeah. editor's fault because authors are just supposed to get crap out there. The editors are supposed to fix it, but then streamline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're called chitillions. <laughs> oh no, no, Zen. I'm sorry, the Zen Regellan, not the chitillions. The 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 Zen Regellan. Yep. The Zen Regellan. That's their job. Their 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 space magic is healing. So. Yep. Uh, and and they're they're extreme pacifists. Well, the 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 mainline ones anyway are extreme pacifists. So, well. They're just gonna be medics. So the main enemies in this in this universe are some spider people that aren't actually now spider people anymore. They're spider people plus. Um, and and the uh, and was it what are they called the Antarans? Uh, whatever. They're they're the replicators from Stargate. Okay, and they do not have this the that the hat in a box type. They don't type need stuff. it. <laughs> they're replicators. Yeah, the, the replicators don't need it because they just replicate. As far as and the spider the, people go, I don't know. Spider people, uh, I, don't, I don't think they have it either, no. I, I think only the Battle Lords have this. Through six editions of the game, they're called the Arachnids. Now they actually have a race name, Arakin or something, I don't know. All right, uh, let's let's talk about the cost. Let's skip some of this stuff. People can read charts. I just don't care anymore. I'm sorry, like I, and I'm not trying to be disparaging. It's not about the game. It's about keeping this less than eight hours as we're talking. Um, 
But the cost of resuscitation, being killed and resuscitated is hard on your body. Make your system shock roll. Each time a character is resuscitated, the con is permanently reduced by 1d6 points. That's okay. I mean, it's it's percentile, so eh, okay. And and with with one rank in uh in uh in the in the physical fitness skill, you could get that back. Yeah, and on top of that, I would expect battle lords are probably gonna go down. I mean, they're pretty aggressive yeah so i could see this happening but but also just remember all the time frames you got three rounds you've got to have a hat box you've got to have your zen regen ready to actually do his business you know Dog well, no, takes- it, it, I, I didn't read anywhere where it said how long a head can can be cryoed in the hat box before it dies it didn't say <laughs> hawkman you could have that forever um i thought it said earlier but maybe not like, like again the number, all the numbers and crunch of this game uh, have started to fall out of my ear. It's something, I, this yeah. would be a game I'd have to reference. Modern dog tags contain more than your name, rank, and serial number. In addition, what about your religion? In addition, the soldier's entire genetic code is recorded. Super. Well, thanks. In the event a soldier loses a limb or needs a new body grown, it can be built from scratch. Okay. I want That's those dog tags. That's great. Memory backups. Not, okay, now we're getting to like transhumanism. Yeah, I, th- I thought I thought you had to save the head. The so way a human being that? behaves is as much dependent on the structure of its brain than on than it is on memories that chemically encode it. The patterns and construction, blah blah blah. I don't want to read this whole thing. In order to back up your memories, a facility grows an exact copy of your brain. Okay, wouldn't that actually be like another life, just without a body wrapped around it? Shouldn't that be the same as the thought? brain have actual function it just so happens you took the function away by not giving it a spinal cord and uh and limbs that brain sitting there going i'm just a brain memory backups are too cost prohibitive for the alliance military to provide them to combat personnel those special forces sometimes get them battle lords growing your new body is one thing but paying to store a second brain for years at a time is another proposition don't lose your head lose your head and you're dead Oh, the the matrix based memory backup is is a whole uh, is a whole uh, um, Star Trek two thing. Religion died when the alien showed up. Star Trek two, Star Trek three type type uh, type going on here, because uh, oh, another it? option for getting your memories backed up is to have a Chatillion use the copy memory pattern matrix. Then the docs can grow you a new body from your genetic records, and if you're lucky, the asparagus head can dump you back into your new body. Because your body's being built from scratch, you can expect the worst case of decapitation blues in medical history. In fact, no one is really sure if you're if you'll be the same as you were prior to your demise, or if you'll be a different person. Have fun wrapping your head around that one. Th- this this is very much like the whole Spock bones thing. Like b- before Spock died, he he dumped a copy of his memory into bones, mm-hmm. and then when his body was regrown, he went back to Vul- They were taken back to Vulcan, and it, and Spock's memories were dumped back into his new body. Remember. Boom. New, new Spock, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, you know what I like about this rule? This is a perfectly written role-playing game rule. Do you know why I say that? Why do you say that? Well, first of all, it tells you what it is. Another option for getting memories back. So the Chatillion uses an ability. Okay. Yep. Docs can grow you. Okay. All of Spare this brain. is... Yep. And then it gives the feel of the game by calling them asparagus heads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I, I'm I'm one of those people that says everything should just be facts, nothing but the facts, man. But this is again, this gives the feel of the game. 
Then it says what could possibly happen. But you know what it doesn't do? Doesn't demand anything. No. It just says this is here. It doesn't say you have to give, well, now instead of a 1D6, it's a 1D20. Nope. Oh, it, yeah, it, it doesn't give you more rules. It just gives the, the, the game master, you know, a hint mm-hmm. that this is going to be bad. They're going to wake up and they're going to be all angsty and, and teenage girl wearing black all the time for a little while. <laughs> I yes, scream. That was meant to be offensive. Teenage girls wearing black. Get over it. Do anybody do that anymore? I don't know. Or does anyone? So, so, and I'm not saying the entire book should be written like this, but I'm just saying for this, for this instance, this is exactly how probably a lot of these other ones here should have been done as well. Um, because now as the game master, I get to make the decision. It's my freaking game. Yep. Tell me what the range categories are and what I have to roll. Yeah, by all means, do that. N- now, okay, anyway, yeah. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. The rest all of right. it is now we're in armored suits. Mech, basically, okay. small mech. Well, well, we'll do this starting next week. Okay. Because what we're going to do starting... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll spend a little bit of time on this one next week, but uh, pretty much this, through, uh, through all of the equipment, we're just going to breeze through, talk about some examples and so forth, and that's it. We're not going to go into everything. The main thing to take out of the armor thing that you'll find out next week is I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it doesn't take seven fucking hours... Sorry. It doesn't take seven hours to uh, <laughs> redo your armor like it did in previous editions. This was my number one gripe of previous editions of the game, was the armor. But uh, I'm not. I'm not being convinced when I look at all this. No, we're looking at this. You know, all all of the, all of the different uh, areas have their own structural integrity and their own absorption rating, and it's bad. Yeah, it, but apparently, and one of the things that's been lauded about this version of the game is that they've really simplified this. We'll I'm see. not seen it yet, but we will find out next yeah. week. And then we'll go over the equipment and whatnot, because one of the things that I cannot wait to get to, and I mean this in all seriousness, I don't even know what page it's on, space combat. It's never, this is a science fiction game, and it's never been written into a Battlelords game previously. Like, wow. So I cannot wait to see how they do space combat. That's not going to be for a couple of weeks, but uh, oh, there you go, spacecraft, boom. Yeah, so the we're going to. Thing is, though, yeah, the the way Battle Lords is built, it's built for ground combat. I mean, the <laughs> whole thing is built around ground combat. So having space combat is is very much like a like like having a, a rigor or a decker from Shadowrun. You know, like now the game is just about you, and everyone else can go have a smoke. You know, like that's. That's it. Because for the next hour, it's going to be you in a computer or or you driving a tank and everyone else is just a passenger in their own life now. So how do they get around that? Do they get around that? Well, I'd love to find out. <laughs> I liked your analogy of the Starship Troopers one that you gave me yesterday. We said this game is like Starship Troopers. Nobody cared oh, about, right, you know, yeah. there are no space battles except for yeah, you know, yeah. bombardment. I mean, the, the, the Starship Troopers movie, there there were no battles, ship versus ship combat because the bugs didn't have ships. So there was no reason to have ship to ship combat rules if you made a Starship Troopers game. But it was an evil bug planet. It <laughs> Only good bugs a dead bug. That, that, yes, even in <laughs> real life. All right. Well, that's segment one. And, and I, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of dirty about this because I, I, I want to talk up this game and I feel like we're shitting on it more than talking it up. Hey, you know what? I haven't lied 
No, I need during this, so I feel good about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I want people to like Battlelords. When when I say I played Battlelords and I played at every con that I go to. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they stole my goo gun. Dude, they stole my goo gun. <clears throat> what do you mean? Share screen. Share. My champion's oh, character. Yeah. They, that's Freezy my champion's. Immobilizer goo, neuro goo. Yeah. This is my champion's character. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, we, uh, we, we played champions briefly <laughs> uh, many decades ago. <laughs> and uh, he had a, uh, he had a gun, which, which had several settings. Of different types it, of goo. Well, all different types of goo to immobilize, paralyze, short circuit, uh, whatever he had a goo for it and apparently they have goo guns here too yeah um my my character was based off a of necron 99 from the ralph bakshi wizards movie except for i had a cannon on my arm that yeah shot goo or on my shoulder. shoulder okay well that was that was um i don't know hey, how you know I what feel. that that was battle lords that was it you know that's all we got to do that's all we got to say in in no, summary, no, in summary there's, we, believe, we have to say more. We believe that armor could have been simplified. Too many layered mechanics that basically mean the same thing. I won. Simplified by one. Yes. We did. Okay. We kind of disagree. I wouldn't say disagree. We we both have different ideas as to which one that could That's be. How to fix it yeah. and and what is really the problem? But the problem is there. All this stuff I forgot to do at the beginning. That's fine. And, and I don't think we ever put up the seg the segment one frame either. All right. Well, no, we, we might have, but I, I've done this a lot. And that's where we'll end this segment. Hey, Max, when you're getting this later for the highlight, clip it here. <laughs> All right, there you go. Okay. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about. Hang on. Uh, let's look at chat now. Uh, Dead yep. Red Herring hmm, uh, took a look at the BL 23rd century site. I want the printed version, but I'm a bit scared of what the shipping cost will be to Sweden. Then what you want to do is find a printing house in Europe, get the PDF and have them print out for you. Uh, price that well, option. I don't know if I'd want this book in soft cover because it's 70,000 pounds. Yeah. You, to use your fake terminology, it's like 30 kilograms. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I would, I would price it out, you know, with, with delivery because it is heavy. So the delivery, especially overseas is going to be a little rough with, uh, with actually having it printed for you from PDF in your country and sent to you locally. <laughs> Misa says get wrecked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it talks that nonsense. I'm back in America. I can be Imperial again. Rawr! <laughs> um all right so let's see i'm gonna share my screen again because i'm taking credit for this i don't care You're if it's true credit. or not i'm taking credit and i'm taking legit credit maybe not look who got funded yay no that was me that was all me no that was me nope me i did that did, no <laughs> who did you tell the buy I, I told my mom. My mom went, oh, I got oh. an extra hundred grand. <laughs> hundred grand? Uh, well, she, no, it, it, she dropped some of it at the casino, I'm sorry to say, because it's not here. 
no, no. If my um, mom had an extra hundred grand, I'd be minus one mom. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> oh, did you just talk about killing your mom? Yep. No, no, he did not. Yeah, I did. He didn't. He I talked about hiring a hitman to kill his mom. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I mean, it's um, an extra paper trail, but you know, killing your mom is psychologically disastrous. Having your mom killed is eh, a buffer. I wasn't there. I don't know. He was like three short or something the other day. And uh, yeah. And I put out the word. <laughs> Grim's going to smack me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, anybody, but he got funded and that's awesome. I am happy to see this funded. So uh, good it's for Grim. funded through all the stretch goals now too, isn't it? Well, I think he, I think he pretty much said all the stretch goals are going to happen anyway. Yeah. Just through, you know, slower. But now the stretch goals can can happen faster because he can have money to spend time doing this only. Now I'm going to put this in the chat because some of you still have not still have not backed Whitechester, Prison City of the Damned, the upcoming new Ravenloft. Yeah, I said it. It's taking out the Scooby Doo and putting in the putting in the gonna, scary dude. You putting the scary dude. <laughs> I'm not touching that. It's. I was going to say the Ash, but I realized he's just Scooby-Doo also. But there you go. It's in Mr. chat. Mr. says she never back. Huh? Where's that? Apparently. Oh. Well, never she, he, anything. Well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. This, this, this is not some kind of vaporware thing. Oh, I see. So you never do crowdfunding. Yeah, I, I understand. Actually, I understand that. I've stopped backing almost everything. I trust. Well, first of all, I trust Grimm. Secondly, yeah. I want to support Grim. Right. I mean, like it's I, that simple. We know him. We've spoken to him. I like the cut of his jib. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, if he says he can do something, he's going to do it. So I believe this will happen. So I paid money for it to happen to me. <laughs> Mark Hawkman says one of the stretch goals is two million pounds. Okay. What's well, that yeah, one? that's because it's something he really doesn't want to do. Did it I was uh, co uh, converting it to a system he doesn't want to convert it to. Uh... There it is. No, that's not it. Ah, I forget where it is, but he, he spoke about it when he was on here. Okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, I, what I like about this is uh, it, it makes the undead creepy like they should be. Yes. They're not just supposed to be like, oh, look, it's a skeleton. Let's, let's turn him and kill five. No, no, no. Skeletons should creep you out. Zombies, ghouls, gas. Ghoul. Have you actually looked at ghouls and ghasts and what they do? I mean, unless you're an elf, ghouls are, are horrible. They paralyze yeah. you and then eat you. Yeah. It's like a wasp, I mean, you're man. You're alive while they're eating you, dude. It's not cool. You should be afraid. Uh, What am I missing? It might not be a vaporware thing, but it should be. What's that? What I don't know. Violence solves everything. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't like it, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know directly. I, I, I don't want to say, you're wrong or you're right. You know, on that, Because so, I, I don't know the direct reference on that. Um. All right. I'm not going to play the video. We've done that a lot. I do like this product or I like the yeah. idea of this product. I hope he comes through. I hope I like it as much as I think I'm going to like it when he gets it. I ordered uh, mine. I wouldn't mind. Well, you never spend money on anything. And the fact that you did put money on this one actually has me uh, a little weirded out here. <laughs> uh, of course, there's the comic book we keep talking about. And oh, it got some more backers. Good. Because it was like at three for like, what, two weeks? So good, good, good. Got some backers. Um, that was you too. Uh, I can't. I can't take credit for this. I kind of stopped talking about it. I mean, we're not a comic book channel, and I'm not a comic book nerd. Everything I say, we should push you away from comic books because I'm just, you know, it's not my forte. 
But uh, see, I, I just stop at the covers because I like this cover art. I hope I like the story. Um, I'll put this in the chat as well in case people want to uh, read a comic book about elves and the War of the Trees. And no, they're not actually burning down trees. You don't know that. No, from the from the opening cinematic, I, I got that impression. Okay. Maybe that's just to entice you in and then burns down an entire forest in front of you. Oh, that'd be horrible. That's yeah, just California. And of course, we promote the GM's alcove. We really like, well, I really like his channel. I don't know what Heathen Dog likes. Holy crap, dude. Look at that. He's starting to outpace us. I'm going to stop promoting him. Okay. Nobody follow. The, in fact, everybody unfollow the GM's unfollow alcove. Unfollow the GM's alcove right now. Everyone go to the page and unsubscribe. Do it. No, don't do that. Do it. <laughs> no, I like it. It's the, got great. The slow has spoken. Oh, hey, excuse me. No, no. The slow has spoken. The holy slow. The holy slow has spoken. You will, you will bend your will to the slow. <laughs> yeah, biggest geek. Is this is a new one for us. Um, See, now this is how it should be. Us? No, <laughs> no I actually want to see the channel grow. So, um, yeah. So, oh, hey, look, he's got us. Oh, isn't that cute? He dogs away for this. Um, I've only watched one stream of theirs so far, but if anybody watched the Friday night thing, this Joe from Biggest Geekus was on our, uh, well, on my. Yes, yours. <laughs> on my stream and uh it was funny because i thought at one or one two points there he was going to get really upset and i'm like i don't know how to handle this i mean i do but i was like i, I want to let him go at the same time everybody's being respectful i don't want <laughs> to but he didn't he didn't but you could tell he was getting angry yeah and you know what good he should have been getting angry so but if you if you haven't had a chance oh i gotta put this in a chat if you haven't had a chance at least subscribe oh i have all the links on our discord so There we go. Violence solves everything. So it's actual small independence using crowdfunding. I understand, but I'm sick of larger companies using it. Oh, fair. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call Grimm larger. No. But no, um, I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a, a large company using crowdfunding is, you know, it, it seems like a duplicitous practice. You know, you're an established company <laughs> and crowdfunding is for people who are trying to get on their feet. Or, or is it just another way of marketing and your job See, is to that, make money? that's that's where i don't think it should go okay no i'm, I'm just just asking uh next week i've got a couple other ready to go i'm only showing off two this week so anybody's watching like why didn't you show me maybe next week i'm only showing off a couple because we spend a lot of time you know doing this and then everybody gets butthurt because we always miss one um so i just figured i'm gonna do a couple of these a week so hopefully you guys subscribe to biggest geekus I mean like, well who's watching right now well uh i, I know condor dm's watching i know uh um uh, Unscripted Unchained, I said I was going to talk about the evil GM, but I don't think I actually put that in my list. You know, so, yeah. there We'll get you, we'll get you, we'll get you. Um, yeah, I only have these two. Next week, it'll be two other ones. If Joe could... Yeah, if Joe could have punched through the internet, <laughs> yeah, I think he would have had a black eye also. There, there are a couple of things. In, here's the thing about me with that whole situation that happened with him. First of all, I'm going to say it again. I respect him coming on the show. I respect him coming on, on there and doing that. Whether we agree with him or whether he's talking behind our back in the end or not, I, you know, good on him for coming in. Because most of the time we just get block banned or called toxic on Twitter. So good for him. Um, the second. Uh, 
part of that I, f- I already forgot. Uh, man, dementia, Alzheimer's kicking in something. I don't know what the hell it is, but uh, there's another part of that I wanted to say. What did she comment say? It will do choke a bunch of things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say something else. Misa saying also, yeah, well, damn, official language. Okay, talking about his anti Sweden. So, you two interested in RPG video games or just tabletop RPGs? Our video game streams and so forth just never go well. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, uh, uh, to us, for us, a successful video game stream is 12 to 16 viewers. That is, that is like super successful. That's uh, yeah. The best, best one I did was when I did, uh, is it Trails of Cold Steel? Was it the beginning of last year or the year before or whatever it was? That was, that was my best one. Now, I've well, had a bunch. Actually, of- the only good video, video game stream we had was Elgarian. Well, yeah. So, how this is how that worked for him. Elgarian did a lot of the right things. There's one thing he did wrong that really pissed me off, but he did a lot of the right things. Number one, um, he was already involved. Like, he was really interested in the game. So, he is Shroud of the Avatar. Two, he was a spokesperson for the game, if unofficially still a spokesperson for the game. And he put more money into that game than most people put into cars. I'm not lying. Yeah, we're we're not going to say how much money he spent. I only I only know the figure as of three years ago. I can only imagine it's gotten bigger then, but it it is a substantial amount of money. Yeah. So with all that, I mean, uh, officially, the reason he left Legion of Myth was because he got hired by the company. Unofficially, I think the writing was on the door anyway that he was he was getting fed up with me because uh, I mean so he offered the community stuff. He has always had a ton of giveaways. Look, we were making over a thousand dollars a month just because of him. Guess who has to pay taxes on that shit? <laughs> it's this guy. Yeah. So I kind of demanded that uh, he let us keep some of that, and he was like, "No, every cent that I make goes back into my Stroud of the Avatar people." I'm like, "No." So we had that disagreement. Look, I wasn't trying to get rich off of him. It's his work, man. Not get poor. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I enough of that. But that was our only successful stream. Look, I mean, and to be fair, Rick did everything right. He 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 talked to the people he needed to talk to. He he supported the people he needed to support. That's how you do this. That's why we're bad. Like, yeah. You know, because we don't, I do it way more than he did. Actually, you can just assume that if you see Legion of Myth out there, it's me. Um, like, but we're still bad at the social media. It's, you know, half the time I'm talking to people, I don't want to be talking to them and so forth. I'm bad at reaching out to people because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to bother people. Well, that's the only way you're going to grow your business. I know, but I don't want to bother people. All right. So what do we got for segment two? What are we doing? Uh, are you caught up with chat so that I can yes. start this? Okay. For segment two, we're going to kind of have a three seg. We're going to segue into three things here. What the main of this is, and I want to, let's put up our segment two banners and stuff. So, I, Okay. Um, first thing we're going to talk about is this. D&D hit points. Yes, okay, we are no going to talk. why we're going to talk about this, but I'm sure it's going to piss me off. We're going to, uh, it shouldn't uh yes we're gonna so for segment two we're gonna talk about D D hit points here is the disclaimer i'm not gonna read it you can pause it if you want to i will tell you though you should join our discord the rest of that uh, locals because heathen dog said at the beginning of this stream that on locals he's given me content to put there starting next week yes awesome i i thank you 
<laughs> You're better than me. Once you do that, you've officially eclipsed me and things. Um, and of course, we've got our streams and so forth if you want to donate. Is that two or three? That is segment two. Okay. So we were going to talk about this last week, but we got wrapped into that whole uh, Gen Con cuck to a frog thing. Uh, I want to be very upfront before I show anything here. This is not a takedown video. This is not us going, you're wrong, okay? A lot of times when we do reaction videos, we're like, oh my God, this person's stupid. I'm using this video as the impetus for what we're going to talk about because this is where I got the impetus for the idea because there's some things I like, some things I didn't like. It is only a five minute and 30 second video, so we'll turn this into four hours and 15 minutes uh, as we talk through it. <laughs> no, but, uh, and I generally like the channel of the person we're talking about. So as always, give the channel. I've already subscribed. Have I subscribed? Yeah, I've subscribed through Legion of Myth. Um, share screen. There you go. Now I have to do this with the audio this time. So yes. I am going to do it this way. I hopefully this will work. Share the audio tab. Look at that. Share. Oh, all right. So this is Questing Beast. This is Questing Beast. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny if I had the wrong channel. Like, oops, no, nope, it's somebody else. Uh, this is Questing Beast. And the title of the video is Fixing Hit Points in D&D. Okay? Now, I would like you all, I'm going to put it in the chat, to subscribe to the channel because we do not, whether we take, oh my God, whether we take down a channel or we simply do what hit we're doing. Points in Dungeons and Dragons Shut up. I'm not, you're not, no, I'm not ready for you yet. Look at that, He's already interrupting me. God. Um, there you go. Did you guys hear that, though? If you heard it, then we're good. Yeah, we did. Okay, great. So, all right. All right, let's but, watch. Uh, so we're, we're going to stop it at, at points where we have comments, and then in the end, we'll have a longer discussion. Hit points in Dungeons & Dragons are very strange, mostly because no one seems to be able to agree on what they actually mean. In one school of thought... So I want to I actually pause everything. We're going to do lots of pausing, because that's how you not get copyright-stricken for these things. But he's right. A lot of people don't know what they mean. I find that confusing, but he's right. Okay. Represent combat experience, luck, and the ability to get out of the way when people are trying to poke you with pointy objects. You could think of them as hit protection more than hit points. This makes sense given the fact that they increase at every level and they recover relatively quickly, especially after a short rest in more recent editions. This school of thought envisions hit point loss as your character being slowly worn down over time until they're no longer able to defend themselves and their enemies are able to deliver that one killing blow. But there is a number of problems with this perspective. First of all, no one seems to really use it. The idea of hit points... What? No one uses it? I don't want to... No, I, I, I think he's saying uh, no uses one uses it. The, the idea that it, it's not just damage, it's fatigue that is also reflected in hit points. I, I, and and, and you, you even confuse me when you say this. Okay. Because... No, 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 no. Hold, hold on. It's because, right, <laughs> like, like, like you say that, you, you said that like people, you know, like, no, you need to understand this. Well, don't need to. Yes. It's all of the things that he said. Yeah. You don't I mean, actually it, have to take damage just because yeah. you took hit point loss. Right, right. I mean, uh, the, the mechanic allows you to think of it however you want, but mm -hmm. the mechanic stays the same. You get to zero hit points and you die. Up until the, then, the, you're you're between okay to hurt really, really bad. Well, think but, about it. You, nothing even happens to you until you hit zero. 
in 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 well, rules as written. I mean, there there are yeah okay. All right. <laughs> like uh, so yeah I mean it's yeah. a combination of all all of that it's uh I want to hold that talking point well no, later. it's um, it's it's the game master's uh prerogative mm-hmm. to uh to talk up or talk down you having 75% versus 25% of your hit points it's it's a it's a shadow mechanic basically so the the yeah, so, so but, the but I'm talking I'm talking rules as written I understand, but that that's why I said shadow mechanic, where it's a it's it's a license for drama. You know, like uh for example, um if you've watched uh Avengers Endgame at uh toward the end when uh when Thor was down, Iron Man was down, Captain America was struggling to get up, that that could be because he was very low on hit points and and the in, in a game, the game master would would tell him he's struggling, he succeeds, but you have to get in the mindset that you are losing. And and using using your lack of hit points as a barometer for that, so it's more for dramatic effect. It doesn't mechanically take any precedent until you hit zero, right? And then you're just out. Yeah, <laughs> you're like from ah to out. Now, to be fair, not in every game, but in some of my older AD and D second edition campaigns, I actually put a mechanic in that said once you're at fifty percent, once you're at twenty five percent, I actually increased your die rolls. But that's because I wanted to use hit points differently generically speak i actually wanted to use them as wounds generically speaking it but but that's the thing is it encompasses all of that it has to encompass all of that because you can't just go from up to down after taking one you know one cat scratch right so you have you have to wrap it all up into one big snowball of luck fatigue uh damage right uh you know stress etc etc yeah all of that is just flavor the mechanic itself doesn't kick in until zero in most cases. So all, right. all of what, all of in your head, that's exactly where it is in your head. However you want to picture it, you can do that as long as it doesn't go against the mechanic. None of my screens are scrolling that anymore. Hurts you is the one you take to zero hit points. That's not true. You are hurt to get to zero hit points, but in most games, you are not truly affected until you hit zero. You're not but, but if you compare it to something like Earth Dawn, Earth Dawn had wounds, so it's like yes, you might Earth, not be at Earth zero, like if but it had took, to add an extra mechanic. Yeah, if you took too much damage at once, the the wound mechanic would come in where it would increase your rolls because you're you're actually you know severed a tendon in your leg or you got nerve damage in your arm, and it makes fighting more difficult. Fine. And and, and this is another good way of looking at it. I, I say it, everything that's been said on this uh, this guy's channel and the Questing Beast channel and what's been written in the chat and what we've said is all just wrapped into a big snowball. It's like it's just keep throwing the types of pudding in there, stir it up. Yeah, but, but, and, but and, the, the thing is, though, the the player doesn't have to doesn't have to understand hit points beyond don't get to zero. It's the right. game master's prerogative at what happens until zero, but usually only for dramatic effect. You know, if you if you want to homebrew some stuff at 50% or 25%, that's fine. Homebrew some stuff. It's cool. But by the rules of most hit point based games until you hit zero, it's fluff. Right now, now right here, it's just basically that the person's giving you back your energy, your stamina, your luck, your, or what was it Connor DM said? Uh, you're uh, avoiding physical, you're now better to avoid physical damage, you know, whatever. It's nope, just, it nope. just raises a number. I'm going to put a stop on that. I'm going to put a stop on that. The whole uh, being tired thing is, is a, is a different mechanic. It's a, 
Um, the 3.0, 3.5, through 3.5 mechanic where you have vitality. That, but that's no, that's not in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, it's not in Dungeons and Dragons, but there there is a mechanic for that to separate hit points into. But we're talking Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying though, man. There there's a different mechanic for that, and it's not hit points. But there isn't a mechanic for it in Dungeons and Dragons. Did I say Dungeons? You you keep saying Dungeons and Dragons. I'm that's not. that's what that's this uh, this uh, scroll down here. Fixing hit points in D and D. Yeah, but the thing is, if you want to fix hit points in this way, you have to play a game that actually did it for you. No, no, I, I fully agree. But yeah. we, we have to go back and I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, Palladium, and that's actually going to be one of the points I bring up later with SDC and hit points and so forth. The the point that I'm making, D&D, as has been put in chat, as we mentioned before, there's 100% and there's 0% and nothing in between other than the gradation of getting there. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and, and, and it's, struggle, it's a struggle for me because I use a critical hit chart. I have my 50-25% that I use in not every, but in, in a lot of the games that I've done and so forth. Definitely not in one shots. That's for a campaign thing. But, but so it's hard for me to see this because I don't do 100 and zero, but that is the game. Being physical injury is a part of the way that people talk about the game. You take damage when you are hit. Monsters in particular always are described as being injured or wounded when players hit them. Secondly, there's definitely parts of the game where hit point loss is caused by actual physical injury. For example, drinking poison or falling into a pit of spikes. If hit point loss isn't supposed to be about physical damage, then how come hit points are being reduced when these types of events occur? It's partially. No, nowhere in there is it not about damage. It's partially, if you drink some poison, Half of what you're doing is probably vomiting up or sweating it out or whatever is happening anyway. That's part of the hit point loss. Well, it depends on obviously the poison you take and so forth. So again, it's that snowball. There's no one right answer. They're in my opinion, they're literally all right answers. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it depends on the GM's flavor that, that he wants to use with the hit point system. That's it. Oh, I guess they have exhaustion in 5e. I don't play 5e. Yeah. They do. So. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You can take the fatigue out then, <laughs> like whatever. But but even still, I still consider it combat fatigue. Like as somebody who's had to like pretend to fight wearing a big ass backpack and chemical warfare gear, so on and so forth, get tired pretty quickly. <laughs> and does D and D even in fifth edition have a have a combat mechanic to say after three rounds of swinging a two handed sword, you might be swinging a little bit worse? I don't think so. The way that hit points seem to cover both combat experience and physical health can lead to these somewhat absurd situations. For example, in 5th edition, it's completely possible for a high-level character to strip off their clothes, jump into a pool of molten lava, swim around, get out on the other side, take a nap, and be totally fine. Now, if you're fine with this level... I like how he describes the rest. I take a nap and be totally fine. This is why I don't like 5th edition, but he's right. I just I yeah, love the no, way he puts right. that yeah, out there. I mean... <laughs> but the thing is, though, I mean, if if you if you were to do something like that, it would be an insta kill. Indigo I mean, Dragon, I'm going to address that later. You a vat of acid, dude, on purpose. You're you're suicidal. You want to? I've die. seen Rick okay. and Morty. You can do it. Yeah, I'll I'll help you. You die. <laughs> Rick and Morty, the vat of acid episode. <laughs> Remember the goggles? They do nothing. <laughs> the goggles. That's a different episode. But yeah. <laughs> the Simpsons, yeah. Um, where, uh, do I, no, I want, I want to address most of this after the fact, but okay. level of abstraction, and a lot of people are, then there's no problem. Keep playing the way that you're playing. 
However, if this sort of thing bothers you a little bit, there are some solutions, one of which is to divide your hit points into two different pools called grit and flesh. Your pool of grit represents... He means SDC and hit points. I mean, wait, what? Or the first or Yeah. <laughs> I was just being a smart ass. Yeah, no, conceptualization it's, it's of hit points, stamina, combat experience, and evasion. It gets whittled down during fights, recovers quickly, and you get more of it every time that you level. Your pool of flesh points, on the other hand, represents the amount of physical injury that you can actually sustain. It's typically a lot less than your grit pool, heals very slowly, and it doesn't increase much or at all when you level up. Which is actually, I think that's the exact opposite of Palladium because Palladium SDC doesn't go up, but your hit points go up every level. I just don't like the term flesh points. It sounds creepy. Yeah, it sounds creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds creepy. No, SDC can go up with skills. Right, right. But, yeah, uh, skills. Hit points go up with level, yes. Yeah. And yeah, well, anyway, I'll mention that later. Within combat in this framework, any damage that you take affects your grit first. And then once all of that is gone, any excess is rolled over to affect your flesh points. If you're ever in a situation where the type of damage that you're taking is not the sort of thing that your grit would protect you from, like that pool of lava we mentioned before, then it bypasses grit entirely and goes straight to flesh. The goal of this concept... So, so one of the problems, and I'm going to hint at one of the things I'll talk about later, is it adds a layer of complexity to Dungeons and Dragons. Again, we're specifically talking about Dungeons and Dragons that Dungeons and Dragons itself doesn't need. No. Okay. No, and I mean, it, at this point, if, if this pisses you off about, or not piss you off, but if, if this upsets you, the hit point system upsets you in Dungeons and Dragons, play a different game. Play, play Palladium. Play, play the Star, uh, Star Wars D20. You know? It, it, it does that for you. It fixes it. It separates that. It it's built into the game. Play that game. I mean, I'm for house rules, but not to the point of. And I'm not saying that this one thing would do that, but I'm not to the point. At, at some point, you're just trying to say, "I want to play a different game," but I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> yeah, basically, is to increase verisimilitude without increasing complexity all that much. What is happening on your character sheet and in the rules is better reflecting what is happening in the game world itself. Also, having characters heal their flesh points at a very slow rate, like one flesh point per day, which is similar to how uh, hit points were healed back in AD&D, can really incentivize players to do more downtime projects while their characters are slowly healing. And that can lead to more investment and engagement and immersion in the campaign world. This I would say that um, this is to violence solves everything. I would say he's trying to add a layer of, I don't want to call it realism, but that's the best word I can come up with right now. And, it, and it's a layer I agree with theoretically i'll get to other things later so uh, yeah and or change it to play different. no there comes a point look homebrewing everything is not the answer <laughs> it's just not now there everybody homebrews i think at least everybody homebrews to fix a, a plot hole if this is the one thing you homebrewed sure but what ends up happening is people homebrew so many different things it becomes a different game just play a different game yeah play a different game <laughs> that that has the mechanics that you agree with and, and now, now, to be fair, if D&D &D is the, the best mechanic system for you, and this is your only problem, this is a great video. And I don't have a problem with it. But typically, I have found that through my experience of playing a lot of different games, that there's usually the right system for the job. And that's going to segue into our, our second topic. So I'm going <laughs> to, or a third topic, I forget. This general framework has been implemented in a couple different ways by different role-playing games. So here's a few examples that you can take ideas from if you're thinking of hacking the game this way yourself. In Electric Bastion Land, you get 1d6 grit per advancement. 
Your strength score, which is rolled with a 3d6, just like a normal D&D, works as your flesh score. Once you start taking flesh damage, you have to roll a save every time that this happens. And if you fail, your character just collapses on the spot. So this creates a situation where the longer you fight after your hit points run out, it becomes more and more likely that your character will pass out in the middle of the battle and your friends will have to rush and pull them to safety. That does sound like an interesting system. Yeah. What do you think? No, I get it. I get it. I mean, uh, um, that that one's more uh, overlapping trauma on trauma on trauma and your body just shuts down. Yeah. I get it. That's at least the way it, it sounds. Yeah. That's fine. I like it. It's not D&D because of that but if i wanted that i would play bastion land yay but condor dm i'm going to disagree with you 100 percent on that i don't want to bring new players to a game that i have to change i want to bring new players to a game that i can run as is so if i have to change dnd or keep it even as an option for dnd no like that's <laughs> like play that for a new player I'm specifically talking for a new player i'm going to run whatever game it is as is I can't, I might have a house rule or something that pops up, but I can't even think of one because for a new player, I want that person to be able to have the book or think through the book and say, okay, this is what I recognized in the game. And I am not going to encourage people to play fifth edition D and D as the first game. I'm going to encourage them to play everything else. Cause once they get stuck into that trap, they're done. <laughs> like they won't leave it. So, because that's what everybody wants to play is the big bad. Another example is esoteric enterprises. In that game, you have a standard hit die that you roll both for your flesh and for your grit points at character creation. So for example, a fighter type character would have 1d8 grit and 1d8 flesh when they start the game. However, at every subsequent level up, your grit increases by d8 as usual, while your flesh only increases by one. So I kind of like that methodology better, just generally speaking, where it's like, you know, when we mentioned palladium and so forth, I kind of like the idea that the hit points do go up by just one point but that the sdc i'm just going to use terms i'm used to because uh, <laughs> i don't like flesh and grit but uh the sdc goes up by your level what do you think of that well uh i mean again uh if you want something like that play star wars d20 because that's exactly what happens your uh your your actual physical health doesn't go up as much but your what what he calls grit your your uh uh physical fitness type dodging around and running around all that stuff that goes up quite a lot every level as you gain more experience you become more efficient in your movements uh you 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 can take more adversity because you now you're battle hardened and seasoned it reflects that so play that game see he's giving all these examples of other games that that do it the way he wants but he doesn't once he hasn't once yet said well then maybe you should play these games no, because I think his point, even by the title of his video, is to say how to how to work this into D and D. See, well, you don't know. That's the that's the wrong thing. That you're coming at it from the wrong angle. You should use this as an excuse to broaden your horizons and play a different game. There you go. One twist in that particular system is that you don't actually die upon reaching zero flesh. Instead, you start taking specific injuries that correspond to the amount of damage that you took on that attack. And this can lead to all sorts of scars and mutilations that your character will have to carry forward in their career. And if these injuries are bad enough, then you might straight up die. Objection time. Doesn't this make the game less lethal? Not necessarily. Some versions of these rules do end up giving you more points than you would have if you were just using hit points. 
However, there's also the other side of this in which very high level characters can still be taken out if their attackers find a way to bypass grit and go straight for flesh. I, I, I while he, I, I hear what he's saying and I agree with it. I keep thinking Earth Dawn in this one. Well, no, Palladium for me. I mean, uh, I, I, I get it. Critical hit that bypasses SDC, it'll kill you dead. See, I was thinking wounds in Earth Dawn. Okay. Because you, you can have, I mean, you, yeah, you have to have a lucky roll or whatever, or you have to roll really well, but a windling with a dagger can technically kill a high-level obsidian if you roll well enough. Just keep rolling those exploding dice, you know. But, but I was also looking at the wound system. Because you can wound, so as, as somebody takes wounds, your skills are, or talents are, are lowering and lowering. All but, of your rolls. Yes, all of your rolls. All yep. of your rolls get harder. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want the game to stay very lethal, you could use the system that was created by Logan Knight who, as far as I know, was the person who popularized the whole grit-flesh distinction within OSR D&D. His- yeah, you, you have to say all those, those nomenclatures there, because otherwise I would throw palladium in your face. <laughs> system, the very first hit die that you rolled at level one was your flesh, and you received no grit at all. It was only on later advancements that you began gaining grit to protect your flesh. So this represented very beginning characters having not a whole lot of idea of what to do in combat and then slowly gaining that experience as they leveled. I'll put a link to his blog post down below. But what about monsters? Are we supposed to track two separate pools of hit points for them too? I mean, you could, but I wouldn't. What I would do is just roll hit points for a monster as usual and then treat all of those hit points as flesh points. So anytime a character does damage to a monster, they're doing physical damage to them. That's I, I, w- I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would treat well, him no, as, I, I I would treat as grit points. For, <laughs> for non-intelligent monsters, I would do straight up all hit points. But if you're fighting a lich or or something like that, he he's basically going to have the, the, the same benefits and drawbacks as a player character when it comes to grit and flesh. For, for like name, name creatures, I get it. I, I, but I would have done it the, the opposite. I would have treated it all as grit because it's a monster. It's just going to fight until the end or, or, you know, I'm not saying there aren't morale checks and so forth. I'm not trying to oversimplify, but it's like, it's going to fight it. And then, you know, then it's done, you know, <laughs> move on. Well, no, the thing stuff. is the, the reason being is because I, I would have the, the unintelligent monster have just hit points because uh, it, it, it will fight to the death for several reasons, you know, defending territory, defending young, uh, startled. And it's just an instinctual response. You know, all of that could, could, could make the, unintelligent monster not care but you're fighting a vampire or a lich or mm-hmm. some or, or an, an intelligent monster when it gets when it loses its grit and goes straight to the flesh it's gonna think huh i might want to run away because it can think it's actually very it intelligent think, exactly <laughs> like this is getting bad i might want to run away so having intelligent monsters with with grit and flesh is is a much better option than treating all monsters with just flesh Steal the minions rule from 4e. Yeah, the, actually, that is one of the best things from 4th edition. The minions. It's much more fun for the players, and it's easier for me to track, too. Besides, the rate at which a monster heals is rarely relevant to the game. All right, that's it for today. All right. So um, I, I wanted to show that because this was the impetus uh, for you know this segment, what we'd talk about. Uh, let's stop the screen sharing. Um, so I, I, I do have some, some comments. We hit on some of these already. And uh, first thing I want to do is so Heathen Dog, specifically using Dungeons and Dragons as the the example, the impetus here. I'm going to use that word a lot. Apparently, is 
What do you think of his video? I mean, I don't want to push you in a direction to say anything. So I'm trying to word this where it's like, I, I don't do anything. But what are your thoughts on implementing this in a Dungeons & Dragons game? I wouldn't because it's not, it's not Dungeons & Dragons. It's not a Dungeons & Dragons mechanic. It is, it's too different. And if this is what you're looking for, if this is your problem with D&D, there are a half dozen other games that do it your way. Play those games. That's it. Play those games. The you are messing with a core mechanic. It's it's like oh the the, the best way to fix uh, AD and D is to is to replace armor class and Thaco with this. No, that's the best way to play a different game. You're not playing AD and D if you don't use Thaco and armor class the way it was intended. Same thing with hit points. If you have to make such a drastic core change to the fundamentals of the game, you should be playing a different game. Stop saying this. Uh, apparently, apparently, I am rubbing OGGM's G-spot here, and, and he's, <laughs> he's all about it. That's oh. great. That's fun. I love it. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's the modern trap to where everything is is uh, is player agency. This is what this is. Players are are players are are having trouble getting their head around this. Oh well, we'll just change the game to accommodate the players. No, stop it. Get some help. And by help, I don't mean a medical professional. I mean a different game that is built for the mechanics your players are looking for. He he's he's not taking the opportunity that this gives. If if your players are saying, I don't understand how to wrap my head around hit points. Is it all just my, my body just keeps keeps getting bigger and bigger and I can absorb more and more damage? Or is it some kind of weird amalgam of fatigue and damage? Or is it mostly fatigue? Guess what, man? This is a great opportunity to introduce your players to a game that addresses their concern. And if you do that, they'll have more fun playing this new game than a completely retconned, homebrewed to hell Frankenstein D and D that you're trying to do. So yeah, get another game that that's that solves this. This this was this was an hour and a half of creating a video and editing a video down to five minutes that was wasted on YouTube. When I'm helping you right now, okay, clip this right here. Start now. Hi, I'm Heathen Dog. If you have a problem with hit points in D&D, play a different game. Good night. And there we are. We're done. I'm so adding that to a YouTube short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. I just have to remember. So the, the, uh, I've got a question here. Do you think it's worth the time to upgrade a game to one that is similar and better? How do, uh, how do you mean upgrade yeah. a game? I mean, if, if you're talking about homebrewing a game, <laughs> there, there is a point where you homebrew so much that it's not recognizable. And taking away core mechanics makes the game not recognizable. Right. And uh, so because everybody loves Heathen Dog and now I've got a, a, such a bar that's up here, I'm never going to reach. I'm going to give you my stupid notes that nobody's going to care about anymore. So what I, what I did is I kind of started off a little historical and I want to say, so hit points are an abstract way of determining how much life and energy you have left. It doesn't matter what you call it, wounds or, or fatigue or whatever. It's just your fighting spirit, abil your ability to continue on. Uh, it is overly simplistic. It is not realistic, which is why I don't actually like hit points as given in Dungeons and Dragons. However, 
it is a holdover from the war gaming days when they had little miniatures out there and be like, okay, you've got three hits you can take. You just took a hit. You've got another hit. Oh, you can only take one more. Oh, got that third hit on you. Dead. Yeah, Hero Kids does that. Yeah. The, the three strike system. Yeah. yeah. Well, however many, you know, I mean, you can go to Warhammer Fantasy and so forth. I mean, yeah. but, but it's, but it's a, it's a hit system. That's probably why it's called hit points. So it's still a holdover from that. Um, I've got it, you know, you've said it too many times. I have it written in underlying letters there. If you don't like it, play a different game. And here's why I say that. It's because it is a core mechanic of D&D. And they've already stripped away so many original core mechanics of the game. Please don't take away another one. Although they did just bring alignment back, thank God. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, if, this is a big one because as much as I don't like, or I think that alignments are silly and hit points just abstract or silly, that is Dungeons and Dragons, okay? You don't like it, play a different game. If you th think the entire premise is wrong, well, then redesign from the ground up. The homebrewing idea, because to be fair, if you want to get all technical, I homebrew hit points. Even on the worst, the most excessive that I homebrew them, I incorporate the bleeds, the, like the one thing I actually use from the stupid black 2.5 books or whatever they call them, um, is I incorporate the bleeds, I incorporate critical hits. I have my own critical hit table and I sometimes do the 50, 25, zero thing where I make your dice rolls one harder, two harder. And well, you're at zero, you're, you're gone. So, no um, right. So, but, but those are, but those are homebrew and you could argue whether I should do that or not, but to go really beyond that, look, armor class is a more troublesome <laughs> concept than than hit points but it's still core to the game you take out armor class and start doing like an earth on physical defense which makes way more sense and still really simplistic that's not dungeons and dragons anymore go play earth on <laughs> like uh, and that that's actually one of the reasons not that exact step but that's one of the reasons why i moved earth on in the early 90s i liked it as a better game and instead of trying to jam it into dungeons and dragons i said i'm gonna play this better game um Let's see, oh, there we go. Earth Dawn combines the abstract with the simple. Uh, you've got unconscious rating and death rating already built into the character. You've got wound threshold, and you have uh, um, uh, physical defense, spell defense, and uh, what's the other one? Social defense. Boom. All of that. And it's very simplistic based on your attributes. Shadowrun only gives you 10 hit points. So how do you reconcile yep. that? 20. Uh, where there, there's a mental fatigue there's a mental track and a physical track uh, okay yeah you're right you're and right boxes for each yes okay but they, they, they stack the minuses stack so well, if you have nine boxes of mental and nine boxes of physical you're boned but physical but like a bullet will damage both like if it says three damage it hits three anytime you take no. physical damage yeah yeah no. you can't you can't have mental and still be awake and have no physical you're dead no no, no you're not dead you're if, if you if you if your mental track is filled you're unconscious Right, but if you're, you're physically not in danger of dying, except if you're in the middle of combat, in a firefight, there isn't two different systems. There, there are two separate systems that are used separately. You have ten hit points of each. I get what you're saying, with the yeah. exception of unarmed combat. Unarmed combat will go; it's mental first and then physical, if I yes. remember correctly. But outside of that, it's only you only have the ten hit points. Because if I shoot you a bullet, I don't care what your mental is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, but but it, it only has ten hit points how you get around there is through your dice pools through your defenses and also what is it at at two ticks Body you minus one or a plus one target number at four hits you know it, it's got a progressive world of darkness same thing it adds a progressive wound system in there you take you know it's not all about 50 hit points it, it only yeah, cares you know, five hit points 
What's that? In World of Dark, in the in the first, second, third edition World of Dark, you have you have five hit points. There's wound boxes, right. bruised, uh, scuffed, bruised, whatever, and then crippled, and then incapacitated, and then dead. You know, like you have all of that, and that's it. And you can register misses better. as hits, but just like light brushing, or he would, you know, uh, uh, God, I'm losing English language. I need to read a thesaurus or something. Um, not a near miss, not like what they do in Powered by the Apocalypse and whatnot. I'm talking like he grazed you, essentially. Um, I mean, you can still add in things like that just to, to keep the, the story going. Um, you know, of course, we talk about Palladium uses SDC and hit points. Years your engine reduces attributes, and thus your dice rolls. Mm-hmm. My, my point in this is there are many other systems out there that can accommodate what, you, what you're looking for. Um, you don't have to change Dungeons and Dragons. Not that it's necessarily wrong, but I, I think hit points, armor class are a couple yeah, of the areas. Changing attributes from 3 to 18 to, I don't know, yeah. 1 to 45 or something, that right. would be something the, that's... These are defining mechanics in the game. And if you want to change a defining mechanic, it means you really want to play a different game. That's it. <laughs> wow. I'd rather see you go through Adventures Dark and Deep RPG instead of Castles and Crusades again. Well, it's the eighth printing of Castles and Crusades. Okay, well, maybe we'll make a poll. I mean, I don't own Adventures Dark and Deep. Oh, yes, I do. I own the PDS. Um, the books haven't arrived, but when they arrive, we'll, we'll do a poll. How about that? See, uh, uh, violence. Oh, sorry. Violence is saying, yeah, SR is 10 stun, 10. Yeah, I said that. But, you know, bullets, they, they just go to physical. And yeah. for the most part, unless you're, 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 you're fighting a mage who, who does a stun blast or something, for the most part, you're, you're more worried about your physical track. Because you can't die from mental damage. And you, okay, so uh, put in there. Da, 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 so we got okay, yeah. Savage rules. I mean, I mean, I can't name every game system ever. You'd be here for an hour and a half. <laughs> I, I wanted to put some out there, but yeah, Savage Worlds has its own. Chaosium has its own. I mean, right. th- there you and go. Indigo Dragon. That those specific SR rules only for the first three. That's why I said you, oh. you know editions one, two, and three. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't care what four, five, and six. <laughs> so don't even know how the game. Excuse me, how four, five, and six are played. Um, real shadow on here. Um, so, first of all, yes, I've got notes written all over the place. I'm sorry, but uh, so I said, questing beast concept is good. However, number one, it's not new. Mm. Not blaming him. This is not a takedown video. Just pointing out that actually a lot of people in his comments even said, "Hey, that's not due." Uh, people have been doing this forever. He should encourage people to play other games. That, that's the thing for me. I'm not saying you have to play another game. I'm saying you should play other games. If that's what you want, if you want to, you know, if you want to play an anime character, I mean, if you remember when we were doing Bessa, remember how I argued at first that, no, I, if I want to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and my, all I have to do is give my character spiky hair and it's an anime game. What the hell are you talking about? But by the time we were done with it, I actually understood like, okay, you know what? No, this game is built around anime. If I really want to play an anime game with the anime tropes in an anime style, Bessem is the way to do it. Now, I know there are other anime games out there, but that's the one I'm exposed to. Um, so, no, it isn't the same feel. No, just drawing Spiky here on a D&D character, well, that an- makes it sort of anime. I know somebody's going to write into chat. I'm not even going to look. Somebody's going to write into chat. Res- uh, record of Lotus War. What's that? Oh, anime. anime you're right. I got it. Yes. Uh, um, but Record of Lotus War was actually written after a D&D set of adventures so <laughs> it wasn't written for it um 
Yeah, I mean, there are there is the right tool for the right job. You don't use fifth edition, but you can. And if you, crafty, if you say anything about rules as written, I will. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you will do nothing because I will do nothing. And yeah, he gives us money, and I'm sitting here. But uh, no, um, if you want to play power, power fantasy, you play fifth edition D and D. If you want to play gritty, you play OSR. I'm oversimplifying, but you can do both and either. But there's one that's a better tool for the job. If I want a fear mechanic in my game, do I play Chaosium's uh, Call of Cthulhu or do I try to jam one into D and D? Mechanic like that might not be hard to jam in, but is it? At what point is it too much? You're going to have to determine that at your table. Uh, and uh, did a, if the monster, what's? It? Oh, never mind. I'm, I'm not going. That's a personal hangup. Uh, see, those notes don't matter. Like alignment, race, class limits, or races class. If um, if it's a staple of D and D, it should not be changed. Yeah, I've mentioned that already. So, yep. and regarding the comments where people say I have a hard time with this abstraction as well, <laughs> play a different game. But the thing is, uh, with the whole HP, the mechanic allows you to think of it however you want to think of it, because the mechanic doesn't usually trigger until you get to zero. So up until then, you can think about what your character is feeling and role play that however you want. And you're not changing the mechanic. So I don't I don't see the problem because up until zero hit points, you can role play that however you want. Yeah. You know, you can, and it's fine. You know, there's no need to change the mechanic because how you role play is not dictated by your hit point mechanic. If, if, if you take half of your hit points and damage and you feel like you want to run away because you could die, guess what? You're right. You're right to feel that way and you're right thinking that. Okay, this is getting obnoxious. Too many people are agreeing with you. Um, <laughs> now, now, how are we going to segue this? Because we're still basically on the same topic because it's you know expanded past just hit points. But uh, we're going to segue this into using the right tool for the right job. Now, we've done a couple of it. Actually, you and Garthon did one a long time ago. Um, we've talked about this before, but apparently it needs to be addressed again in certain regard. Is Let me just start it off. Play the right game to suit your needs. Heathen Dog, if you wanted to play a, a suspenseful horror game that could drive people insane, what would you play? Call of Cthulhu. Why would you not play Earthdawn? Because Earthdawn isn't made for that. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's not made to give you the feel of existential dread and horror. I mean, yes, there are things called horrors in it, but you are a hero. You rise above. You are, you are a pinnacle. You are, you are a disciplined character. It takes years of brutal physical and mental training to get to that point, even first circle. You are not going to fall apart the first scary thing you see. Whereas in a game like Call of Cthulhu, you're a normal Joe. You're just a dude. And, and you run across this, this mind-bending, horrible thing that should not exist in your plane of existence. You're, you're going to melt. I think you said <laughs> something very, very relevant right there. What's that? Should not exist. Horrors exist in Earth Dawn. Yes. <laughs> in Call of Cthulhu, you're theoretically playing a game where this stuff shouldn't exist. Obviously, yeah. it does. That's why you're playing it. But it's so, it's so different from what you expect to exist in the world that your brain basically shuts down because of it. Like, nope, nope, I'm noping out. And your brain goes because it left all the ovens on, right? 
But in a, in a hero based game like D and D or Earth Dawn or Palladium or whatever, where where your character is made to be the top one percent of skilled people in the world, right out of the gate, you are not going to be as affected by these by these horrible horrible things that you're fighting. It's just another Tuesday, right? That's how it works. But in true horror games. The horror that you're facing is not only existential threat type level horror, but you are not the you are not the top tier guy. You are not the guy who's trained for for a decade to fight these things. You're a librarian, or you're a jock, or you're a cheerleader. I mean, those are actual classes. Yes, those are actual things in in Call of Cthulhu. You know, you're you're a jaded cop. You know, whatever. You know, you know, you know what Earthon does not have. Jocks and cheerleaders and light. Well, it yeah. does have librarians, no, but they have, they have disciplined characters, which literally takes years of mental and physical training to accomplish. You are not a normal person. You are exceptional right out of the gate. It's made very clear. You are, your mind is not going to break. Not easily anyway. So my, my next contention, I hope these are in order. My, my next contention with this is there's no need to modify Dungeons and Dragons. If there's already a game for you. And again, we said this a bunch, but my, my moving this forward a little bit is there's this, everybody's different. And that's what I've really got to, got to put out there. Everybody's different. I'm not saying you can't house rule, but when you've house ruled to a point, like, let's look at gamma world, gamma world, sci-fi D and D. A lot of people hate it. There are a few people that like it. A lot of people hate it. I'm, I think it's funny. I like it just because I, I just like, it's kind of funny, but there are so many people like that is not the right system for the job. You know, what is the right system traveler hmm. Starfinder, stars without number. I'm as much as I don't like Starfinder. Um, there are games out there. Battle Lords of the 23rd kilogram book. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, yeah, if, if, if you want to change a, a basic mechanic of a game so bad, you're, Again, you're probably playing the wrong game. Go to a game that addresses your needs. Go to a game that that addresses what you want to do, how you want to do it. That game exists, man. I swear to God, that game exists. 99% chance somewhere they're doing it exactly the way that you envision it in your head. Play that now, game. There are a lot of reasons to not play a new game. Number one, you're lazy, you're poor. No, not, not, I'm not going to say it that way. No, but I mean, to be fair, if you don't have if you don't have the money to to go out there, not all of us do. Not all of us have the money to go out and just buy gaming books. I got it. I mean, PDFs and so forth. It's it's possible to get these games. Time. I don't understand that one because hopefully you're preparing for a campaign. Maybe it's just a one shot. I I don't know. But why would you one shot a game system you already know how to play just by jamming some weird rules into it? Hmm. it that Maybe you again, test it with players. I don't know. Yeah, you be you. Hmm. But with that said, yeah, there comes a point where you're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. We're repeating ourselves, but this has to be repeated. You're not playing the game anymore. Play something different. If you're scared to play something different, that's on you. That's not on me. You're, you're, all, you're actually kind of hurting your players as far as I'm concerned in that regard because, I mean, I started, what was the first game? No, the first game I ever technically played was, uh, was, was basic D&D. But when I got back into gaming, the first role-playing game, because I'd been playing Battletech for a while, was Robotech. Robotech was, if I remember correctly, was the next game I played after you know, when I got into the hobby, and I played that for quite a while. And you know what the Palladium system did for me? Taught me that mini missiles are a bitch. But uh, yeah. 
But uh, uh, no, it, it taught me that there's a whole different rule set out there that that there are a lot of brilliant minds that have come up with stuff, whether it's within the OSR. Now, I feel there's too much within the OSR, but whether it's within the OSR or it's uh, a different game. I, you hear me mention Earthdown all the time. Crafty mentions, uh, um, oh my God, Savage Worlds all the time. Uh, I'm not, there, there are different game systems out there for you. I think if I remember correctly, and I don't want to, speak out of turn here but i think violence solves everything as a, as a palladium fan I, th- I think i've got that right um you know they're just differences you know what i like about the palladium system for fantasy hmm. even though i really don't like it generically is i like the isp ppp system the potential right. powerpoints and the uh, internal what is the meant whatever the side the psychic crap is i i also like the internal um, strength points and energy yeah there you go. There you go. Um, I also like how the OCCs are written. They're open enough to give you flexibility, but close enough to say, this is what you are. Know your yep. role. Um, I mean, and you do know that Palladium has its own horror factor, right? Yeah. Actually, that's what it's called. Dang it. Horror <laughs> I was going yeah. to say horror insanity. Factor off factor, yeah. yeah. I was going to say insanity. But uh, the Bestiary book has all types of horror factor. You could meet something that's got a big bunch of spiky teeth and you're like, I'm out. Yeah, just, you can you can roll horror and, and flub that roll, and you're like, oh god, nope, this is nope. I, the water's on at my home, and I got to go and address that right now. Preparing a camp, it's, it's not going to be as detailed as a horror based game because Palladium is not a horror based system. It has a horror mechanic, it has a morale mechanic, but it is, it is a supplemental and not a core version of the game. What about Nightbane? Again, it. The, the the horror thing is not is not it's it's more of like a horror factor in in uh in okay. uh what do you call it riffs or or uh ninjas and super spies or whatever it it it's not core to the game because again uh in in nightbane you are also a supernatural creature you as the player character are a supernatural creature you are in the one percent you are stronger than people you are faster than people a lot of times you're smarter. You're definitely braver. So they didn't they didn't use a straight up full on horror mechanic for that game. They used a modified simplistic version from other Palladium games. So a couple of things here. Um a campaign system. My my uh, I, I I agree for somebody who's experienced. My caveat slash flaw in this logic that I see, though, is that uh, there are always unintended consequences whenever you house rule or especially when you inject new components to a game that weren't already there. Not saying it can't be done. It absolutely can be done. People have been doing it since 1974. Hell, if you really think about it, it was done in 1974 to create. (laughs) But yeah, the the problem is with, with changing a core mechanic of the game, you're going to unbalance it somewhere else. Now, if you're prepared for that or if you're okay with that, then then you're all good. Fine. Do Whatever. what you got to do. But if you're not prepared for that, it's going to be a shock come game session number five when you realize that, yeah, you, you may have in your mind fixed this part of the game, but this part over here is now broken beyond repair. He says that I remember playing. We played first. I think we played revised. I remember there being SDC on, I don't know. It's been a while. No, first edition Palladium? God, man, I don't think I ever played that. No, that's what, that was what Al ran. We played second. Where I, where I played, oh, was it second edition? Yeah. I have I have first edition. How was I playing second edition? I don't know. I have revised, but everything I have is, I don't have anything second edition, I don't you think. A, well, re, I think revised is when it started. Okay. 
Maybe. Uh, yeah, see, exactly, exactly. What is this balance of which you speak? Ba- ba- anytime somebody says, I, I need to do this for balance, I stop listening to the person. I yeah, just do. Ninja, I, I'm looking at Ninjas and Super Spies right now, revised. And it has, it has that. <laughs> playing out of my own. Yes, I had my own special rules. Thanks. Uh, right here. Ninjas and Super Spies revised. You can't see but, it, but it says, well, it says revised. I'm going to pull my headsets on my ear. Revised. And it has SDC and, and horror factor and all that stuff in it. Oh, nope. I'm wrong. It is second edition. Okay. Revised. Because revised, I just said revised has it as well. Okay. But, uh, but I, I could have sworn. Nope. I was wrong. Most of my stuff is revised, but apparently this one is second edition. So I apologize for that. And there you go. Violence solves everything. Correct me. I really... I did not realize I had a second edition book. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Do, 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 do. What was next on your house rules? Uh, what? I can't read my own writing. Okay, we've already talked about that a hundred times. Um, okay. I was accused in either one of our past videos or in some other comments that have come out is that I am stifling imagination. I'm not allowing a game master to use his imagination. I'm not allowing a player to come up with a great idea for a rule for a game. Let me explain something to you. There is such a thing as too much imagination. There is. There, there is. When you go outside the scope of the game or the feel of the game, that you've gone, you've gone too far. In my opinion, again, your mileage may vary. I don't like Dark Sun as a setting because I think it goes too far away from D&D. That's me. People love it, though. Okay, you know what? It, but at least it still follows the rules other than, you know, bug monster player characters and uh, starting at level three. Like, I actually did it. I don't care. Um, uh, you know, preservers and defilers being weirdos and destroying the land yeah. and so forth when they cast spells. Yeah, the, you know. the, the whole the whole setting is filled with exceptions to the rule. The whole setting is. Can't trust Maxim. You never could. But it's filled with all these exceptions, except yeah. for this, except for that. Cool. Yes, um, I I I think that uh, conceptually it's it's interesting, but I think it goes a step too far. But the, again, your mileage may vary. But for me. That's kind of where it was no longer. Uh, it's like playing a Stargate game, somehow finding Stargate to Middle Earth. Well, that's like riffs. There you go. You just described yeah, riffs. You, you just discovered riffs. Good job. <laughs> You're now playing riffs, a Palladium game. <laughs> but, but this is why we have Palladium. For I want to, well, maybe I should say riffs, but you know, we have played because I want to play an orc mage or not orc, ogre mage. I want to play an ogre mage. I want to play a big dog person. That's what I played. I played a, a, a wolf and ranger. Uh, well, first, and then the second campaign that Al ran, I played uh, that evil priest. I forget what it was. Um, but uh, I'm not, again, not, really trying to word this so that people don't think I'm saying there's only one right way to play. But uh, if you want to put a Wolfen in your D&D game, sure, just don't give it, you know, attributes of 20. Keep it, the hell? Keep it within the scope of, you know, 3 to 18. Or 6 to 18 for dwarves, whatever. Keep it within the scope. If you start changing too much, it is not the same game. And I will say that, yeah, that's a bad game master. And that's, you know, bad players for wanting it. And that's because uh, it goes too far. Play the right game for you. H- how do I say this any other way, heathen dog, of like too, it, too much? Okay. Already. All right. And lastly, and this one's a direct <laughs> response to somebody. Um, you are not necessarily 
because I'm sure somebody can show me a napkin somewhere where, wow, that's never been done before. But you're not necessarily unique or exceptionally intelligent, no matter how much you might think you are, simply because you thought of a new way of doing something. Look at all the game systems out there. Look at all the different ways people have thought about how to do these games differently. Some of them work, some of them don't. But just because you've come up with a new innovative idea doesn't actually mean it's going to work or work beyond your table. It doesn't make you some sort of exceptional person in this hobby to say, well, look what I did because I do it differently than what the book says. For example, playing against type is such a tired trope. I'm so sick of it. Just, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to end there because I am I think You're I did well. Into a, rant. I know, I know. A, a tangential rant, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, there are some people out there who think that, uh, you know, because they've been playing D&D for five years or 50 years, that, uh, that, that they're God's gift to the, to the hobby. Look, we're just two guys yapping on YouTube with our experiences. You know, let's look. Who's the most recent post I see here? Mar Hawkman. Mar Hawkman's got his own experiences. Indigo Dragon can't trust me anymore. He's right. Violence solves everything. Has a lot of experience. You know, unscripted, unchanged RPG review. We know that DM Bloodworth's got a lot of experience. OGGM. You, know, you all have different experiences. None of you are right. None of you are wrong. So no, no, I'm right. Okay, Heathen Dog's right. When you when you try to lord over people or belittle them for wanting limitations that makes sense for a game world like you think your player agency is mo is more important or if you think that uh that well if you haven't tried it this way you're stupid and don't know you know i have this thing up here it's called a brain it has cognitive capabilities i have 30 some years of experience of playing these type of games i can look at something and generally know if it's going to work or not not guaranteed no but generally know if it's going to work or not that comes with experience <laughs> not not intelligence that's experience yes that's just experience. We've had a lot of different game systems. We've had a lot of ways to reinvent the wheel. We've seen it. And if we, we can look at your particular reinvention and go, mm, no. Yeah. You are not going to be the person that saves Dungeons and Dragons. No. Sorry, man. <laughs> Rule of cool is poison. There you go. So, no, there, there are a few people in our hobby on definitely both sides of the fence that think their, sh uh, think their shit don't stink. And, well... <laughs> just because you like it and think that you're the the oh the oh miracle savior of the genre or that you're the best dm ever because you implemented something yeah, it probably means you're a good dm for that group like heathen dog like, look you know how, how many rule or not rule scott i just read that rule of cool thing how many times have people hated on your player agency topic no they've hate oh god uh speaking of it here just uh, just outside of an actual playing game, I have heard so much crap about it. Oh my God, you, you, you the players must hate you. I would never play in a game with you. Blah 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 blah. That I have no, I can't say never. I have very rarely had anyone who's played in my games come up to me and go, "Yeah, I got a problem with the with with the way you do this." Just Bob. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I said no. Rarely ever. <laughs> I've I've a problem with this. No one had because they all had fun. You know, Bob was a story gamer before we even had that term. He was a hold on. He was a pure story gamer because he felt that the character he he argued with me one time. Character should always win and blah blah blah. Like, it should be like a novel. I'm like uh, no. Um, 
Yes, Twilight Zone. There you go. So the reason why I, I wanted to mention that is because so many people say, oh, my God, Heathen Dog's got to be the, whole, the worst GM ever. And look, there are some things that I now have to go, oh, I don't know if I would want to play in that game again. But I have. I have played in that game and I've had fun. OK, it's even if it's not your way of doing it necessarily when somebody else does it and he hasn't. Did you stop it, Kat? Uh, he hasn't reinvented the wheel. He's house ruled a couple things. I like the way he does experience. In fact, I kind of stole that and started doing that in my games for the last 20 years. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. See, Say- I, I think of players like Loki thinks of humans. They're happier when they're being led. They're, they're, they're happier when they have a higher power to follow. It takes away a lot of trouble from their life, and it ends up being right. Take hey, away, you... take away a lot of their agency outside their own characters' heads. Again, I have a problem with with telling characters how to feel. Tell telling characters, you know, you 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 must do this. There is no other choice. But out, outside of their characters' direct decisions, they should have very little agency, and they're happier for it. Their lives are easier. It's better. It's easier to play the character. How do the cats handle the move? Well, this cat has never been on camera before. Actually, you may have seen him sleeping behind me, but he, he uh, you can't hold this cat and he's letting me hold him. It's weird. But uh, you've always seen the little girl cat, not my big monster. Um, but uh, that's the longest I think I've ever held him. Oh, they've actually handled it pretty well. Um, wow, what a dick. Uh, anyway, but uh, so, damn it. Now that just sidetracked me. But uh, all, all told, they, they handled it well. Um, what was the last thing that you said? Oh, I was talking about player agency and how oh. and how people want to be led. So, so my games, I, I do it differently. I do timelines. Timelines don't work for everybody. That's you know, I don't, I don't agree with pure sandbox. Some people do. I also don't agree with pure railroading. You know, it's where you know, to use a heathen dog term, you know, just beginning, middle, then, because I'll let you join the enemy team if you want. Now you're going to screw me over. But I also believe that there is a good type of player that goes in and knows this is what the campaign's about. This is what I need to do to support the GM. I mean, I've actually, what's funny is I'm seeing more grognards do videos on this. Thank you. Thank you. Old timers for putting those videos out, videos out there that say things like, Hey, I spent a week reading this module. You know what we're going to do. And now you want to dick with it. No, you're going to do my module. You know, I, yeah. that's yes. I had a great adventure hook. We had a setup. We, we, we had a, we had an unspoken agreement that you're, you're, you're going to help this maid save her brother from the evil, from the evil, uh, vampire. Mm-hmm. That was the deal. You said yes. And now you want to join the vampire dude. You're, you're a dick. Stop it. <laughs> Crafty keeps posting this stuff from the Friday thing. Um, yeah. I, now again, your mileage may vary, but just because you like all pure sandbox and let the players do whatever they want and you don't have to do anything but roll on some random tables doesn't mean that somebody else needed to do that. Uh, just because Heathen Dog likes to do everything on rails doesn't mean that everybody has to do it that way. Uh, and I wouldn't say that even the games I played in of years were necessarily on rails. No, it, it, I, I make sure you don't see the rails as much as possible. But you will, you will all eventually get to the spots I want you to get to. There you go. Uh, I will lead you there. One of the big things, sorry. One of the things that I get blasted about all the time is uh, I'm very open 
you are not going to have a magic item before level five. Or if you do, it's either a story hook or it's a, it's a, a charged item. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's a sword, because I don't, I play low magic games. So I've had people that in third edition, you couldn't get by with that. Well, then I'm not doing third edition. Like, you know, I don't believe low level characters deserve that stuff. Okay. You have to earn it. It's one of the reasons why I love Earthdawn. I love how the Earthdawn magic system works because even if I gave Heath and Tug a sword at level one, he couldn't do anything it with matter. it. Well, no, no. In first edition, you can you can tie threads as a wizard. Yes. Or as, as any magic yeah. magic casting class. Actually, I made you guys wait till the circle four still. Yeah, you, you don't did remember. because yeah. you decided to homebrew that. Yeah. 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 Um the illusions of agency. Yes, the illusion of agency. Yes. Illusion but of I, agency. Yes, that's what I give. You have no agency besides what I give you. And anything I give you is an illusion to, to get you to point B. <laughs> well, you can put that Indigo Dragon post up. I keep people poor. Why? Because I like watching the characters look at each other and say, do we need that heathen dog? Do we need your spell? Or do we need our warrior to actually have a better sword and some armor? He's getting beat up. And you know what? You're not going to be able to cast that spell if he's dead. You know? Yeah, and I can only cast it once a day, whereas he can swing his sword and, and his armor gets hit all the time. Ad infinitum, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so probably want to repair the armor, maybe get him a better sword. That's probably yeah. more efficient. And also, when you, when you have low-income uh, players, those those problems, you know, come come to the foreground. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they bubble to the surface. Well, also gives you a reason to adventure. Yes, yes, you want to make bank, right? I mean, sure, you you could be uh, you could use some of your skills to be a, a sage and and collect fees from people for researching stuff. Then you want to turn yourself an NPC. That's fine, but that's that's not what you came to the game for. You gotta you gotta make money the old fashioned way, right. breaking heads and taking no names. <laughs> exactly so and but i i can't tell you how many times i've had people tell me i'd never play in your game i'd never do this and sometimes it becomes a struggle to get a game started somebody was telling me oh it was actually in the friday night stream he was telling me that i should cater to the players now he didn't say those words i'm, I'm paraphrasing but essentially like, do the things the players want you to do and then pull them into your way no i'm not changing my style for other people um I, I'm probably not quoting this directly and I don't see him posting now. So maybe he got tired or he's just chilling. I don't know. Uh, but Condor DM said something somewhat similar to that, but uh, it's like, you need to be uh, essentially, you need to be diverse for the players. Like, no, actually I don't, I don't at all. The players are on my world. They need to play my game. It's what I'm most comfortable with. And, and yes, it's a lot of me's and I's in there, but if they want the best game that I can run possible, they need to conform to me. They're the ones playing. I'm the one running. When I play in Heathen Dog's game, I learn what his rules setting, what his setting is, what his rules are. I don't try to change that. Well, you, you've got you've got to conform to me because this is how I can play the best. It's like no, my world includes this, but doesn't include that. I have these expectations and not that expectation. One of my expectations of running Earthdawn, and this is one of the reasons why I don't run Earthdawn for everything, is I require you to be a hero in Earthdawn. Yes. I will well, it, not. It, it makes perfect sense, yeah, because you 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 have to be a legend. It, you fr you friggin' get legend points, right? As experience, they're they're legend points. You're supposed to be a legend. You're not supposed to be infamous. You're supposed to be famous. Right. You're there's there's already enough shit in the world anyway that you don't need to create anymore. And I'll just say that this is a great one because I get hit with this one a lot. I don't agree with this. I think the campaign comes first. 
the game comes second and everything else, including the players comes third. This is where something where Gary and I disagree because whatever world you make, that's, that's going to be the, the crux. That is going to be the central point of everything. Your game world. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, your, the, the game world is the framework that the game is presented in. Mm -hmm. So if, if you, if you, if you play Kryn as your, as your world, then you can't have tiefling PCs. You can't have psionics. They don't exist in that world, but they're in the main book. Sorry, dude. Well, not, not, I think they might be in, in Dragonlance now. I don't know. But uh, to, to be fair, I, I, again, this was back before <laughs> tieflings and whatnot when that was written. But conceptually, yeah, just if you want to maintain the spirit of your game world. The hell, I am seeing cattails everywhere. I only have two of you. Um, if you want to maintain the spirit of your game world, you have to allow things like Kender. Now, there's a big argument I had years ago. Did Kender change the game? No. Just halflings with a different attitude. <laughs> like, like, you know, but uh, are you sure you only have two cats, right? Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think we're, or at least I'm rambling a bit yeah, here. Let's, I, let's I, move on to the next one. Well, the, the next one really just goes into uh, the last thing I want to talk about is using the right tool for the right job to bring this back full circle. And I want right. to talk about, I want to talk about, in your opinion, we are not the experts of every game ever written of all time. We played a lot of games, a lot of different games. Right. So we have a varied and, and eclectic perspective, but it doesn't mean we're a hundred. No, it, it doesn't mean that that Max is a hundred percent right. I definitely am. But it does. It doesn't mean that, that he is. So if I wanted to play a mecha game. Sure. Would I use Dungeons and Dragons? No. Could I use Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. Okay. Why wouldn't I? Because there are games that are made for mech combat and Dungeons and Dragons would have to be uh, tinkered with so much to make it work properly that you'll be playing a different game anyway. Right. That's there you go. Yeah. Um, if you know, I, I already have the thumbnail for this done and it's got three three games on it. It's got fifth edition D&D. It's got Bessem and it has blood. If you remember Grimm's. Uh, oh, yeah, from, from, so would I use the Bessem system to run a game of blood? Oh God, no! It it Bessem is is made for for anime adventures. Blood is made for gritty, uh, death knell all the time, uh, horrible angst and just just hopelessness, which is the opposite of a of an anime feel game. Opposite. In theory, could you use either system for either type? Yes. But you're a bad person for doing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Kender. See, I, I like Kender's story uh, as they're written in the novels. I don't like Kender when pe uh, players play because players always uses a, use it as an excuse to be excessive. Yes. Um, so it, but it, uh, to be fair, if you played a fought in Battle Lords, you'd be a dick too. Because you have to be. You are genetically a dick, just like a Kender is genetically a thief. I think uh, every, everything I say now is just going to be repeating myself over and over again. I think we beat the, there are a couple of little side tangents I want to go, but we, we agreed so, so much on this in concept and chat isn't really arguing with us on this that, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I, I want to, I got I have to say it again though. You're not an amazing, intelligent person. 
just because you homebrewed. <laughs> okay? That doesn't make you better than anybody. It means you may have recognized a flaw in the game for you and tried to resolve it. Or you've decided that with the players that you have at the table that uh, certain things don't work for your table. Fix mm -hmm. it. That's great. That's what you're supposed to do as a game master. Example. Example. Uh, the way I run the old World of Darkness stuff. I take out all the angsty bullshit. <laughs> I take out all of the all of the grungy teenage, uh, you know, uh, emotional baggage nonsense, so adults can actually have fun playing it. Now, the the creator of the game, if if he met me in an alley, would punch me in the face, because that's not the point of his game. To him, I broke the game to the point where it's not his game anymore because the feel of it is completely wrong but in my homebrew game of old world of darkness where i removed the angsty teenage girl bullshit crafty where, stuff where no one is a cutter and they're just folk trying to get on with their lives and they just have this other stuff it worked better for the people at my table like there is no way i would get slow to play an angsty vampire game. Nope. There's no way. In There's fact, I, well, I wasn't going to play your mage game um, because I'd had too many experiences with the angsty vampire stuff until you told me flat out that everyone's a hollow one, which right off the bat actually pissed me off, but not with, with none of the hollow one baggage. I'm like, yes. oh, okay, so we're just unaffiliated mages. Yes. Got it. <laughs> exactly. And that was the easiest way to do it, because, especially for a first-time player. You, you take away all of the all of the uh, in-game politics so they can learn the game. You don't get any special bonuses. You don't get any special minuses. And you're, you're not psychologically debilitated be, because, you know, you, 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 you have to take a whole bunch of antidepressants to stop cutting your thighs. No, I don't want any of that crap in that game because the people around me are not going to play that game. So I homebrewed it. I completely changed the flavor of the game so the writer would say, I ruined the game. Or I, I changed to the point where now they're not they're not actually playing mage and they're not actually playing vampire. They're playing a different game just with my just with my rules. I get that. I get but, that. But but here's the thing: you didn't take out the feel completely. No, it no, still, no. There, there, still there felt still like world of darkness. There's yep. still like you know bad shit's gonna happen and nothing is ever gonna be super super great. But there was hope. I didn't eliminate all the hope. The world can be better. It's just going to be trial of Hercules bullshit. Well, it was dark, not angsty. How about that? Yes, that, it was dark, not angsty. That's right. Uh, uh, the, so I actually wanted, so <laughs> Unscripted Unchained said, uh, there are magic items in those modules. I'd take them out. I, I, I just flat out would take them out. Uh, or if they're needed. If they needed be, to complete the dungeon or quest or whatever, they would have charges. Right. Charges or once or that was done? only work in the full moon in this special chamber that harnesses the power of the stars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, or you'd accidentally have to lose them. And I don't like doing that because that's just being a dick. But the other thing is, is what first level characters don't get 3000 gold pieces ever. So, so uh, yeah, you're not coming out of there like, look, I can sell this thing for, you know, 500 gold. You're getting 10. Or they're just going to mug you and take it. You pick. <laughs> like, again, I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but yeah, my I point is... Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't because you have to learn to save kittens from the tree before you can learn to kill orcs before you can learn to slay dragons. Right. Crawling, uh, walking, running. Yeah. Talking. And, and, uh, in the old days we called an off the farm game. 
nowadays i don't know what they call it bad dandy i don't know anyway so yeah that, that that's really all the points i wanted to make on that i think we bring, we move it to segment three so that people can uh can come in here and yell at us uh for this uh, i'll get the link out there uh, the for the folks that are in the the super secret discord channel you should have the link already unless that blew up somehow and got 400 posts in it um for those that don't i am going to put it here you can talk about anything we talked about today. I will open the floor up for the Friday discussion also to, uh, with limitations. My limitation is you don't get to come on here and just badmouth him. We can talk about the topics, but I don't want you coming on here saying, who's an idiot? And, you know. Uh, no, you, yeah. can say, you can say, I disagree and give the reasons why you disagree. That's fine. Everyone can disagree with everyone else. That's great. But when you start calling people names, you lost the argument. So Mar Hawkman said the Twitch side died. Oh, it's back now. Okay. It can, yeah, it had a had a blip. Okay. Twitch had a blip. So oh, oh the OGGM is here. OGGM, you beat Mar Hawkman. How did that That's happen? Amazing. All right, OGGM, how you doing? You're muted right now, in case you don't the know. The thing is, is what first level characters don't get three thousand gold pieces. Ever. Ah, that's my voice. <laughs> Notice me, heathen dog senpai. <laughs> ah, I notice you. Hang on, let, let, let me notice you more. Hang on. <laughs> uh... <laughs> what are you doing? There we go. This is a great comment. I've got to put this up. The OSR should not change to attract modern players. It should just put itself out there, and if they try it and leave, so be it. More, I think, will stay. That, that's been my experience as well. One of the problems that I have with OSR people is that they try to browbeat you with no. OSR being better. The, the, the cool thing... Damn it, stop agreeing with each other. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, the only good thing about the glut of OSR games out there right now, the only good thing about it is that there's a lot of them, and it's cheap, and at the very worst, even if you hate the game, you spent $3.99 on that game. And you have the experience of a new game. You have the experience of, of a different way of playing, different rule system, different stuff. At the very worst case scenario, you've broadened your horizons a little bit. Even if you go back to your old game and hide under the covers or whatever because it sucked, it could, it could very well have sucked. But you, <laughs> you have the experience of, of trying out a new game, and that in itself is a win. Yes, all right, OG, what, what, are you, what are you talking about here? What do you got? Nothing. You haven't said anything that I can disagree with today. Well, what, 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 do, you, what, what do you want to talk about? about so this the, is the Radio uh, Skullin show. Port, Battle Lords. Yeah. Uh, Battle Lords armor. It's, it's, and, it's, it's uh, so weird. You haven't said anything I disagree with. I feel <laughs> That was worthy of him coming in here just to do that. <laughs> okay, so did you watch the stream on Friday? Uh, no, but okay. apparently I hear it caused some sort of... No, it's actually really decent. I mean, what are we, look, what are we upset about that happened on Friday? Because I saw. I, I I'm not upset. Well, no, in no fact, it's really done nothing upset. but help me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Friday, I decided to do a stream. Just I thought it was gonna be a 30 minute bore fest. Just like let's just see if somebody will watch. Just see if I could get a number. Because a few of you guys have been kind of pinging me about doing like a DM roundtable or something on you know Fridays, and, and yeah. so I just let's just see if it'll work. Well, then I saw that uh, uh, DM Bloodworth was on the Evil GM show. So I was like, well, I don't want to step on that. So I waited, waited, waited. That was over. And then, you know, I started streaming. And was it uh, Biggest Geekest came in? That was awesome. 
because uh, I, I like I like that channel. If you haven't checked it out, check out Biggest yeah, Geekest. Uh, but uh, and then uh, what happened? Oh, then Aaron the Pedantic came in to save uh, uh, to save me because my audio is going bad. But then th- there's something going on in chat, and you know I commented a couple of times, and he's like, "Well, basically," he said, "Let me come in and, and make my point." Chat on it. Jay, Jay Scott, um, oh my God, somebody put in chat again. I always forget his name, and I'm sorry for that, but. Jay Scott something, yeah, his yeah. name is on the Discord. Yeah, so uh, so, so he came in, and he made his point. I have nothing to say about Friday stream. You guys didn't uh, argue about it on Friday. I just have a few choice words for the person on the stream. I, okay, and and that's the thing. Yeah, he made some some points that were really well, I guess I can go back and watch it. <laughs> he called. He call, I'll tell you right now. If you start watching the stream, it starts about an hour in, fifty-nine minutes exactly. But you know, it starts an hour in. Um, the first part of that is just me getting ready to talk and you know talk with Biggest Geek is uh, Joe from Biggest Geek is and, and Aaron. But um, but one of the things he said was that uh, we're selfish because we're you know stepping away from D and D fifth edition because we're not promoting Dungeons and Dragons, which is obviously eight hundred pound gorilla. And by being selfish like that, we're not getting the word out. And by not getting the word out, less people are able to play it and have their mental health corrected. What? What? <laughs> wait, wait. You, you right. Max, let me just make sure right. I understand the perimeters of this argument. You, Max, are being selfish because you're not promoting fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons on a channel that is not directly promoting fifth Dungeons and Dragons. Well, as far yeah. as I know, at no point in time has your channel been about fifth edition right. Dungeons and Dragons. So right. you're well, being that's selfish. kind of his point. That's kind no, of his no, point. But yeah. on top of that, on top of that, you have to promote fifth edition because it fixes everyone's mental health. What? No. Uh, okay, what? I guess that's another. Per- I guess I would have to disagree. Uh, yeah. First, that's not the point of your channel. No. If you want to, there's, and I would, I would argue with that. With just, but there are channels that do that, dude. Hundreds of them. Literally, In fact, we specifically stay hundreds. away from fifth edition because of that reason. Like <laughs> I know, and hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Have you met my antagonist, Genie D? <laughs> yeah, you know, there, right. there are plenty of channels out there that 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 shill a particular game. Yes. All right. And there, that 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 demographic is represented already. Yes. Good. Let them have it. Yes, fine. exactly. We'll that is. We'll that, go another way. Yeah, and that's fine. So his, yeah. but so the first part, the, the the very fallacy in his argument is is that you have to do that, or you're being disingenuous to the fan base. Oh, he, no. he 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 went out and said that we're uh, that we're being selfish, and it's, that it's uh, I wasn't living in the legacy of Gygax by doing that. You're not following well, lines. Sprint- sure <laughs> <to do> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, again, I'm not going to disrespect him. He came on the show. I disrespect yeah, his ideas, but he came on the show, took the heat from two and a half yep. of us. I keep saying that. He didn't Aaron's- lose his temper. He didn't lose his cool. He, 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 he stayed, uh, he stayed argumentative, but not combative. Everyone did awesome time. I do want to post this. Awesome. Awesome. It? Good stuff. It's just that nobody nobody agreed with him right then and there. That's fine. That's well, fine. Nobody, yeah. nobody's agreeing on it even after the fact. You know, like when we did some of our videos, we had a bunch of downvotes and people hating on it and so forth because they don't like some of our hot takes. That one so far has two thumbs downs and 40 thumbs up, which for a yeah. tiny channel like ours, that's an incredible that, amount. That's a big thing, but that, that, that is because everyone stayed calm. No, no, you know, everyone showed their opinion, gave reasons for it, and then at the end, if they disagreed, they respectfully did so. And that was it. That was awesome. It was awesome. 
you know i mean uh, uh he has he has uh ideas about what games are that i think are fundamentally against what i think games are at their core well but, i think he he was like crafty was saying he takes dungeons and dragons and put it on puts it on a level that's not even a game anymore yeah, it's like yeah, it's well, like it's a cultural different. phenomenon that we yeah. all have to embrace like, like scientology <laughs> a little bit I, I got i got a little scientology vibe from him a little bit mm. a little bit but uh yeah but that's fine you know he, everyone yeah, is that, that could work it. though <laughs> You know, if you want your character to reach second level max, you need to give me twenty dollars. Yeah, there you go. If you want your yeah. character to reach fifth level max and really truly see what D and D fifth edition is all about, and pray and then pray to the three times or whatever. Hang on, hang on. No, it gets better. It gets better. No, uh, for uh, for 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 someone who treats D and D like 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 Scientology, like uh, to advance to second level, you have to buy product. You have to buy D and D five E product yep. to prove that you're loyal. Prove your loyalty. You're gonna get the second level, <laughs> and, and and we're even gonna let you do it at markup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll retail. <laughs> there you go. Uh, a lot of new players are being subjected to the SJW echo chamber. The thing is, is I'm gonna be honest. I I tried a couple of times to see if I could pull that out of him, the SJW side of it. He didn't bite, which I respected. Um, the couple of times that I do start to get ranty was done because I wanted to see if I could pull that out of him. Because then I had just gone balls to the wall. He didn't bite. And and again, that's another thing to respect on that is that uh, he kept to his talking points. He kept to his uh, what he wanted to say. We had to agree to disagree because by the time we were done, we'd all said the same thing like 15 times. Like, OK, you know, we're, we're not progressing we're anything here. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, I want to do more of that. To be fair, I want to do more of that. The thing is, is I'm going to get somebody on here one time that's going to say something not like he said. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just going to go absolutely crazy. Uh-oh, now we got double trouble. Oh, man. We got OGGM oh, and no. DM Bloodworth. <laughs> we got double trouble. By the way, DM Bloodworth, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, you, that was it? Uh, uh, We're going to do our Arby's thing, sir, at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we have to uh, eventually. That unscripted evil thing that you're doing? or whatever, that, I, I like that. That was good stuff. Oh, good, good. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I even ordered um, Adventures Dark and Deep because of that. Yeah, actually, I'm 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 very close to dropping the same uh, the same thing. I'm just waiting to uh, pick up a few other things, and then uh, that's on my list. But yes. So what what you got? What you you want to come in and say something? You want to yell at the OGGM though, right? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the OGGM was here first. So let's see hear what he's got to say. <laughs> I started this whole thing with I don't have anything to say because I've agreed with everything they've said He just wanted his happy, smiling face on camera. I just wanted, I just hadn't seen you guys in a while and Max's mood. Oh, hug, hug. You know, and I haven't shilled myself in a while. And now that I'm not the go. grumpy GM anymore, I'm the love train, you know. <laughs> and the, and the, 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 the wizards of the coast shill, you know, I got to stay relevant. Did you get accused of being a wizard of the coast shill? Uh, yes, some people do. <laughs> How the hell did well, that happen? I I don't I don't call him a shill, but I I think that his takes on some of the uh, the fifth edition ideas where he's like, well, you know, that might that might be okay or it's a business thing are, are not wrong but bullshit for a hobby. Let's yeah, just put it but, that way. I, I I get the business side of it and what what you, what you're saying on that, but you don't. This is it's the same argument that happens with World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft is the shittiest MMORPG ever made. 
Fuck y'all if you like it, because it, it it's it ruined the MMORPG genre. Was it popular? Yes, but it was also catered to the lowest common denominator. Dark Age of Camelot, EverQuest, I'd even dare, even though it's kind of based on it, I'd even say Warhammer Online, all better MMORPGs. Yes. Uh, than uh, than World of Warcraft, but because it catered to the simple, uh, nope, nope, I don't want to say that. That that uh, because it catered to the masses. Because it catered to the, you know that way of being, and and to be honest, it was a strong IP. It became popular, and, and it changed everything every other game moving forward. Yes, yeah, it changed. You know what? You you know who it catered to? They had al- they found an algorithm it, that worked. It catered it, to. Hi, my my Hawkman, my number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> it catered. Uh, um, World of Warcraft catered to people still running a Pentium two ten years later. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Never had those numbers if it continued to upgrade. That is a fair assessment. You know, and and that was that was the bottom line was that it you the same time that Age of Conan came out. Oh, I forgot about that one. I didn't really like that game, but I absolutely recognized how good it was if it wasn't so buggy. Well, yeah, and and well, World of Warcraft was buggy as hell. You know, yep. I was there on launch day. On launch day, you spun like a top because the lag spin was so ridiculous. See, I, I played WoW and play beta, like so I ended up playing EverQuest 2. <laughs> but, um, yeah, World of Warcraft had inflated numbers because they refused to upgrade to uh, higher, you know, higher memory chips, higher capacities or whatever. And that's why they had 11 million or 12 million at okay. its height. Now you compare that to Fortnite, it's completely dwarfed. You know what I'm saying? It's like a yeah, but people don't really play MMOs. Even that's one of the things. Even Warcraft kind of started. I, I know. Let me phrase it. I don't think it started. I think it just took advantage of how people are changing as a whole. I mean, let, let's bring it back to tabletop gaming for a moment. This yeah. tabletop gaming channel. When I tell people how I play run my games, they're like, I will never sit in there. Not for the same reason we talked about before, but uh, my game is every week or every Saturday from noon to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what, 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 I have to give up a whole day for this? Yes. That's the only way I feel I can have enough sessions in where in a year or in two and a half years that I ran Heathen Dog through uh, you know, our Earth Dawn campaign, I got them halfway up the level chart. But people are like, I am never playing any game for more than, f- I'll, I'll give you four hours on a good day, otherwise I'm done. Now, I'm not talking online playing because I don't know exactly how that goes. My experience with that is I think shorter might be better. But I'm talking in person. If I drive over to DM Bloodworth's house, have to pick up OGGM along the way, and Heathen Dog can walk, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit there and, and I want to spend the day there. We'll take a break for some food, whatever. I'll go to yeah. another room while everybody's eating. But then we come back and, uh, and we play. This whole concept, like I'm only playing for two hours. How do you play for only two hours? I'm not even talking. You're you're, you're writing, comparing it. You really can't compare in person uh, to, you know, in someone's home to a game store to online. They don't even want to play long there. Different things. And yes, in someone's home, you're going to play all day. Yeah. You know, um, that is completely reasonable. Being primarily concerned, with, you know, or primarily doing online gaming, because I, I don't have a game store that's close, you know, uh, where we just came out of 18 months of, you know, various levels of lockdown in New York. And, um, you know, the most my back can take is about five hours. All right. Which was 
which was actually on this show, <laughs> was the longest stretch I've actually done. That first time I appeared on uh, on on this show, I think we went like five and a half hours that time, and uh, I was dying. You know, I, w- I was practically in the hospital afterwards. <laughs> oh, wow! But it's it's my limit is about four hours. All right, and then, but if I if I were in a game store, yeah, I'll, I'll probably last longer. And if I'm in someone's home or they're in my home, we're definitely going that eight hour stretch. But even when I played at like War Games West in Albuquerque, um, when that was still open and so forth, we those games lasted, yeah, hours. Now I get it on a Wednesday night when people have to work, start at six, end at ten, you know. But I, but I hear a lot of people like, no, I can't play before nine. So can we play from nine until nine uh, to ten thirty? I'm like, what can you do in an hour and a half? I just I don't understand it. Uh, I, I'm not again though. Oh wow, I can't post that. Um, oh, it finally did. I. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm a story gamer because that, that opens up things, but I like to role play my character. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to role play with every shopkeeper out there. That gets too far. Some people actually want to do that, but I want to role yeah, play my the, character. The, I want to look actually at, want to LARP, but they, they, they don't want to buy all the, all the PVC and, and, uh, <laughs> right, and uh, padding for that. Yeah. So I, I, you know, when I'm talking to DM Bloodworth, you know, if you're another player, I want to grow our characters you know, and, and learn a little bit something about your character, even if it's just in a snippet. Some people are like, dude, it's just a game. Stop doing it. Fine, whatever. I guess in that regard, I understand the hour and a half thing. But it's more than just combat for me. Like, if that's all I want to do is play combat, I would you play get a video, video game. game. Yeah. yeah. So, and and I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. It's just something that I can't get with personally. Like, I have to have those long game sessions. Okay, uh, Mar Hawkman. Is there anything you want to you want to talk about what we talked about today? I actually had thought of two or three things, but okay, I, okay, I can't you, have, you have to address. He, I barely heard him, but he has to address them to DM Bloodworth and the OGGM because they have to answer before us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, my fault is spot on. One of them was, um, uh, what do you guys personally think of having a shall we say, digital aid for, uh, shall we say, record-keeping uh, while mm. playing a game. Uh, I'm sorry, I asked that again. I was reading chat. That's my fault. Oh, he, he, he's, he's talking about uh, what, what we all feel about uh, uh, digital aids or apps or programs to, to help you in record-keeping and uh, uh, character sheet generation, creation, update, stuff like that. Uh, do, do you, are you also going to put in dice rollers in there? I mean, well, th- that was actually one of those things that uh, I was specifically thinking about was like, you know, like having a uh, app that, you know, you, you you roll the dice and it also adds all of like pluses and minuses to the Okay, dice. okay, yeah. So, so something something that, that does all the background work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, Which, what do you think about those? D&D Beyond is supposed to do, but doesn't. Right. Doesn't? Did for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about OG? Uh, in, I, I, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's obvious that it's an aspect of the age. And I think the digital aspect of the hobby is going to continue to grow. It's, that's sort of inevitable. Of course, there could be an alternate universe where it doesn't, but, um, so my feelings are, you know, if like you're in the middle of a fight and everybody has to leave, great. You've, you've all got cameras so you could take a picture 
and then reset everything when you come back. You know, if you need to keep track of stuff and notes and whatever, it, it's great. It's when the it's when it becomes more important than the game is my issue. Because like when you know you see people texting each other during the game, or when it takes more time to look. And remember, I timed this. It took more time for somebody to look up what their character could do through D and D Beyond by going. Than it did for the person with the with the book, and that was me, who's dyslexic, to go. So oh, I, make I, get, my, my, I make my own flashcards. Yeah, I get plus three. You know, so that then how is that helping if this takes up all that time? And once this is in your face, that sort of stops the suspension of disbelief. That brings you back to the real world, and you're not in you know, Mar Hawkman world fighting giant Mar Hawkmans. You're sitting at a table with a bunch of your fellas rolling dice. I don't want to fight small Mar Hawkmans, Jesus. And, and then I'm, you know, it's like, as long as I've got it out, I'm going to, you know, send a note to my mom that I, yeah, I'll remember to pick up the, oh man, the Dodgers lost again? All right, all right, <laughs> hang on, hang on. That's that. That's more of a, of a you know, bad use scenario. It, the, that, that's, that's not talking about the software itself. That's talking about the human being who's- Yeah, the software's around. great. Right. Right. I think um, some of the software is really good. I, I My personal experience, again, with D&D Beyond was it took me less time to find it on paper, but I've only had experience with D&D Beyond, so I don't know the one. For record keeping, sure. If you could bring your entire- 75,000 pound book that you know of it on this to the game and be able to look stuff up as quickly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so to, to boil it down, yes, the, the apps and the programs have a use. Uh, the uh, you don't have to bring giant backpacks of all books. Yes, you can have it in here, and you know, esoteric rules can can be looked up because they're not used a whole lot, and and you you still have them at your fingertips. Record keeping, it's awesome because uh, you know everyone has a record of your character sheet. You just got to log in to to your game, and boom, you have all the all character sheets, all record. Nobody's cheating, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But people being folk are not going to use it properly, or once they get their phone in their face. They're going to be texting. They're going to be doing all the crap, and it's going to be distracting to the game. So what? IRL, where you know the simple fact that they had the uh, uh, you know actual like physical hardcover book next to them, they would you know like ooh shiny and start reading the book. <laughs> well, True. so so I've got something to say about that, but I want DM uh, DM Bloodworth uh, to jump in first on what he was going to say. We are okay, easily so um, so what. Uh, what the OGGM was saying about, you know, people looking up rules and everything, that's that's when I throw a random encounter at them. You know, it's like we're not going to spend any time at the table trying to figure out what is supposed to be on your character sheet and you're supposed to know your character. Um, so any I, mean, I have to do work before like I that, show up? I thought you knew all this. Say again? <laughs> I, I have to do work before I show up? I thought you knew all of this. Yeah, no, no, no. But, but as far as the, you know, the, the question that um, that was asked, I use certain elements of it, yes. So, so for record keeping, like I use Roll Twenty, not for the um, not for the mapping necessarily. Although we'll we'll do the maps by hand on there. Uh, I, I don't like to put the thing up there and try to figure out the dynamic lighting bullcrap. Um, I use it to keep track of the characters. Um, so I have one board that's dedicated to just the character models, and I have their their hit points, their armor class, their level, 
you know, all right in front of me. And then I'll print those out. And that's kind of like my record of who was there. We, the players use the, um, the players can use either the dice roller that's on roll 20 or they can roll their physical dice. And I, and I have the trust in them that they're, you know, that they're going to play it up straight. Now we're playing obviously online. We're not playing. You're going to say that. I personally like rolling physical dice. Yes. You know, so I, you know, even though I, I have that right there, I like rolling physical dice and, and I'm not going, you know, to use them, even if I'm a player, if I don't have, you know, the option to use physical dice. I hate the dice roller for that. The other, the other elements like um, character sheets are, are great to have in electronic form online. Now, I don't necessarily like the, the way that Roll20 does it. I'd rather get a PDF copy of everyone's, you know, uh, character yeah, sheet, especially if they have the fillable. The form fillable PDFs are, are amazing. All right. And if you can get that as just uh, separately and email that to me and then I can put it in there. I love to be able to print out oh, the characters. Yes. That way I can look at them and have a sense of what they might might do. And then once the players start to kind of sync with each other, then I could start anticipating how they'll function as a group. But I can only do that if I have access to all of their, you know, to all their character sheets. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's actually one of the things with D&D Beyond that's nice is because you type up your character sheet on the website and then you just send the GM at uh, URL yeah. so he can. Look yeah. At it. So so uh, so uh, is it okay if I jump in now? or You got more? No, no, go right ahead. Okay. So y'all gonna hate me? What? You might play the character, but that's my character. I'm the game master. Whoa! What? Yep. Whoa! So Good here's what I mean by that. When your character dies, I got into almost a fist fight with somebody. I will rip up your character sheet. Ooh, that character God. is dead. Make a new one. You're not making his brother. You're not making his kid. That character is dead. This is why I don't like the online stuff when it comes to character sheets. Outside that, I've actually used D&D Beyond, and I did like how it tracked hit points and so forth. And I could just hit that little rest button, and it would change things And because I didn't understand any of those rules. Also at my table, by the way, anybody who's ever going to play games with me is about to just say I'm never playing with this guy for other reasons now. Um, I, I only allow you to have your character sheet on the table. Not the player's handbook, right. not anything else, just your character sheet on the table. And if I grab it and want to mark something off of it, I'm going to grab it and mark something off of it. I don't do that often. I'm just saying that the, the option is going to be there. No other books. I better not see a DMG. I better not see a monster manual. I better not see some other fluff book even in the room, let alone at the table. What about have piece of paper? What's that? What about blank pieces of paper? No, blank pieces of paper are great. In fact, I want you to map and I want you to write notes and so and um, do all the sticky notes and 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 so on and so forth. But I'm saying at the table, you can reference the player's handbook by picking it up off the floor and looking at it. Yeah. One, it prevents cluttered tables, and then because because people like to hide their dice. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm I'm very paranoid about dice, and that's why I think Ethan Dog said what he's saying because we've run into people in our past that are, are dice cheaters, and I don't get it. I literally don't get the whole dice cheating oh, thing. Oh god, so many. But <laughs> so uh, you don't roll until I tell you to roll. The thing is, is once people get used to the system, they end up love. I'm telling you, they love my game. <laughs> like like, uh, but it's getting them into it. Uh, 
Yeah, so it, I'm, I'm pretty anal about that stuff because I've run into bad groups. But once it gets going, it expects you to know your character. And I had one person, I'm telling you, Heath Dog knows who it is. I've actually even mentioned his name already once in this stream, who, who wanted to fight me over it because I said, I'm taking your character from you. Your character died. And he's like, the hell you aren't. This is my character. I'm like, the hell it is. You're at my table. You're in my world. And I may want to use that as an undead zo zombie one day. Mm -hmm. So, um, that that's the thing. But but to be fair, I do the same thing for the game master that I'm playing. Now, if the game master's like, I don't care what you do with that thing, well then I'll do whatever I want with it. But the game master says, "Give me your character. You're dead." I, There's my character. Give me your character. You've been permanently charmed for the rest of your existence. You can either play this as an NPC or you can make a new character. Here's my character. You know, whatever. I don't have a problem with that, even if I'm tied to the character. The point being is that. Uh, I want to give you reasons. First of all, keep the game moving. That's why the books don't get to be around. Yeah. Trust me that I'm doing the right thing for the decision. But it says here three. A rule that, that Heathen Dog's crew used to always just get in my ass about is I change one of the Earth Dawn rules. One of the Earth Dawn rules says it's plus two to your target number if you change action. I say, screw that. That's not penalizing enough. It's plus two steps. Or min minus two steps to the minus, roll. Minus two steps. Yeah. yeah, minus two steps to the roll. Because I want changing an action not to just be something like, whatever, dude. No, I want you to think about, it. ooh, do I want to change this action now or do I want to finish this up? It's That's still not all that devastating, especially once you get higher circle. But they used to give me crap about it all the time. Like, no, no, right here. No, I don't care. <laughs> I've made my decision. This is what it's going to be. If DM Bloodworth says that all, all characters named Max Liao must have red fire, you know, fire breathing hair or you know, fire burning hair. Well, guess what? My fire hair, breathing can, hair. You know, fire, my hair can breathe fire, but you know, my hair is on fire because he said he's the game master. And I, you know, I have to have trust in him that there's a good reason for that. I, but Anyway, okay, I, I'm yeah, I'm done on that. On, on the uh, role playing aids. Well, no, no, but but that's where the whole aids thing comes from. As far as far as the aids, <laughs> I made go, you say aids. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you can't far, take the character sheets if it's on a on a phone. Yeah, as as yeah, I, I can't mess with your character sheet if it, if it's on the phone. Number one, number two, I don't trust you. Well, I have twenty two hit points left. Well, that's funny. I thought I did sixty five points of damage, and you only oh, got yeah. thirty. Well, you know, so no, I am going to have control of that, or I'm at least going to have access to it. Go ahead, uh, Dean Bloodworth. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that's why I keep track of the hit points as well. I you see, I collect their, I collect their, um, their character sheets, right? That's why I like having them electronic. I actually just put together my my campaign book, all right. So it's a, uh, and yeah, I to do that too. I already have a section for character sheets labeled "Dearly Departed PCs." Oh, right? <laughs> I am going to keep a running record of every PC that has worked through this campaign, whether this campaign lasts months or years or whatever, I, I, I have a little note as to what were the circumstances that this either player or character, their character mm -hmm. departed from the campaign. And then hopefully several years down the road, we can go back as a group and say, hey, do you remember this character? Oh, this guy, we remember. Reminiscing you know, is awesome. No, 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 honestly. wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Better idea. Better idea. Okay. You collect all of the all of the sheets from the dead characters. At the end of the campaign, you have a I will remember you montage. <laughs> you, you create a PowerPoint montage of, of all the characters that would die yeah, with, uh, with, with, with some sad Sarah McLaughlin song in the background. <laughs> That's a very good great. idea. You can do it like a slideshow. The, the, yeah. This reminds It'll be me like of, uh, the, the MTV Awards or something. <laughs> this reminds me of, of one of the more amusing gameisms in Skyrim that confounds people who 
don't really uh, get how the game is structured. But in Skyrim, when you kill a named NPC, they get buried somewhere. Because of the fact that the way that the game code works requires them to be in the world somewhere. So th they get moved to a casket as a dead body. But they actually like have like graveyards and cemeteries and stuff for all of the dead NPCs in the world. Wow, this yeah, guy's I, character. I didn't know that about. Uh, I didn't know that about Skyrim. All right, now it's my turn. Wait, hold okay. on, no, no, no. Before it's your turn. Oh. Heathen Dog's favorite character ever. The yeah, Jackal. But... Oh, the Jackal. I... <laughs> I don't know if I'd rip them up, but I definitely would keep them if they died. Oh, look at this. Three Nethermancers right in a row. <laughs> we've we've talked about that story before. I don't yeah, know if this have, one yeah. uh, Maybe right on the character sheet when they died and how. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you can have the in the arms of the angels montage mm -hmm. at the end of the uh, campaign. But okay. Uh, Role-playing AIDS. And I, I, I love saying that because I want to say AIDS. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, I uh, I like them and, and 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 dislike them for all the reasons that everyone has said so far. But there, there's also uh, more pressing reasons, like especially for apps, they could stop being supported and then you just can't use them anymore. That, that Ooh, I haven't thought of that. Yeah, yeah, like the Roll Twenty website. It's, exactly. If, if the website is down, suddenly you're, uh, all of your done, stuff is right? inaccessible. Yeah. Now, now instead of having everything at your fingertips, you literally have nothing because all all the books you bought were online. And now you have nothing. That's a big problem. Yeah, or if they, if they announce they're not going to support something anymore. Exactly. Then then you're just boned. Then you're just, you're just boned. You spent all that money and it's worthless now. Damn it. And online dice rollers. I hate them. They're not random. I, they're not random. No, that's completely true. They are not. They're not random. It, it, it's, it's cheating. Anybody who's played Blood Bowl online knows that it's not random because i somehow rolled three skulls in a row three times i'm sorry three skulls three times in a row i want somebody to do the math on that and find out how often that can happen and i did it twice in the same game it's true mm -hmm. yeah now uh that 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 aside um i do like uh character generators uh character pdf creators that are standalone programs is not required online access or like Excel that. spreadsheets. I, yeah, I have a couple. I have I have one for Second Edition AD&D, mm -hmm. and I have one for uh, Star Wars D20. The 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 Second Edition AD&D one is an actual TSR product that I bought in CD form. That you you uh, you can create your character, generate your character, generate a character sheet as a PDF, keep track of all of your uh, uh, hit points, all of your, all of your items, all your stuff. And it's completely offline. I paid 10 bucks for it. It's going to be with me for the rest of my life. I don't have to do anything with it. That's great. The then, and then, then for uh, star Wars D 20, I have a character generator that you can create a character from scratch and then click on a PDF button. Boom. You can advance the character. I gained this many experience points. Oh, look, I advanced the level. This is what I get. And it tells you what you get. You choose your feats, you choose your skills, boom, boom, print. And it prints out a PDF. I love that. That's I have one for AD&D 2nd Edition, but that's it. Yeah. That's great. Love it to death. But 
that's giving up some control to the player, which I which I think is abhorrent. <laughs> God damn you for having your own character sheet. <laughs> exactly. So what 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 happens is uh, for for stuff like that, for uh, using using things like that for ease of use, I will also have to go through the extra effort of at the end of every game session, update all of my records on your character sheet to make sure that when you come back next week, if I don't, if, cause I can't collect them because you have your own program to do that, that they jive to make oh, sure. No, I, I would still make somebody even right now, if we were to have this group right here play, um, I would still say you're giving me a character sheet. Now this might be a little difficult for all yeah. the distances, but I'm saying, it, but, 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 if yeah. no, but if we're sitting around a table playing, you know, at gaming store or whatever, I would, you know, I'd still say you have to have something on paper and this is going to be the final result. Now crafty said something earlier that I used to do. I don't do anymore. Um, is he used to take the character sheets. I used to do the same thing, but I actually want the player to have a copy of the character sheet because I want you to learn more about your character. I want you thinking about it throughout the week. Now, if you're not doing that, fine. But, uh, you know, we did. It's like, hmm, yeah. what can I do with this character? This would be fun. Oh, oh, I can use this spell in a different way. I want you to have your character sheet there. But I have to have a copy of it somehow. Something that says that you didn't come back like, how did you? how is it that every week you've gained one hit point? Secretly snuck it up in there. One hit, you know. Oh wait! You went from a thousand gold to three thousand gold. How did that happen? You know, <laughs> like this reminds me of this one horror story I heard years ago about someone playing a D and D campaign where uh, they had their uh, current stuff for the current campaign in this notebook, and it somehow got destroyed by being left in the rain, and then they realized that it was literally the only copy of any of the information. Because no one had bothered to actually like copy this stuff. Oof. Oof. Wow. Painful. Okay. So Mahakma, you said you had a second question. What's that? Ugh. And if anybody wants to jump in, just type in the chat if you want to jump in. Otherwise, I'm not sending the link out again. <laughs> but if but if you do want to, and by the way, while he's thinking of his second question, because apparently he lied and didn't have a second one. Um OGGM and DM Bloodworth, I would like to talk to you guys after our stream's over. If it has to be another day, that's fine. But I'd like to talk to you guys about, about something. Well, well, okay. This is something that's, uh, I guess, more for uh, you guys and less for Max and Heathen Dog. But uh, when, when and uh, why do you feel that it's a good idea to make up new playable races? Why can't I have that one? Make okay, up new what? I really want to. I I, I was just uh, saying that because of the fact that I'm pretty sure that it's been brought up before. <laughs> why can't we? Why yeah. would I think about a new playable race? Yeah. Uh, what would you consider to be a good reason uh, to uh, make it uh, a new playable race as a homebrew? Uh, completely different than anything else that already exists in any of the source books I'm using for said system. Or at least just, you know, different enough that it's not the same as what you already have in the book. Uh, You're making Tinker Kender. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't know if I would. I mean, everything, <laughs> everything, I, everything I should need is in that book. And if I really need something new, can't I just reskin something that already exists and just give it a different name? Or if it's something so completely different that doesn't exist in that world, then I'd have to come up with some really long-winded explanation for how the you know the gene mutated and the virus, and now there's four-armed elves or whatever. But and then I'm yeah. 
Do you create your own campaign settings, though? I'm just I'm asking because I don't know. Played no, ninety percent of the time, no. Okay. No. Not I mean, if I, if I was completing, if I did come up with a really great idea, and if everybody agreed to it, then maybe. But I, th- I think almost everything I want would already exist in the whatever system I'm playing. If I'm playing D and D, everything I think I could, every tool I need for D and D is in D and D. And if some, you know, if there's some great reason to have player character gelatinous cubes, because that's you know the only one I'd allow, uh, then sure. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, nah, probably nah. I just find a game that has that. Let's think. Yeah, I've, I mean, I have to speak from my own experience as far as I played a. Uh, my DM allowed me to create a fighter lizard man in 1979 because <laughs> I was so taken by Gung-ho. that. So so taken by that picture, and you know that that art in the Monster Manual, that was like, oh, can I just play it? And we sat down and we worked out well what would be all of the racial traits that a, you know that a lizard man would have, and how would that interact with the other races and everything like that. So we we kind of sat down and mutant really ninja fighters and. It was first edition, so that character I didn't last very long anyway, and um, and we never never went back to it. So it was just like a one-off. It was just like kind of a, you know. So I I wouldn't really see like like OGGM was saying, the game generally has everything that you really need uh, to do it. If you're going to create something. Uh, like Max said, you'd have to kind of create a whole rationale behind it. Now we didn't do that in my, you know, in my case because we were 11 years old. You know, <laughs> we didn't give a crap about it. You know, we had no idea about, you know, well, what are the long-lasting impact balance issues and such? Technically breaking the game. Yeah. You know, there there wasn't even the concept that you could break the game. It was like, oh, just throw it in there. Who cares? You know. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I I don't. I don't really shut it down. Uh, the closest thing that I've had uh, players come in, they've asked to, they've asked to play a character class that is not first edition. It might be second or third edition. And in some cases, I said no. You know, I, I said I, I really don't want to deal with cavaliers in my campaign. You know, I, I see them as a broken class. Uh, same thing with barbarians. Uh, I don't like bards as a playable, you know, a playable class. I think bards are expert henchmen. You know, if you want to play a, a zero-level human bard dancing around and, and playing a ukulele, that's fine. You know, you're not going to last very long. But uh, it to me, it's not an adventuring class. So I think as a DM, you have to be willing to sometimes say no. You know, it's like just not going to allow it. So... Uh... This one's a tough one for me because I tend to like a lot of races, but I don't like how they're ever implemented. Dungeons & Dragons have too many races, and they're all in this uh, Neapolitan city or whatever, this Neapolitan landscape where everybody just freaking walks down the street. Kumbaya, drow with a high elf, with a dwarf, with a gnome, with something that flies. What was that? Sigil. Yeah, yeah, Sigil, yeah, right? And and it's, it's, it's crap. That's absolute crap. That's cosplaying. That's not playing Dungeons and Dragons or any sort of realm that has any 
logic. I don't know. If, yeah. A lot or feel like it's mm. just la 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 la. Um, so that's where I think that having too many races goes too far because once you just throw all that in there, you can't, you just can't make a story anymore or what word do I want to use? You can't make a game world anymore that has that, has a feel right without either just saying everybody's cosplaying whatever they want or how do I figure out how to put all this together? But at the same time, I do like a lot of races or, and, and I like things that are hooks for character for players. Um, you know, you go to this area and all of a sudden you see werewolves. Well, they're not werewolves. They're actually wolfing. But you don't know any better. Come to find out that magic went awry up here and a whole village was turned into wolves and another one was turned into, I, I don't know, um, the Eric Cocker, whatever the hell those stupid bird people are called. Um, so you can implement it that way. But up there, those are the two races. They don't have the elves and dwarves necessarily. If you start making your world bigger... And have things in certain locations. Well, then having infinite number of races, you can just make the world bigger. I don't care. You've, your planet's the size mm -hmm. of Jupiter. Um, but that's the problem is they have all these races in most of these games. And they're just thrown in. And it doesn't make any sense. They have no feel. I don't even use all the races when I play a second edition game. I don't necessarily use all of the races. I definitely take out the half races. And then even on top of that... I sometimes don't even allow uh, gnomes and halflings. It, it really depends um, because it starts getting like, okay, how do I get you here? Why are you here versus something else? And I do have to have that for a character. So I, I think ultimately, would I make a race? Like, would I make a new one? I think I do it all the time. Like I just do, but I'd be more apt to just add something. Just, you know, grab the humanoids handbook. Okay. Why does DM Bloodworth want to play a stupid Wemmick? Oh, look at all the powers they get. Ah, I see why you want to be a Wemmick now. All right. But, but if you want to play it, I might let you play it. I might not. But that's already been written up. You know, mm -hmm. you know but, but just know that in my world, you're going to be shunned and you're going to be treated like a monster because that's what you are. You know, I, I, I can't say it any other way. Making new stuff, man, look at all the D&D &D books that are out there. There are three billion races. I don't know how DMs uh, handle that. Yeah, I have, to my knowledge, to my to my living memory, I have never made a custom race for any game. Hmm. Never. I never felt the need, and no one ever decided to, they want to play something different. Well, usually those people get out of my game. Stop being different. You have no agency. Shut up. <laughs> what I have done is I have made uh, custom classes. Now, for, for what, what I've done, I, I did uh, something from, uh, from Naruto in Earthdawn. That doesn't work. It worked okay. It well, worked okay. Er Earthdawn turns very anime-esque at higher circles. Yeah, so. Exactly, right. So it was easy. <laughs> it was pretty easy at higher circles. But uh, yeah, I've, I've never made a, a custom race. It, there, there, there never seemed to be the need, the actual need mm. for it. <coughs> there, there's a bunch of races out there and Mo, Bless you. in my experience they they one of them will fall into the slot that you want one of them will fall into that little plinko hole that you want it to go into and you're fine um yeah i mean that that's that's basically it i have i've never seen the need and uh no 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 player has come to me and said oh i really want to play this this idea of a race i have in my head no one's ever come to me with that 
Now, do, does that mean I'm unapproachable? Probably. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do I care? Not really. No. <laughs> but uh, no, like I, I have done uh, uh, custom classes um, for both uh, D&D, uh, Earthon, Palladium. Um, it's kind of fun to try to do it in Earthon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I never saw a reason for it. Never, ever saw a reason. There's always a race out there that'll fit the bill. So someone else has already thought of it. You are mm-hmm. not special. Someone else has thought of it already. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Um, nobody else wants, uh, seems to want to come yeah. in here. I will put the shout out one last time. DM Bloodworth, I will let you uh, finish up. But I will, here's the other thing I'd like you two to do. Please shill your sites. I, don't, I do not have them ready to go, but uh, shill your YouTube channels and whatever else you're doing. All right. Well, actually, I wanted to piggyback off of something that Max just said about, um, you know, the other thing with the with the character races is that uh, when I look at the game world, like so, if I'm I'm playing a, a campaign in Greyhawk right now, I actually, you know, had to create uh, like 35 or 40 uh, NPCs in the town that they're in right now. And what I did was I looked at the country that they're in. So they're in uh, Yeomanry. And I looked at what, you know, what the official book said was the breakdown of the races that were present. And then I just made a, you know, the, the D100, you know, oh, wrote, nice. wrote it all down, wrote it all down. <laughs> so if you're a, if you're an elf and you're asking, and there's only 1% elves in all of the entire country, there's only a 1% chance you know, for each NPC that you encounter, that's going to be the same as you. So that whole idea of, well, I, I am, I'm expecting to walk into this very cosmopolitan, you know, uh, tavern and see, you know, 15 of everything. No, you're not going to see that because that's not what the population demographic would support. It was only 1%, 1% chance of seeing an elf. And then on top of that, if you happen to be a gray elf, well, then there's an even less of a chance of you actually encountering another gray elf as opposed to a high elf or or whatever. Um, So, and I think that the the players actually appreciate the fact that they are, uh, yes, they're in a very human-centric world, but that makes the elven player characters, uh, because there's two in the group, feel more connected to one you know one another that that means that the halfling character is going to feel even though they're nine percent of the population in you know in this particular country that they're they're still going to realize that they are a minority in this you know in this setting and so when they do encounter other halflings they'll be like hey you know it, it's almost like a meeting a paisan you know it's like you but the halfling thing's fun for another reason, though. You make all the chairs uncomfortable. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that actually brings up a good point. If you want to play uh, an uh, an uncommon uh, race or a or a, a brand new race, you want to make a new race. You have to realize that uh, this is a this is a medieval fantasy type setting. If 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 it is a medieval fantasy type setting that you're in, people are going to be bigoted and awful. They've never seen you before. They have never seen an elf before. They, they, they have never seen a tiefling before. What, what they will immediately do is be afraid of you, ostracize you, 
keep you away because that's human nature. My grandma said it was supposed to rain today and it didn't. It's your fault, Mongol yes. man. <laughs> it's because of that thing with the horns that I've never seen before. Obviously, it's of the devil burning at the stake. There you go. You know what? No one, no one will want to play minority character again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that just... Okay, so Dan Bloodworth, uh, what do you have out there that uh, that people can uh, visit you on and shill and buy from you? Because I know you got some drive through RPG. I unfortunately don't have the links ready to go right yeah, now. No, but... that, that's fine. I, actually, right now, I'm I'm just focusing on uh, my campaign. Uh, so I'm I'm putting up those videos. So. The best thing to do uh, for me right now is to uh, is to visit, subscribe, like, share any of my videos that are going up on uh, on unscripted and unchained RPG review. Uh, always have things going up there um, at least once a week. Uh, fo especially follow the um, the recaps that I'm doing for my campaign. Uh, put a lot of questions up there. I'm running a series now because I just completed my uh, I just completed my collection of uh, Star Wars uh, West End game Star Wars first edition. So I'm going to be throwing up those. I am about two supplements away from uh, completing first edition Traveler. So I'll start producing those. So right now for the next couple of weeks, I'm just focusing on um, on the YouTube channel. I just, just so everybody knows, uh, for both DM Bloodworth and OGGM, if you come to our uh, uh, Legion Myth Discord, uh, their links are in a new channel called uh, <laughs> called uh, uh, I don't know what's it called the like YouTube channels or something like that. I don't know. I just made it yesterday. Yeah. So because um, I was running out of places to put links for people, and I wanted to make <laughs> sure that people that we that we actually support get. Get some love. All right. Uh, anything else? Like, oh, now Crafty comes in when we're trying to finish damn show. God damn it, Kevin. God damn it. <laughs> what? What do you want? <laughs> What's going on, Crafty? What's up? Oh, oh, forgot radio voice. Well, here's where y'all get showing up. What's going on? What can I do for you? Um, it still hasn't been said about the Friday stream yet that a one to uh, you, I, I'm sorry, I got to cut you off because you sounded like a robot to me. I can barely. Yeah, he's breaking up. Quiet. Yeah. That sucks. You said. Doing that, is he doing that intentionally or is that his mic? He's messing uh, with me. It's, it's probably my mic. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That was clear. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, one thing that needs to be said about what Scott said on Friday that is completely wrong is that the game needs to evolve. Definitely. Okay. And that's where I take umbrage in a lot of what he said. O other than him holding Gygax in this ivory tower on a crystal throne, okay, is that he said that the game needs to change for the audience. And, and if when you look at it, right, some minor rules have been changed in football, yet people still play football pretty much the same way. Soccer, they play soccer the same way. Um, Monopoly or chess or any other hobby, they play all of these things the same way, and it hasn't, like, fundamentally changed. So that when you're looking at back in history, and I don't know when Milton Bradley made 
uh, monopoly. But when when you look at when monopoly started to monopoly now, yeah, there's been some small rule changes. But if you took somebody from now and plopped them back in 1950, they're going to be able to play that game. And then from 1950 to now, they're going to go, oh, okay, well, I guess that rule's changed, so it's we're going to be able to play it now. What Scott is suggesting is is that we take the name and we have to associate this this grandiose thing to the name and and keep the name going and that that's not that's not true it's just not and no, honestly no, yeah, yeah he has a point i mean it, it happened it happened with dnd the going from second to third edition it's a different game mm-hmm. it's a completely different feel it's a it, it's it's almost a completely different ip but yep. they they kept the name but the way the IP and they're saying is it's the same thing outside the tabletop RPG community is what changed most. In that, you know, like you said, it's like, well, it's gone beyond the tabletop RPG thing. It's this, it's that, it's the other thing. And and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yes, yes, it is. And at the same time, is that good or bad? Yeah, well, like, so so with, with I, what I, you're like saying there, novels that have been written. I mean, it's set in that universe but what does it mean for the universe but and we address that hobby <laughs> on, on friday on friday we address that yeah. um with, with the uh, first of all it's the 800 pound gorilla name Let, let's be honest when you played any games now i'm not talking to your nerd friends well first of all if anybody came up to you in the 80s and you said what your hobbies were last thing you ever told them is i play tabletop rpgs but <laughs> the next thing the next step after that though is like when you did you'd say oh i play dungeons and dragons yeah, you st- you did that even in the eighties. Uh, I can't speak to the seventies; it wasn't playing them. But uh, it- it's just because that's the name everybody understood. Me going to Lutheran school is like I play, <laughs> you know. But he didn't say I play Traveler because people are like, what the fuck talking about. Yeah. Even though that was popular, you know, I-, I I play ninjas and super spies. They think you're out in your backyard playing cops and robbers with your little brother or something. They you know they just wouldn't. So, so the fact it was the same then as, as it is now with regard to that. I still tell people now that I play Dungeons and Dragons. It's just I don't do it with the whole, okay, who's throwing the shoe at me, you know, uh, you know mindset. It's, it's, it's kind of like saying Kleenex instead of facial tissue or, or whatever, you know, sandpaper, whatever Q-tip. you want. A Q-tip. There you go. Um, it's just the word we use until somebody wants to dig in further. Yeah, uh, but what, what I was going with there on, though, is that, um, uh, playing D and D like actual fifth edition D and D, because it's the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, isn't really a good reason to play D and D. No, and what he said by keeping the legacy going and keeping the legacy of of Gygax going—that's by everybody sitting down around a table and rolling dice and writing on a character sheet. That's what's going to keep his legacy going not a game that you're playing if you truly wanted to keep Gygax's legacy going and what Gygax wanted for Dungeons and Dragons you'd follow Troll Lord games or play second edition or whatever well there's there's that fight now not fight there's a disparity between whether would you be playing Troll Lord games or would you play playing Adventures Dark and Deep Uh, there's not a fight between them too but I've seen people already send messages saying uh, Castles and Crusades is Gygax's vision no Adventures Dark and Deep is this other guy's Gygax's vision I like the idea of both of them I I don't want to get into an edition war or a game war regard that but I mean I say you know uh, you know DM Bloodworth here got me to like Beck me 
Yes, I'm calling it back me. You know, Dungeons and Dragons. You go, man. If you got to go, I'm still talking. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> later, right. later, Ethan Dog. Have a good one. Uh, so, so. Bye, uh, Ethan Dog. I agreed with everything you said. Wow, that was good loud. for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you should um, sleep well. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, my my point being is that there are a lot of things we can say that are. D&D. I think changing the hobby, the hobby, not the IP or the game. And that's mm-hmm. where I, there's the, there's this dis- discrepancy for me. I don't hate fifth edition Dungeons Dragons as generic RPG number six, two, four, one, five. I, I don't, it's, it's a passable system that does what you want. If you want to play a power fantasy game, why wouldn't you play it? I despise it as a Dungeons and Dragons game because it doesn't have, I mean, at least with BX, look, you guys have all, everybody sitting here has played BX, first edition AD&D and second edition AD&D, right? Yes, correct. Can, can we not take a module from any one of them and just plant it in another one with very minor tweaks, if any? Absolutely. Yeah. You, You can't do that with third edition or fifth edition. We won't talk about fourth edition. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. Actually, you probably can. You, yeah. Right. Um, you would just have to tweak it more. You just have I to mean, back. Yeah, backwards the math. Well, I mean, I mean, to to be fair, that I can say that about any game. The math is still there. So you still have the skill checks. You still have hit points. You still have armor class. You still have, you know, you still have those things, uh, that are there. Uh, the only difference is is that um, player characters have far more different layers of action that the older editions don't have. You would have to up the. Well, you'd uh, also have to consider the feats, everything, the skills, the and so forth, in order to be a challenge to those players. Um, but. No, it's still portable. You could still take a. You could still take. Um, you could still take the. Uh, oh my gosh, you could still take B two. Keep on the Borderlands and play Keep fifth edition I'm, rules. I'm going to argue with you there. So let's okay. So let's take let's take B two. Keep on the Borderlands and the hex crawl. If anybody in the group is playing a ranger from five E. A ranger has something called natural explorer, which means that you d- that you never get lost in your favored terrain. So let's say now two people are playing ranger. You have one person, their favorite terrain is forest. The other person, their favorite terrain is hills. That you will never get lost, ever. You will never run out of food. You will never run out of uh, these these resources that were in basic first E and two E. Because that's the way that the ranger is built in the core rulebook. Right. So you modify you modify B two to adjust for that. So so I guess my question would then be because with like the BX first and second edition, I'd say the modifications are very low. I, I know hit points changed between BX and AD&D and whatnot, yeah. like you know, you know D six versus D eight and D ten. Um, but I've, I've actually done it. I mean, it's the one thing I have done is I've taken older modules and just run them in second edition AD&D. 
with third edition, and I'm and I, and I will stick with third because I know it way more than I know fifth. Uh, you've got the feats that you have to consider. You have now people make skill checks for things we didn't make skill checks before. Even if you want to say, well, what about non-weapon proficiencies? Eh, those were more glorifications than anything else. It was still about the player doing what the player does. Um, now you're putting prestige classes together and challenge rating slash what I call Lego characters, even for on the monster side. Um, Fifth edition does this more, but even in third edition, you have the powers. Um, oh, I forget what they're called, uh, but the, the creatures have the certain powers that they can use. I'm not saying they didn't have in second edition, but how they're used is more gamey, for lack of a better term. So, so my question to you, DM Bloodworth, then is: Well, yes, you could do that because in theory, I could take an Earthdawn module and run it in D and D with with enough tweaks. At what point does it become more work than just saying, "Hey"? Because again, in B from BX to first to second edition, I could pretty much just throw it in with very little change, maybe uh, not even an hours. You know, just make sure I went through it. Uh, oh crap, uh, this works differently in whatever E now. Uh, with third edition, you like you said, you, you would have to make more tweaks. But where does it become okay? This just isn't worth it. It's a, it's the same thing that that you're you're talking about when you say well. If I'm going to change the game system so much that I'm no longer playing the game, mm -hmm. all right, you could use the same, the sure. same approach to if I have to change this adventure so much for it to fit in 5e, I'm not going to use it for 5e. You know what I'm saying? It's the same. Sure. And, and, and let's be fair. I mean, uh, you make a good point, uh, either at least indirectly, where it's like, you know, that's going to be different for everybody. I, I guess my contention with the whole IP thing, kind of going back on how this started with it, with the, the IP intellectual property, is that third edition just changed too much that it just didn't feel to me like the same game. It's it's got the label on it, but it's just as different to me. It's just as, third edition is just as different from AD and D as Earth Dawn is from AD and D. It lost the essence and the spirit of what Dungeons and Dragons was, you know. And, and I completely agree with you. I don't call it D and D Fifth Edition. I call it Five E. I, I call Watsy Three E Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> because it's not fair. Okay, you know, at least in my opinion, it is Great. not the same game has none of the the same you know just feel to the game the objectives are different you know mm -hmm. what, what the players are looking for you know from it is completely different than you know than the way that we were you know the way that we used to run it back then and the way that it was designed to be run so do you think going back to the whole legacy of Gygax thing that Scott was talking about and that Crafty was kind of bringing up then, do you think that uh, for the current version of Dungeons and & Dragons, and this is just this is absolutely an opinionated question, and this is for everybody, do you think it would have been better for WotC to name it WotC, you know, Wizards of the Coast role-playing game version 1, 2, 3? Or do you think that they were smart because of the whole business practice side of it to say, this is the 800-pound gorilla, this is what we got to go with, we're going to name this thing, we're going to continue on the Dungeons & Dragons name? I don't think Wizards of the Coast would have bought the IP if they hadn't had the intention of continuing forward uh, with calling it Dungeons and Dragons, no matter how drastically they changed it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it was it was a straight up business decision. Yeah. Um, you know, because they they certainly left behind the you know everything but the title. You know, and they weren't worried about that. They knew that the players were going to come to them, and they, 
I guess they were counting on the on players coming in, um, especially much later on after TSR collapsed, and and mm-hmm. you know by the time they got beyond, you know they don't expect that the the new fifth edition player coming in uh, had even played the older editions before. Maybe they played fourth, which is not dramatically different than fifth. Um, might be a few that played third, but they're really not expecting that. And and one thing that I and I wish I could find the article again. A majority of fifth edition players only play fifth edition. They don't even play other role playing games. Mm-hmm. Well, I they're, they are very monolithic before. in how they approach. I don't know a single old school player that hasn't played a dozen different RPGs. And not just because of the longevity. I, th- I think we all know one, but we won't mention the name here. Let's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, just talk to... about the longevity uh, uh, you know, that we've been playing. But uh, even back in the, the 1980s, we were playing everything that came across. We were... It wasn't just D and D. It was it was D and D, Palladium. Um, you had your one ongoing D and D campaign that everybody played, and then you had I wouldn't call them one shots, but you had your sidebar, like you said, Palladium, and so on and so forth. So you, you always had that one campaign, but then yeah. you branched out from there. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a whole chunk of my history where I didn't play D and D at all. It was villains and vigilantes. So, yeah, I, I, I do know of one of the um, YouTube channels who does D and D. Uh, live streams and other D&D play session things that they actually have uh, done several other t- uh, tabletop games because of the fact that, well, the players talked a guy who didn't actually like D&D into being their uh, DM. So he's like, well, you know, there's this other stuff we could do uh, if you want to, you know, have a slight have a uh, non swords and sorcery uh, role playing setting, which led to them playing that lasers and feelings game and some so, other- lasers and feelings. What? <sighs> I don't want to know. No, let's 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 go. We do have to wrap the show up here soon. Yeah. So let's finish up with Crafty. I know you wanted to say something. Then we'll make right. sure OG Jim gets his say. The the la- the last thing that I really took umbrage at what he was saying was the fact that. Um, he he was he was saying something along the lines of that that Gygax knew what he was making back in 1974, and that he was making this grandiose thing that would enter into our collective consciousness and become so much bigger than him, and that he stepped down from the company so that this thing can continue to grow, and that's complete and utter bullshit. Huh. When Did you see Joe try to call no him out idea. on that? <laughs> when he when 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 Gygax in 74 with Arneson, when they sat down and, and they hammered out the rules to basically make a fantasy war game that eventually became D&D, he really had no idea because all of those guys, and, and, and I'm taking this from uh, from of Dyson Men and, and other books uh, from people you know who, who have investigated this, um, when they um, when, when they sat down and made this, they wanted to make a game that they played. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, people started approaching Arneson and specifically Gygax and says, hey, how much can I pay you for this? And that's when Gygax saw dollar bills. Okay, He, yep. he made 
he made all these various editions of of D and D to sell a product. And I understand this is coming from a jaded salesperson, which I am. Okay. Well, well, I, I, just just one second here. So I don't know the history like you guys do, nor do I care to, nor do I profess to. But some of the things that I heard is that Gygax didn't even play Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. That was a pure money money making, not scam. But you know, he saw the writing on the wall, wanted to move forward with it and so forth. But he played mostly his own type of BX. That's my understanding, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and one thing that uh, one thing that he did with TSR was is he left TSR in the in the hands of uh, of the people there and says I'm going to go try to sell this to Hollywood in book form in television form mm-hmm. hell we'll meet, we'll even make a movie he was using D&D as a get rich quick scheme he was using TSR as a get rich quick company and it backfired on him and then he lost and, and because of that he lost controlling interest because he sold off a majority of his shares because he thought he was going to get rich, and then he got ousted from his company, and then, yeah, so, and then he, he was bitter. He was bitter from that point forward. Well, he was, he was probably equally bitter as uh, as Dave Arneson was when, uh, you know, at least from what, what I have watched and listened to and, and read, uh, AD&D was meant to cut Arneson out, all right? Um, so Arneson played no role in AD&D. So that was just that, that was the separation point. That's really where, that that's when AD&D and D&D started running that parallel line, you know, and... <laughs> and from what I understand, and maybe maybe OG knows this, or, or DM Bloodworth knows this, the reason that Gygax started writing 1E was to cut Arneson out. Yes, that, no, that's that's... That's yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's what and, was said in uh And you that's know, the reason why 2E was made was to cut Gygax out. Yes. Yeah. Now that one I do know. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. if you, you know the famous meme of Gygax that everybody uses, if you look at the book, it's not D&D. It's his Living Legends game. So even as, you know, you're talking every, white box, right? Uh yeah, you know how there's a meme that people put up when they like, you know, they say, "Oh, Gygax says the rules is this," and then you look down and the and he's got his hands on top of the book like this, and you know, yeah. and he's wearing his floral shirt. But if you you look at what game, it's not D and D. Okay, I don't so, think I've seen that, but hey, <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. I'm sure you probably so, seen it. You just don't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> to, just to just to finish up my thought, and and then I'll let you guys I'll let you guys finish up because I I do got to get going, but. I, I think that Scott has created almost this this history of D and D and the importance of D and D. He he has manufactured a lot of his own opinions out of pure conjecture, and when presented with the it was three of you who are actually well I'd say I'd say two and a half only because I really know a whole lot of history of, of of gaming. He just plays games, but like Joe, Joe clearly knows his history. And would battle with him. Well, then yeah. Scott would come back with ad hominem and say, "Well, you just don't respect you just don't respect Gygax, and you don't respect the game." And I take I just I take offense to that. I really do, because rather than listen and say, "Hey, maybe I'm wrong," it's well, you just clearly don't like Gygax, and you just clearly don't like the game because you're saying something that contradicts what I'm saying. And I've, so I've only ever seen one person ever online 
sit there while in a debate like that and change his opinion. And that was Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's like, oh, well, okay, that's new news. I guess I'm wrong about that. I'm not saying everybody should go watch him. I'm just saying, but it just doesn't happen. So there was no chance of him changing our minds, no chance of us changing his mind so forth, but he got his point across. Yeah. And and from there, then it's time to internalize that over time and, and decide. My question on this, based on what you're saying and also what, what happened is, what got him to the point like there's two sides to this. Does he actually believe this or not? Let's say he does, because I want to believe that he was being, you know, honest about this. What got him to the point of worshiping at that 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 holy altar? What got him to the point of basically saying that you have to understand the power of Dungeons and Dragons? I'm like, my my, I just don't get it. I'll tell you exactly the same reason. It's the same reason that I bend over backwards every day and I worship at the feet of my customers, even though I don't particularly like them, is because he wants subscribers. He wants to be, he, he, I want to be the best sales manager possible at my dealership. Okay. I want to be the, and in, 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 in the dealership group. So I will do things that I don't particularly like doing. Just like he will say things and then start believing these things because he wants to be the voice of the quote-unquote community. And that's disingenuous. And then I'm going to turn it back because it's the same reason why Gary Gygax was always on television talking about D&D. He didn't believe in his product so much as he believed in the money coming in for his product. Well, also the whole thing about the D&D community um... – I made an analogy on Friday or maybe early Saturday. I got to watch this stream, I guess. Uh, yeah, this came out what, what Fridays? Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to watch this. Uh, I only started beginning to watch it, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. You will want to punch puppies. It starts at 59 minutes in. The good stuff starts at 59 minutes in. If you want to see the interactions I had with like Joe from Biggest Geekest, uh, which I suggest everybody subscribe to, and with, when Aaron the Pedantic comes in because of my audio problems. Um, but 59 minutes is when it starts uh, with uh, with uh, Jay Scott. Well, yeah. The, the I, I believe he's being genuine. I believe that, Me too. He, that he's being genuine in what he's saying. But from an outside perspective, he's being disingenuous because he wants to ingrain himself with, and uh, he wants to ingrain himself in the community, and he wants to become a voice of a community that honestly, community. that right, that honestly, it, it, this is a hobby, not a, I don't know. And he's taken to task on that term as well. So uh, is it, yeah, is this is this John Scott? No. Garrett, oh, uh, Scott, something or another. Uh, yeah, Gallagher. Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to write it down. Uh, so Matthew, for uh, oh on, Gallagher. Yeah, something like that. On okay. on my channel uh, or the Legion Myth channel, it uh, I can send. I'll send you a link to it. But uh, it's labeled something like today. I found out I hate Dungeons and Dragons and eating. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, okay. I just okay. haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Okay. okay. Well, uh, I will all right. see you guys later. Yeah, thank you, Crafty. Have a good one. That, 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 that right. analogy I, I was making on, on Friday, though, was that the D&D community is basically the equivalent of a uh, um, stained glass window. You have all these different pieces that aren't the same thing fitted together to make a mosaic that, and none of them is actually part of the other. <laughs> Well, yeah, sure. well, that's because there is not one community. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, well, there, there is no community. There's a hobby. Mm -hmm. And then there are 10,000 or more communities because everyone's table 
is a community on yes. Twitter. Yes. 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 Somebody clipped that because that's exactly yes. Okay. Oh, All right, the show's over because that's that's the mic drop right there. <laughs> well, I, the, I had one, one thing. I, oh, last thing I want to say um, that that uh, YouTube channel I mentioned earlier. The reason they play things other than D and D is because to them D and D is medieval fantasy. So if they want to play a genre other than medieval fantasy, they play something else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there's that, other that, medieval fantasy. RPG. Oh, pen, pen dragon yeah, yeah. Oh. The, the, i mean the there's tons feelings game is uh, it's it's they use the analogy of firefly in space and that sort of mm -hmm. genre hey biggest geekus welcome back <laughs> we're, uh we're just talking about you uh, unless you're the other guy from biggest geekus i don't know uh but uh we we're just talking about the the friday night stream uh Okay, um, Mar Hawkman, I'm going to let you go. I'm actually going to hold right. on to G uh, to OGGM and DM Bloodworth because I want to talk to you two after the stream if you're good with that. It's just yeah, a couple minutes. Okay. All right, thank you again, Mar Hawkman. Okay, with, with that, I am going to, just on the off chance, he wants to come in and talk about the Friday thing. I'm going to wait one minute for Biggest Geekus to say, hey, yeah, I'd like to make a comment or two else. We're going to end the show. Um, he was here on Friday. I think I saw Aaron Pedantic at one point also, but... Uh, it's it's Aaron. He'll talk if he wants to, and not if he does. Aaron <laughs> plays Dungeon World. Don't talk to him. Hey, I'm not a Dungeon World hater. I might not like the people around it, but the game itself did not bother me. It no, doesn't. Running joke now with Aaron. <laughs> he's, he's starting to look younger since he shaved his beard yeah. and he's losing weight. So it's all like it's because he plays Dungeon World. <laughs> Dude, I want to lose weight like that. God dang it! You can't. See, luckily, I, I positioned myself so it's a little harder to see. But yeah, if we yeah. ever hit that five hundred dollar mark, I am so screwed. <laughs> I'm losing I, weight, but it's all it's all here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you were on that uh, that evil, uh, uh, I keep not you're not evil. Yeah, the evil DM show unscripted though, unscripted evil. unscripted evil show, and you didn't have your hat on. I was like, where's DM Blood? Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't used to seeing you without your hat. But uh, yeah, Bloodworth, but he's without his hat. They're two different people. I know, right? Yeah. I was like, what the heck? Okay, right, if ever I yeah. go to a convention, I'm gonna have to wear the hat. Otherwise, you know, no one. Or either that, or if I wear my hat and I walk into a convention, I might get punched in the face. You know, maybe somebody will, somebody will say to my face that I'm the enemy. Yep, yep. I'm <laughs> oh God, why would you? Do, okay, you know, it's hard to talk. You know, look, when you're talking to a bunch of nerds, it's always uh, it's always easy to sound tough for a moment. But you yeah. know what? <laughs> like, all right. Well, with that, I am gonna end the show. So uh, let's uh, let's go through quickly through our proclivities. First of all, actually, no. OGGM, you haven't. Had, neither of you had a chance to show your stuff. So quickly, uh, we'll start with OGGM. Uh, okay. If you don't know who I am, I am the OGGM. I have a channel called the OGGM Adventures where I do uh, role-playing news, and now I'm doing a playthrough of Diablo 2 Resurrected, and I occasionally comment on the ridiculousness that is going on in the hobby. Uh, though, And writes a lot of slime. And I write, oh yeah, my 100 Days of Slime, which came to an end. Uh, I, I think I'm doing 100 Days of Magic Items next. <laughs> um, so hopefully that will, you know, just gives me something to do. Uh, so yeah, um, I've been told I'm reasonable. <laughs> so if you want a reasonable what? news, <laughs> but then now they're also calling me the TT tabletop role-playing game love train. So, and, and, and I've also been called a wizards of the coast shill. <laughs> That's wow. I can't figure out. 
Yeah. So wow. anyway, um, anyways, um, I'm trying to get good. <laughs> uh, so if you're interested in news and occasional opinions and a lot of snarky sarcasm, check it out my channel. Awesome. I'm glad. So look at that. Uh, subscribe to DM Bloodworth and OGGM. Also subscribe to Biggest Geekus. I did. Yes, I will. Um, so, all right, DM Bloodworth, uh, again, you said you had a channel earlier. Go ahead yeah, and uh, channel, name it off uh, again. And Unscripted Evil is a, is a Friday night show that uh, I, I do along with uh, the evil DM, Vincent, and uh, and the Jeff, um, as he's suddenly been called. So he is the Jeff. And we, we kind of, um, so far, we've we, we brought on some people. So we, we brought on the, um, you know, the, the Greyhawk Grognard. Um, joe last week we do have another guest coming up i don't know if vincent has uh has uh put it out there yet so i'm going to you know hold on to that for a moment but there is a fairly big um in his mind and in in and possibly on the scene of the osr uh coming on well, that's pundit if you said in his week. own mind <laughs> okay, well, you know, a lot of us in our own mind where we're bigger than we Fair. might be so um so, but we do have several guests lined up uh, for that particular show that that's going to be uh, airing every every Friday night at seven fifty five p.m. Eastern time, and it runs for about an hour, hour and a half uh, kind of thing. And we we just either talk about whatever topic, usually a controversial topic, um, and then something that is kind of. Um, you know, somewhat different genre every week. So um, the next one won't be D&D, &D, uh, won't be Star Wars. We just did Star Wars. Uh, we haven't decided exactly what we're going to talk about, but our controversial issue might be safety tools. So you all know how controversial that that can become. <laughs> wow. Can I be on the show? Can I be on the show? Can I be on the show? <laughs> Absolutely. You can be on the show. Awesome. That's going to be great times for everybody, for nobody. All right. Well, that's, well thank you very much. Um, biggest geek is if you've got five minutes, I would actually like to invite you in here to talk after the show as well. Completely 100% up to you. Um, I can do it another time, but uh, it's something that I could, that I'd only have to say once since I'm going to be talking to these two guys, but uh, let me know and I can send you that link. Uh, it, it'll be off air. It'll just be something we talk about real quickly. In the meantime, let's put up those banners. Thanks again to Mar Hawkman for coming in here. Crafty for saying his piece on that stuff. I knew that was bothering him. I was waiting to see if he'd actually pop in at some point. Um, and where are we? Where are we here? Where are we here? I got to find... That, that's I, that. Well, there you go. That's how you play good role playing games. Where the hell am I? <laughs> there it is. This is what I'm looking for. Um, I got massively block, blocked on Twitter for putting that up. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can find uh, Discord is by far the best place to get hold of us. Although, what's his name? Um, Heathen Dog. It's a no, no, no problem. Uh, not, not a problem. Biggest geek is I just uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I can talk to you sometime in the future. This is not anything crazy important. Uh, but uh, Discord is by far the best place. I know it's a bunch of letters and numbers and weirdness in there, but hey, it's by far the best place to talk to me. Uh, us, you know, as a whole, you can follow minds and Twitter. I pretty much just use that for advertising every now and again. Try to put something out that I see, but I very rarely see anything uh, unless I'm tagged in it. 
locals that's we're going to start utilizing that more thanks to heathen dog and then finally i'll get off my duff and do something and of course you can buy your stuff in the red bubble store i'm really really irked that they kicked off my how to become a lich for dum-dums apparently the dummies people got mad and said it looked too close to their book i'm like it says dum-dums and doesn't use your font you can't copyright every yellow book and they're like want to bet all right fine <laughs> um it's Come to our website. Pretty much it's just videos right now. I keep threatening to do blog posts on there, but I just don't have the gumption. It's not the gumption. It's just, you know, what a lot of people will do to make like five minute, you know, 10 minute videos. I'll even, since he's here, call it the OGGM. I can't do that. I can't just make a video or a blog post every day. I have to actually want to read it myself. <laughs> like, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're not doing anything wrong. You're actually doing things right. It's just, I can't do that. I, like, uh, it was a Condor DM was saying that too. Just, hey, if you got something in your mind, say it. I'm like, ah, usually by the time I say it, I'm done saying it. I was like, I mean, I'm done. <laughs> but uh, you can follow us, Twitch, Odyssey, YouTube. I love it when people watch their stuff on Odyssey. And if you want to donate to us, PayPal and Streamlabs is the best because they take the smallest cut and almost all that money goes to us. You get the best value. And of course, thank you to our monetary backers uh, today. We did get uh, a couple donations. Thank you very much. Our YouTube members and super chatters, our locals backers and our Streamlab and PayPal donators. Obviously not everybody can pay or even wants to pay, but we're here to chat with you guys. So we want to thank all of our awesome viewers, Twitch followers, YouTube subscribers, our chatters and lurkers. I've been loving seeing this chat move like the last month or so. Absolutely amazing. And, yeah, uh, like you guys. and finally, Wounded Warrior Project. If you don't want to give money to us, you can give to the Wounded Warrior Project. If you're watching this on YouTube later, you won't even see this part, but I'm still going to say it anyway. Uh, it's It'll be in the description below. And of course, friends of the channel, which I really just have to take that off the because I don't utilize that part of Twitch anymore. And uh, well, you know what? You two are still here. Do you do either of you guys want to give some final words of wisdom that you have for people who play games in this hobby? Uh, it's a game. <laughs> yeah, well, just play. Sit just down play. and play. Just play. Don't Nike commercials. Just, just do play. it. Just, just, just play. Yep. Perfect. All right, guys. Talk to you later.